0: You've got no friends!
1: This episode 272 and it's me Gary P and of course it's the Prof, it's Carl Riley.
2: Gary, your missus is everywhere right now.
1: Everywhere and she is now officially the Tifty secretary as well. Which has taken
2: a burden off of our lives. This is, why didn't we do this sooner? What a fantastic arrangement this is. It's it's great, so what usually happens is me and Prof go
1: back and forth about trying to record and it's terrible. <laughs> it's awful because we're men and we can't organise a thing. So, Prof said to the missus one day and work, said, Right, what's the story with Gary this week? What's the schedule? And now it's become a thing. Now she determines when we record the it's podcast. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, I keep saying to her, I, I walk in, into the house and I say, Sorry, have we any emails today? <laughs> She'd be like, fuck off, will you? But, in fairness, the, it is. There was some... Um, the billboards, the buses, it's, it's... It's very, very cool advertising. I have to say... And it was a stroke of genius and a couple of hoops, a couple of quick-thinking hoops, but uh, yeah, we are everywhere.
2: Well, the ice and the cake was the one today, it was today or yesterday, uh, Donald Fannum posted it. So you got the, the Indo advertisement with LaRiche holding up the Rower's scarf from the jersey, and that's on one side of the building, and then on the other side of the building is... The birth of Shamrock Rowers, Shamrock Avenue. Yeah,
1: hats off to whoever came up with that one. A, a superb one. We also had some uh, some negative feedback as well. We had a couple of Pride of Rings end members. <laughs> we want the reach out after the Shells. <laughs> <laughs> Video going by the, the, the billboard after the, the Shells lost. The, the Rings end derby loss. But uh, yeah, no, it is. It's... um it's good exposure it's good exposure and we, we acted quickly so listen it's all good Prof but we're down to four hours this week and of course don't forget Ocean Electrical our sponsors for life check them out for all your electrical needs and anything else that you need Prof so four hours this week we have our 80 special part two Jason Maloney and Jim Conroy and no podcasters were harmed during the recording of this podcast no one fell off a stage Um, mm-hmm. they're covering 87 to 89 and the talk of boycott and cram so some emotional Stories in it, and the last three hours of the show are all about the 80s, So we'll talk about the defeat and talk of Park last Friday before yeah, we so do actually delve into this fantastic eighty show for the lads. People
2: my bulk. Uh, is, that, is that the word? Bulk. Bulk. Yeah. At the four hour. Are we adding that
1: one into our our new <laughs> our new uh, arsenal of words? <laughs> Gall. Temerity.
2: Oh, like temerity. Bulk. Those are our three buzzwords for the past two weeks. Well, when they say the four hour running time, but yeah, it's uh it's an 80 special part 2 it's a it's an emotional and complicated time in the history of the club and it needed three hours for the two lads absolutely yeah and i think um more so than anything
1: i was waiting and anticipating on james cook's response to this me too actually i, I was because i knew it was coming and more so that i wanted it to be positive i want i didn't like you know i didn't want anyone to get upset by this whole whole thing he and was my litmus e- test even, in a way. Even with the yes, even with the Keeley one as well. I was waiting on his response as well because he mm. he was there and mm. he was very emotional about it. So
2: um, Oh I'm actually talking about the Keely now I'm yeah, not talking about 80's part one. Yeah no Keeley yeah. is Keely in
1: particular it was yeah. the was the big one. I was hoping that um we get a positive response from good hoops like that. So we definitely did. Um Gary Lynch he tweeted us he says I think I might travel the furthest lads Balanan North County Mayo four hours by train to Houston then out to Tala. so gary lynch kudos to you
2: that is a that's a tough one this could turn into some sort of feature it'd right? be a tippy yeah. hotline who travels the longest we asked last week the most?
1: tweet us if you do travel a long way and he's in north mayo so he's uh he's definitely he's got an eight hour round trip there prof added on to the rest of the houston to tallis commute so um reaction to our dear mckayley interview prof very very positive well done big shout out again it was a brilliant brilliant listen. Kevin McLoan. Kevin actually bumped into him two or three days ago Yeah, in the bar that he worked in, in Lanzarote. And he had a good chat about the podcast. So there you go, ah, Prof. Interesting. See, he um, he mentioned he was a bit skittish, you could say. There's a new one added to our, our repertoire mm-hmm. about what he did say. He was thinking back on it. And he, he said he was thinking, did I say the right things? Did I say it or not? But he had a good chat with Kev. And Kev is over there sunning himself. But Kev McGlone, great interview with Keeley, brutally honest. I was also on the pitch that day and he did tell us to get off the pitch. But his thing was they had to finish the game. He also said he'd talk to Kilcoyne and come out and talk to us after the match, which he didn't do. I don't think he knew anything about it at the time. About him being more of a Dundalk fan than Rovers, I think sometimes fans of clubs want their arses kissed by ex-players and want to be told how great the club is. Kudos to him for a straight talk and his admittance and his wrong stance on the whole Milltown saga. As the saying goes, To err is human, to forgive is divine. Some wise words from Kev, currently lapping up the sunshine cosy srfc on twitter hi lads just finished the dare mckeely interview which i loved i know he divides opinion amongst our fans but loves his stories and looking forward to his book just a quick story the international teams that came to play in dublin normally stay in the fitzpatrick's castle Killiney. And from Ballybrack, we used to walk up for autographs and photos. Scotland team stayed there in the late 80s, and it was after Celtic beat Rovers in the European Cup in 87, I was 12 or 13 at the time, had the opportunity to meet Mo Johnston. Told him I was a Rovers fan, and he told me the scariest centre-half he ever played against was Dermot Keeley in Milltown. He (laughs) shouted and screamed at him for 90 minutes. Love the podcast. Thanks, lads. Gary Cosgrave, a new addition to the 50s WhatsApp group, the B-team prof. He got added in today, and I said,
2: Welcome to hell, the poor man. Why would you do that to yourself? It's a uh, enter at your own risk, as we say. And um, yeah, that was Gary. And Gary, I can't believe this. We got a forum post. Someone posted on the forum, not me. I normally post a link in the thread. Normally, it's been me talking to myself for about half a year now. Someone replied. Someone replied? Someone replied, "Garr, Crafty Hoop. No, Crafty Hoop. Crafty Hoop. He said, excellent interview with Katie. Important piece of club history to get on tape. Well done, prof. And two more. Uh, John Byrne just sent this in today, actually. just texted me and said, finally got to listen to the Katie interview. The end bit had me in a heap. I think he's harshly treated as he was a winner who wanted to keep on winning. That tunnel vision... ...is essential. So I understood why he put the team above Middletown. It's a different perspective.
1: Tunnel vision is quite an apt uh, saying to put in there, I think. Mm. Very possible.
2: Uh, James Cook. James Cook.
1: Firstly, well done on what was a brilliant interview. As someone who lived through that period, I was always bitter towards Keely and the stance he took at the time. But at the end of the day, he admits he was duped by the Kilcoins and he got it wrong, so we can't do much more than that. I think... The thing he really failed to see at the time was the link between success, the fans and Milltown. The three things was a holy trinity and he failed to see that when the fans didn't follow the club to the Tolka, then therefore success wouldn't follow the club to Tolka. Only a small percentage of people that didn't play or manage rovers actually get rovers and, and Keeley clearly wasn't one of those. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he does. i agree with that, yeah. Nail on the head. Nail
2: on the head, yeah. Yeah, so that
1: was the Keeley interview. And an excellent job by the prof again. But, prof, we're going to talk about Talca Park 2 1 loss against Shelbourne. And we're going to keep it under an hour because the show
2: is already going to be too yep. long. Yep,
1: I missed this one, prof. I was busy with kids and life in general, and that is mm-hmm. just how it goes sometimes.
2: You got into the second half. For
1: fear it? of wrath from my secretary. 2 <laughs> 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 um, 1 loss, 1100 hoopers made their way across the Liffey. Prof, tell us about your build up. Tell us, was there
2: points involved? and was there yeah mill Uh yeah 1100 Huber any sign of uh, Robert's terrorist legend Glennon no
1: no I don't think so I no. don't think I didn't see, I didn't see him
2: yeah the build up we had uh, decent weather um, I've been actually keeping track of because I I wrote an article about roofless grounds in the League of Ireland a couple of years ago and I've noticed that every time we go to Talca even though there's no roof and if it ever does rain it's gonna be a miserable evening. Absolutely. Yeah. It never seems to rain when we play a it just and jinxed us, Prof. Weather stats care. Five in a row now. Body back end. No rain. No rain. <laughs> weather stats from the prof. Yeah. Soft penalty prof. Well yeah, yeah just on the middle we had uh oh, Dan Kyo who actually lives locally there. Uh I found out he's president of the Dan Nugent fan club. Uh, how have you not known this? Oh, because you're not in the South Stand. Every time, hmm. every time I look around and Nodra
1: does something, I look around and <laughs> l- you know when you lock eyes, you're like, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like he goes first goal scorer or some sort of goal scorer. He comes on, you can see him on the Paddy Power App. Oh, is that the way, like, Stafford's Cousin kept betting on Lee Gray's first <laughs> goal Uh Only seven spiders in the jacks, just below average for Togga. Um Was there a new urinal? Ooh, we yeah. were promised a new urinal. James new urinal. though says no. Props. props no, calls I'm, I'm saying bit. no. I'm saying no. Um, I think again we, we were shooting into the into our end second half, which I think was the same last season. Just just kind of made me think of that. And yeah. they
1: scored a late equalizer into that end for the one all.
2: But didn't Poole score in our end? Yeah, that
1: was that was in the same game the one all. Yeah, in
2: our end, but the second half they. Mm they got a lay corner here hitting the crossbar that, wasn't the that was in there that was the nil all yeah yeah yeah. End, yeah. Um, yeah soft penalty soft
1: peno league race the foul on Barrett and Tyree Wilson shot wide I think it was soft and um, as you know football's a contact sport Um, he, he you could say he was all over him but it is it is a soft peno let's be honest hmm.
2: and he dragged it wide dragged it uh, wide I think no, it was getting saved either way to be honest nowhere near on target. Um an odd opening five minutes to concede a penalty and then for it to be missed so badly Um, and then still go 2-0 down yeah
1: 17 minutes prof the first goal went
2: in Mark Coyle this fella is a thorn in
1: our side every time he plays against us Um, busy is the word I'd use to describe him Um, opportunist strike (coughs) to be honest I reckon it possibly should be saved
2: Um, again we stuck in the mud is the first thing that came to mind yeah, he takes a step and he watches it go by him, and he's kind of like he feels like he's beaten already yeah. as it flies past him in the corner. Uh, yeah, I think he should do better. But overall, in the game, you would have to say Leon I had a very get good to that. game. He, was yeah, he made yeah. some good saves. At this stage, this is 17 minutes already. No cohesion to our play whatsoever. Yeah. Um, wait, I actually I meant to write out the entire Brazzer quote. And I'm after losing it here. But uh, the gist of it was like we looked like we had never played together before, yeah. never met each other before.
1: Very uncharacteristic. That's 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 what we have to add to it. But the 2 0, prof, this this one really was so uncharacteristic of this team. Um Conor Cairns got a got an assist. Um yeah. superb touch and finish, but this it's indecision from our defenders, from Dan and from Honahan. And ultimately led to Will Jarvis taking advantage and sprinting through, and a lovely finish, like it was. Yeah, but it's, it's this shouldn't happen, it's a lovely touch and finish. But
2: how are you conceding the goal from route one? Yeah, like I was,
1: and I was trying to think back, when has this ever happened?
2: Well, we've done it to Derry route one, Rowan Ricketts, yeah, like there
1: you go. But that's when has it happened? Richie to us? it doesn't happen, it's unheard of. Yeah. So, listen, we'll live and we learn, prof. That's the thing. We've Hoare coming off injured on 37 minutes as well, replaced by Berkey. So, bit of a switcheroo, Prof. Tell me how it was, because like I said, I, I didn't take this Well then,
2: there. as soon as Berkey came on, we were a different team. Um, Immediately he lifted us. Suddenly we were looking like an attacking threat. He loves Talcott Park. We said this beforehand.
1: Um, he always plays well out here. The tight spaces, yeah. he's hard to deal with.
2: You can't get the ball off He draws fouls. Berkey is a tough tough individual to play in these tight spaces given how well he played in this game he was just he was just totally unplayable at times Like they couldn't get near him you're thinking why didn't he start the game he only came on because Hoare was injured um, I'm sure Brazzer had a plan to introduce him especially at 2-0 down he may have been like ok we'll make it a half time so he may have been coming on anyway but yeah Berkey was the the one real Bryce Bark of this otherwise miserable night really Natalka. Um And then we scored at the perfect time. Perfect this was like a lovely, lovely goal. Prop. Perfect time to pull him back because you got the whole half now to, to equalise. Yeah. I was in
1: the kitchen. I was... There was kids everywhere. There was all sorts going on. I was trying to get it on LOI Central. I just got home. You know, you're trying to juggle one thing. You should be doing one thing. You want to do another thing. It was mayhem in the house. But I saw this goal live and... Uh, well, in the house and brilliant stuff from Borkey. excellent work and a superb finish from Gaffney to get in to the right uh, position as well so yeah it's a good
2: goal um, but have to special mention for, to Dylan Watts for the assist before the assist Be- but before I mentioned that he had a ball earlier on or was it earlier on was It was the second half sorry I can't remember now it was it was out to Dara Burns it was in the second half yeah. No, hold on first half first half and he took a first time with a volley yeah magic that ball for for Daryl Burns was outrageous. And then, uh, it was a scoop, wasn't it? A scoop pass. Yeah. And then the assist. We fought. also had a scoop shot. Yeah. yeah.
1: On attempt. it Was a Borky?
2: Oh, that was just the one that was cleared off the yeah, line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seemed very Borky. Yeah. No, but it, well, Dylan's ball for Berkey was a thing of beauty as well. So. But I think we're going to have
1: the wrath of Daryl Burns in the next couple of weeks. I think he's going to go on a rampage. I really like the look of him.
2: I thought it'd be sooner. I thought... Um, no, I thought Dundalk would be the game where, okay. Yeah. He's arrived. Here's our new signing. Oh, it's coming. But, yeah. Uh, Watts also cracked a shot off the crossbar doing his best Dan Cleary impression. So we dominated the rest of the half. Um, We needed Leon to make a couple of important saves. One yeah. was a right-handed save from Coyle. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah. Another quality save from Farrell, from close range. The
1: Farrell one was like, he kind of did a 360 twist and it was an unorthodox save as well. But the, mm-hmm. one, the other one as well, excellent stuff. So Paul's really had a good game.
2: So what do you think of Connor Curran's saves? <sighs> oh,
1: he's a freak, isn't he? Like that back post, scissor kick save. I'm not sure who, who struck it, but it was ridiculous.
2: And then the reaction one at the, the end. The reaction was from Gaffney, 95th minute and he pushed it over the bar. That's that's an unbelievable save. Oh,
1: he always pulls it off, isn't he? He's been playing well against us lately. We talked about the likes of Malloy and Coyle and Cairns. They always seem to step up when it comes to rovers. Rovers. Uh, Johnny Kenny came on, first appearance of the season, prop as well. So that's him back into the fray. Mm. And he's so got we'll he's got new hair. He's got new hair. I didn't know <laughs> he's got new hair.
2: Uh, it was a bit of a kerfuffle but the touchline gear.
1: What was your take on the Tyreek Wilson? T- uh, personally, this was a this was a topic of debate in, in the A team and the B team group. He's visibly two footed in the air, like it's it is a two foot tackle. I watched this back a few times. Um it's a two foot tackle. He's off there. If you pause it, he's like he's going down a water slide, you know, your feet are up. I think your it's like, is down. I, I think it's quite it's a good challenge, but by the letter
2: of the law, I agree with you.
1: Out of control and reckless is is what I'd say.
2: Letter of the law it's yeah. it's a two footed lunge. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that ends up leading to the, the kerfuffle I just spoke about. So unsavoury scenes, which we won't, we won't go into. <laughs> uh, no celebration, please, here, Ger. um No. Shells were long overdue win overs, and they enjoyed it. Fair enough. There's a stat there, isn't
1: there? Is there um, a talk of stat?
2: Yeah. Um, the last time they beat us was actually a League Cup tie on penalties, 2016. Last time in 90 or 120 minutes was... The 2012 FEI Cup. 3 2. That's the last game I've walked Why out do I of always think of you? Being it's the last game I've it. walked on yeah. out of early. I always uh, think uh, of you I haven't, you haven't done game. it since. <laughs> I was that disgusted. Stephen Glass. Stephen um, Glass. And it's their first league win over since 2005, so almost 20 years. Oh my God. First league win in 20 years. Yeah, but they're in the first division for a lot of that. But though. still, it's a stat. Yeah. Um, I had noticed that actually, which I noticed no one copped. At the time. Um, that was our first defeat to any Dublin club in 24 games. Big stat. Now table. that comprised of, UCD's, this includes cup games, UCD six wins in the draw, Pat's five wins, one draw, Shell's two wins, four draws, Balls three wins, one draw. So the last defeat to a Dublin club had been Balls away in September
1: 2022. Wow. A prof with the stats.
2: So yeah shells like i said overdue a win over um i did tip them for third place last week on the show i texted um, text you
1: about this the other day i said you might be
2: onto um, something. Um, so i'm not shocked i I think they are going to be better this season um i just think with the gaffer that they have i think he does inspire
1: them though mm. but i think joey is the mm. under dog there i don't think he gets enough credit for what he does i think joey possibly is um oh definitely yeah definitely got it. he's a big factor there clean sheets wins leagues I'm yes. sure he's hammering that into them every day <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah
2: I wasn't too high after the President's Cup win so I'm not going to be too low after this either it's the second game of the season our defending was absolutely shy first half we deserve a lose and uh, I'm just going to move on yeah that's it so Prof. Pats and Derry messed up as well
1: absolutely no one so I'll give you an example of the figures that people took in for the prediction league so the first I think Dara Kenny was top with 54 points, or 70 even. The most points accrued by anyone in the Prediction League was 16. Everybody fell flat on their face. Very strange
2: results all across. The last man standing? The last man standing was a bloodbath. I actually have, <laughs> I have the stats here. 35 out of 46 lost a life in the first round.
1: 34. That is insane Like I picked Dundalk Thinking Dundalk were good against or always, You can only go What's in front of you Dundalk were good against us They played well I thought
2: lovely They've got a couple of good players They beat Galway Galway I don't know if I fancied Dundalk that strongly But
1: A lot of people But either way All my alternatives lost So I'm happy A lot I'm of happy. people went for Pats It
2: made sense Pats UCD was my other one They
1: anyway, didn't win either No Yeah beat my treaty. So um, Shout out to <laughs> Kinger picked Bray Don't know why <laughs> the total fluke I'm not buying it I'm not buying it at all But um, Yeah so Pat's beating 1-0 At home to Bows Which was the shock Of the of the week for me I felt Bows um, With everything that's going on With the The really rushed Signings of a couple of players And I, I thought they weren't going to Get anything out of it But they did They came away with a point But a penalty from Flores And there he drew nil all And Sligo on the Saturday In a game that had Zero shots on goal really zero shots on goal
2: jeez yep so yeah we also had uh, other results a won Waterford 4 with Podge getting out the mark and one thing I took from that
1: is that Drogheda cannot defend set pieces Barry Bagley ended up looking like David Beckham the balls he was whipping in and they just I think they conceded from two set pieces minimum but they were really really poor and I Drogheda I, I put them down as a 2-1 win I thought they were really going to get something out of this but Waterford could be a dark horse bro
2: yeah, actually top of the league uh, as things stand. Dundalk nailed Galway 2, which you just spoke about. And two games into the Premier Division, nobody has a 100% record. Yep, Treaty are the only ones in the Premier Division combined.
1: So Treaty are the, the hot favourites to go up. Bose fans are now banned from attending. Drawing it away March 4th was the Pyro FAO rule. Was the FAO rule after a Bows player was hit by Pyro in the Pats game at Richmond Park. So this is a tricky one. So you have Drajeh, who have done nothing wrong, who are being punished. Will probably be hit in the pocket for about eight to ten thousand euro, which is which is big. In fairness to them, they've actually um, they've combated it and they've let kids in for free for this, for that, for that um, to fill the ground for that one. So they are they are doing something about it. But I think to be punished for something you didn't do in the pocket is extremely harsh. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The punishment could have been to close the Des Kelly because the fans were balls or a section of the Jody. Something along those lines other than hitting
2: Drotter, a team who had nothing to do with it, in the pocket. So that's something you could yeah. think about, Prof. Of course, you remember two, two seasons ago we almost played our first game behind closed doors as punishment for the firework in Waterford which was the act of one absolute moron. Yep. And then we had Drotter as well who came with no fans
1: in the 5-0 Towards the end of last season am I right
2: was oh it, yeah, it
1: the 5-0? yeah they came they had no fans because of whatever happened there so ultimately we were hit with a financial penalty as well because they would have brought a couple of mm. hundred so um, academy results prof all men's teams the under 20s beat club kill there 1-0 the 17s beat long for 2-0 the 15s defeated draw 3-0 all at the roadstone and the under 14s ran out 4-1 winners away to Bray Wanderers with a Cory hat-trick so plenty of goals and good results at the roadstone rovers women took on bows in a pre-season friendly draw at roadstone and it was one all with a trialist on the score sheet prof
2: yeah we also had the draw for the all island cup um if you recall this this competition took place last summer during the women's world cup uh, except this time it's going to be earlier in the season so it's March. And Robbers are going to be in a group with DLR Waves, 3D United and Crusaders Strikers. Top two teams advanced at the quarterfinals. Uh, no dates and venues as of yet, as we record here. But before this competition was announced, out of nowhere, in my view, I didn't didn't know anything about this. Uh, I had noticed that March 22nd, 23rd, was like a, a rare free Robbers free weekend. Mm-hmm. No no men's first team games international break uh even Ireland, ireland aren't playing i think they're playing on the, the monday It could be around but, that but no women's games how naive i was Ger, because this competition is going to go right in there on the saturday so sure enough there's going to be something robbers every weekend now until october mm. so that is
1: that for this one we have up next we have a new segment prof the lovable rogue that is mark turner Every single week, he puts in a starting 11. It's on a Monday. It can be on a Sunday after a game. Within a week of the game actually being played. And uh, it just gives me a giggle, to be honest. It makes me laugh. So we decided that we're going to have Turner's 11s every week. And he's going to pick our starting 11. So next up, it's Turner's starting 11s and predictions. So I have Turner's starting 11 here. On predictions. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a little bit apprehensive about this, doing
2: this. He thought we were going to gut him, but we won't. Seven years into the show, if you'd have told me we would no longer pick ourselves in their predictions, we would ask Mark Turner to do it for us. <laughs> I wouldn't believe you, but I, I'm on board with this. Right, so he's gone with Leon Pauls,
1: clearly Pico, Grace, three at the back. So he's bringing Pico back into the fold. Mm. He's willing
2: him in, I think. I think Pika will be a second half sub. Yeah. That's who he'll, he'll be slowly reintroduced.
1: He's gone for Honaghan and Poom at wing back. So he's gone right wing back, he's gone Honaghan. He's gone left wing back for Poom. He's gone O'Neill and Watts in the middle, and then the cloud starts to form, and it's Borens, Bork, and Kenny. So Rory Gaffney
2: is dropped. I changed my mind. Um, Who's scrapping this it now? Is shy? <laughs> that, that was that was Mark Turner's first and last start in the predictions. <laughs> His jobs, uh Roy
1: Gaffney. I definitely, uh, I see, it. it's a tough one. Um I think Gaffney against Strata could do the business. Currently debating whether to drop him from my fancy football as well, Prof. So I have a couple of little transfers I have planned. Will he play him? Will he start him against this Strata team that are currently struggling? It depends. We spoke with Graeme Moran about his interviews and about... Yeah, the gaff talking about how he's being managed and training and if he actually can play ninety minutes every week as well. So it could be something to look into. But uh yeah, the golden goal as well. Prof last week we had Alan Cox nabbing a Alan a Sean Hoare kit and over four hundred euros. So the golden goal is absolutely flying. We had our first full house the week before. And um yeah, so the predictions league as well. Predictions league is flying. Joe predictions Anyone can win this thing, prof. I want to see you do this because you hate them so much. I guarantee it you'll win.
2: I guarantee it. I got. I'm not that good at week to week predictions. I get the odd hunch that I might be good at, but week to week, I'm brutal. It's
1: very hard, but we have record numbers in it this week. We've record numbers in the Last Man Standing and record numbers in the Golden Goal. So it's getting popular, prof. All of our mm-hmm. little endeavors and Joe's side's little uh, little side um, shows are, are doing really well. The Turner not send a score prediction now. Oh, we, no, we will. We'll get that next week though. We'll get we'll get that next week. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a reaction. I'm expecting... I'm going for a tonk.
2: Well, we beat them 5-0 last time. I'm going for a tonk 4-0. Another thunk. Borky. We
1: and we'll go Johnny Kenny off the mark as well. So a brace from each. But definitely Bork. Bork needs to be unleashed against these. I think um, he's chomping at the bit to get going. So, definitely
2: looking um, at that. Dairy prediction. 2 1 win. I was saying 3 0 win. Albert Drada. Goals from Gaffney. Uh, a rare goal from Dylan Watts. Mm. And I'm going to say Hanahan to get another goal. Lovely. Set piece. Uh, dairy prediction. Ooh, I've seen this being tight I'm going to say 1 all. 1 all from that prof, yeah. right,
1: Dairy? So, um, yeah, that's our starting 11s predictions. And uh, figra Prof, our global hoop, makes his hoop scene debut. So, big shout-out to who who is travelling all over Australia. As it stands, he was at the Melbourne Derby. Said he was right in the mix, in the tick of things as well. Said it was good crack, but reckons that he'd get a game for Melbourne victory, and the standard isn't great. So, uh, Fikra yeah. gives us his ideas
2: and his uh, thoughts on... Traveling around Australia, have said the same to me. When he he's watched Perth Glory, he thinks League of Ireland is a better standard. Um, so yeah, figure it will be riding in the program now every second week. He will have his own column, riding all the way from Oz. Uh, I've also been touching for some German links. The way I said, we're going to have some German team podcast because obviously has the Iron Track Frankfurt links. That his dad had uh, Rennie before, and there's a few others like Sam and Hamburg. We had him on the tip of his hotline. Number of Hoops, probably some listeners have lived and worked in Germany in their lives. Um, so I'm interested in all these angles. So we're probably going to get that going. Maybe Did you know Pat McName
1: worked in in Germany? Uh, I think yeah, he's mentioned that before. Yeah, Pat was a uh, in 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 another universe. Pat would be would have been instead of '90s Pato. It would have been Berlin Pato. So there is a couple of links there. I think Ray Whelan as well. Ray Whelan might have lived in Germany for a little while. So Chef Ray.
2: Imagine running the 90s Pato in (laughs) Germany.
1: (laughs) Yes. So um, guys, we have next up. It's part two of our 80s special recorded in the lair a few weeks ago with Jim and Maloney. Right. So welcome back. Jason Maloney and Jim Conroy. It's for part two of our 80s special prof. We're not in the profs. We're in the lair. More intimate setting today. More intimate no audience. setting today, so, yeah. So, lads, you're very welcome. Thank you. How
2: thank was, you. How <laughs> was the uh, the boss experience? Scar didn't send anyone to the Terra Neuro, did he? No, no he actually
3: collected. I think he felt guilty. He actually collected me from a humble <laughs> today.
2: Yeah, no ale house for Jim. He he was not impressed with this one. Oh, he hit the ale house, all right. He went anyway. Yeah. I still got it for a couple of points. <laughs> that excellent service. The seventy-four
4: bus, left me right outside, just as, as I was opening, and I didn't have two lovely points.
1: Yeah, and the proves A right. lovely point against Yeah, The props though
4: You can't beat the prawns. He likes the props.
1: Yeah, so um, we're recording this podcast a few weeks in advance, so no current events today, Prof. We're pretty much up to date, and by the time everyone is listening, we'll have just played a Talk of Park dubbed the Stadium of the Future by the coins so 1987,
2: Prof. Yeah, so that was last week, by the time people are, are listening to this, um, Jim wanted to say a couple of things about part one, actually, he has a correction about Kevin Brady.
4: Oh yes sorry to Kevin Brady if he's, if you he, he ever listened to this thing. Uh, yeah he actually scored two competitive goals for Rovers. But I'll be excused for for, for uh, forgetting the second one because we scored at Tolka Park during the 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 uh, boycott season. Yeah. So we didn't see the bloody thing. We in, in a 7-1 win against uh, Bray Wanderers. Now another thing on the last one, so that was a factual error and apologies. Hmm. The second one, when we played Balls in '74, remember we mentioned we beat, we beat them, we beat them one 0 in Milltown. The year we only won four games. The kick-off, I wasn't sure on on, on, the, on the original broadcast about the uh, time of the match. It was actually a quarter to twelve kickoff. To four to twelve, and uh, a, a reasonable crowd turned up for for that era, and uh, and then Louis. Then we won one and Then Louis he, he taught Shelburne into kicking off for the quarter twelve. The following week in, in in Harris Cross, we played in Harris Cross. What do you think and, the reason and, for and,
1: that was? To, uh, boy, boy would he have an early kick uh, <laughs>
4: I don't really know. It was just a thing. He was. Tr- you said he, Louis he, talked he, to he, Minkway, it yeah. Oh, he did. I, I, I done a quick check on it, it just only this morning, just in the old newspaper reports. And he was a Shelbourne went for the quarter to twelve the following week. They were just trying it out to try yeah. and improve the crowds, but but it ended up anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was contradictory to report in the Shelbourne match. It says they were happy with the crowd, but it was exactly the same crowd they got for the previous game against Waterford So I, I, I don't know how to how to interpret sure, that. But sure. it was. But all I say is it was the end of that that, that particular. Sure. Uh, so before everybody would have got to mass at that time. Yeah, and of course, yeah. imagine having a match at a quarter to 12 on a Sunday, and most of the lads are out in the piss and they're out gambling yeah. on the day before and they're getting all, all their hangovers. And all. It didn't make sense, you know. Like when, you, when you look back at it, sure, it didn't. And just, yeah, just on, on the Ace thing, on the, yeah, just the, the first podcast. Yeah. Jim has nose Ke- today, girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. He's come prepared with the notepad. And no, no. Don't be telling on me. <laughs> but, yeah, just, just a quick thing to say on about Kevin Bray, just to mention him again. Just say, Kevin was a particularly brilliant player in that team. Very underrated. He, I learned a lot from watching him. I always remember when we signed him, I thought, I, 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 I said, no, don't sign him. But then I learned very quickly that it was a, it was a brilliant sign. Kevin could defend. He was a defender, first and foremost. and That's why he only scored two competitive goals. But he was a brilliant player. And, of course, Jody has to get a special mention. You think about him. I know Jason rightly mentioned he made a couple of errors in his early games. But he was brilliant. He was one of the best goalkeepers i ever had, you know. Like you think of all all the cup finals. There was big matches in Europe yeah. there was all all these games vital games Did can anyone tell me one mistake he made in a big game you know and I, t- I think the answer is, is is a firm no
1: he's a very young man as well in the yes and, right. the, and
4: like we'd love to see the potential because obviously with the, the next he was with Dundalk before us but do you think about it, like he played in four cup finals at Dailymount in four years
3: yeah, we never seen and,
4: it. and he never let in a goal in the four games
3: Four clean sheets, four
4: Oh, in daily match. Oh, yeah, we will beat two one. Um, uh, obviously, it's eighty four. <coughs> but yeah, uh, oh, you can
3: <coughs> see Alan. May I spell it Rovers? Sorry, but Jodie was would have been definitely the best keeper. You know, Rovers until.
4: It's was putting it down me, just I know we're getting off track. But, but Alan, I thought Alan was better this when he came back than he was the first time. Yeah, I'd agree with I, I thought he was the complete goalkeeper really because he played for college he played for the dock and he was more experienced I just thought he was brilliant when he came back and just the last thing really on, on, on that on, on, on the first episode part one the, just a special mention for Peter Eccles He uh, like Peter had a very slow start at Rovers he struggled in his early days. He used to play him right back, back and all yes. that, but, uh, and he used to be out of position. And it took him a while to settle in. And of course, Peter stuck at it, and the, the club stuck with him as well. And Peter emerged as a legendary Rovers player, and he went on to win his fifth league medal yeah, in 1994. Four. You know, I'm sure Jason would was the only one that Yeah, up to up to now, he was the four only Rovers player yeah. to won five up
1: to up to, to, to recently.
2: Right, so prof. Reaction Yeah So then now we're going to get an Initial reaction To the interview with Dermot Keeley uh, We can address Specific parts As we go along Into the talk of boycott season But just thoughts overall We'll start with Jason Just to give context On the whole Thing This He, he
1: was Extremely Vocal In his support For Kilcoin at the time And The sale of Milltown So How, how do you feel now Well after listening
3: I'd read stuff previously that he had kind of changed his mind and said he kind of backed the wrong horse kind of thing but I'd never actually heard it you know it's one thing reading it in print now you would probably do it over Zoom Carl. you probably would have seen his face you was know, like, and mm-hmm. there was definitely a sound of you know it was you know he was being Vermont. sincere sincerity to it you know and he definitely something I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting to hear to me so far through. Really, um obviously there was there was a big following out okay, at the time and I was trying to just think back because I knew this interview was coming about what there was a spark, obviously back of the coins, which he said he's doing, okay, um, but there was a huge falling out, between Dermot Keighley, and the fans, the, obviously there was between, the Shamrock Rovers fans, on the board, but it didn't exist between, the Rovers fans, and the players, during the boycott season, but with Dermot it did, okay, for whatever reason, and there were a couple of instances, that could have sparked that, you know, there was, but I went kind of, it was very bitter on both sides, I have to say. Like, there was an instance when you think back, it doesn't sound too good, when we played Ballyfermi United in the Leinster Senior Cup. It was played in and um, Pats and Richmond Park. Now, Ballyfermi United were my local team and they wanted to obviously, they top playing there, play Rovers, the 4 in champions, to make a few quid. But because the match would have been designated as a Leicester Senior Cup match, and it all went 40% gates to Rovers, 40 to Pats, 20% to the Leinster FA, we decided to boycott the match. Now that was probably bad form for, for a local team like Ballyframe night expect to make a few quid. Mm-hmm. But at that game outside, Dermot was taken off injured and he was carried out in a stretcher into an ambulance. And I was done at the time, as I say, and whatever happened before I led to this, he was actually jeered by the Rovers fans outside the ground. Go on the stretcher? On the stretcher, going on ambulance. That happened. I'm not gonna deny that. That happened. I was probably one of them. Then alternatively we I remember we played Fannet in the was the League Cup or the team when we played Fannet. Them days was a four and a half hour drive there for Rovers fans to go down, only about 50 or 60 made our way to the game, and we got off the team, the players and manager got off the team, coach. Players are going in and said there was nothing with the players, there was no ammo towards the players, and they it might be getting a bit of banter from us, but it's and rounds. So lads, have these no old ladies out to mood today really instead of travel you up here? Yes. Now when things are like that, it's gone to an extreme at that stage, right? It's gone to an extreme where there's no going back. I like don't well, obviously back to coins through through tick and tin. Now here in the interview, like I wasn't shocked that he was so contrite, and I was glad to hear that. And he was definitely sincere in the way he spoke. But my view at the time was the reason why he took that stance was he just wanted to back the coins 100%. He backed them off. He admitted he was duped. He says in the interview that was that was aired there that, he, that he was broadcast that um, he realised halfway through the season that there was going to be no redevelopment of Talker Park. We all knew that. It took, him that don't, like it took him that long to see that. But that, that's what he says the man said. He didn't realise. There was never going to be a redevelopment at Talker Park. It was all purely just to get money for the sale of Milltown. We all knew that at the time. That's where Cram was formed, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, that's where the boycott was enforced. But what kind of resonated with me from this interview was the first time I ever noticed at the time was that I didn't realise that, obviously he was a football manager, he had to do a thing for the team and he had his own ambitions in the game. And us actually boycotting the games... Definitely had a detrimental, detrimental effect on the team's performance that year. We finished fourth after one of the four years previously. That was actually you know, stifling his ambitions in the game to be a top manager. He says, I think he said in that interview he wanted to be like McLaughlin. He wanted to win three, four leagues or overs. And obviously the boycott and that didn't happen. And I, I never thought from that point of view that he was thinking along those lines. I thought just he was doing it for me purely. He was backing the coins, that was it. He was the manager. They were his chairman. They were his board. He had to back them. So that kind of resonated with me from, from, from that point.
1: I think also we we weren't around for for all of this happening, so our perception of Keeley wasn't skewed, not even skewed skewed is probably the wrong word, but we didn't have a perception. we went in neutral, we knew a little bit about him, but he sounded genuine in regarding his intentions with the team, <clears throat> talking about that he he didn't care about what was going on, he just wanted to win, so he was so focused on just getting mm-hmm. those trophies out the line all the other stuff was kind of irrelevant now that could have been a mistake on his part but like I said we weren't around then to know what he was really like to see how he really felt back then as well and like the the, the comments that he mentioned up and fan it so
2: there was a real divide there that we would never be able to experience yeah. because we weren't around and I'm fascinated that even 40 years later <clears throat> Jason is taken on board a, a perspective he hadn't thought him before I find that fascinating because I think a lot of people have probably told you like some of the comments towards the Keely interview was like, ah, oh, pox. He was a pox at half time protest in Sligo. No time for him. Oh, Should sure, There was nearly a yeah. protest about the interview <laughs> <Yeah>. before it <laughs> even yeah. happened. Uh, yeah. They're probably outside yeah. now with yeah. black hats. <laughs> yeah. but, um, what about you,
5: Jim?
4: What yeah, did you think, of What spot? was your reaction? Yeah, see, I saw it to Jason A, Just you have to remember, I'm slightly a bit older than Jason, too. But at that time, Still I'd been hard. around a bit longer around the game, hadn't I, like, and stuck like that, you know? But it's one thing about Keely. I've never questioned his, his honesty or his integrity and all. That. I I've never questioned that. Even even when all this happened, I remember for about two years he was he was public he was Robert's enemy, number one, two or three, in know the kind of way. But I never questioned his honesty or, or his integrity. But he, he did apologize for, for fairly quickly after he left Rovers, around nineteen ninety, I know you Champion was the first one I seen and he, he did and he he's apologized so often since does he need to apologize again. He he, he called it wrong, he did. He, and, but he, uh, no need for, he, like, he said that himself. But as Jason pointed out, his loyalty, I don't think it was to the Coquins. His loyalty was to, was to his team. Like, he wanted to win leagues. And as he said, he, like, his whole team was about winning leagues. Winning, winning. That's all he was interested in. And his loyalty was to, that they were a great team, was to that, that, that wonderful team.
2: I do you reckon to, he saw it as a distraction?
1: Yes. For the team, which it was bigger than a distraction in the overall scheme of things. It, was, it wasn't, it was it shouldn't have been treated just as a distraction you, from his perspective. Yeah. Because it was huge. See, but do you reckon that's what he did?
4: He did. He, 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 his loyalty was to the team. I, I believe him when he said he, he had a close relationship with the Coynes. I was interested he said that in, in, in the interview. I think McLaughlin might have had a close relationship.
3: That, that. Didn't He hinted
4: that McLaughlin had a close relationship. Yes, damn, yeah, I, I, he never struck me as a man who'd really sit down chatting to directors very much. You know, yeah. it, it's a bit like Len Shackleton book years ago when he had the chapter about the, the, the about the football directors' knowledge of football. He left the blank the blank page. The blanks, the blank page. So I, I, I think there's, there's a there's a, a links there a little bit, you know, but just a, a little. A little funny thing at that time. We were moving house. We were living in we lived in Kildall for years, and in eighty nine we moved. We were moving, and we down with two houses. My dad had a choice of two houses, right? And uh, and he called me and Tommy, and I called us together one day. And he says, "There's a problem. I've a choice of two houses. I don't know which one to pick. One is in Donnemaid, and the other is up there, wherever Clare Hall or something." He says, "He says, but there's a problem with the one at Clare Hall." He says, "What is it?" He says. Keane, he lives next door to the house. <laughs> <laughs> he says, lads, is there a problem? And me and Bunt or Tommy, we'll talk about it later, we'll be talking sure you come up with a claim over the search. We were like, No problem at all. In fact, I, I always remember thinking I'd have a good crack with him Imagine having Dermot next door with all this miltow thing going on, you know. So he very near we, we very nearly ended up next next door neighbours. We picked, we went for the other house anyway, but it was, You didn't <laughs> know that one, Jason, did oh, you? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. But uh, but as for Ke- yeah, Key did over the at the time I was against them, of course I was, but I healed uh, the division was healed at me very quickly, and I've never had any grudge against them ever since, really. No, I, I, like who are the people? Like, you can't hold grudges, well, you can in certain states when it comes to the coins, you can <laughs> aim and don't feed. Like you can't forgive what they done, What Thomas Davis done in recent years, the, yeah, du- yeah, the Dublin yeah. County Board—you can never forgive them things because yeah. that—that's that, evil, that's bad, it's badness. But there, McKinney, there, was, there was no, there was no evil or bad intent. Sure, there wasn't. I, I think we all agree on that. Okay, you, know? you had to be fair too, don't you? Yeah.
3: So you know? I think he kind of misunderstood the whole thing. I think he did yeah. right. Um, there was a talk, a lot of talk leading up to it before, before he, the, the interview was broadcast about the. the the pitch, the, the protest on the pitch of at half 12 at Milltown. You mentioned that. Bro. He said he was wrong with that, was is fair play. He said he, he wouldn't have done that if he'd yeah. taught back. But then at the Player of the Year Awards, you probably did him just after well, like, yeah. the Player of the Year Awards at Milltown. That was there. Yeah, and he made made a speech. And this was a couple of weeks later, maybe a week or two, and it was still raw. And he. He, he didn't read the room again. He made his speech and he yeah. started the speech by going like that, just flipping the North Side or South Surda. What does it matter? He did say that, yeah. You no, know, yeah. so that was, and that's not the thing that's North Side. No, so oh, fact, fact, I think you said we could be playing in Frevia Park or the Phoenix yeah. Park wasn't well, the fact that it wasn't Milltown and was a sold for purpose, wasn't the fact that it was an Like Jimmy's an but Remember, Jimmy famously said on the, when we had the. the Today tonight did a special on Milltown Leaving Milltown Jimmy just said fame, he said, well, talk about park's the closest ground to me. But I might want to stay in Milltown, you know, maybe. So at least that was a while. It wasn't that was an north It was just that he just didn't understand the feeling at the time. It wasn't that we we're going from Milltown. We couldn't have been going to Harland's Cross or down the road or even Bally Fermi should be a primary Sound that was still the south it. it wasn't that was you are leaving Milltown, the reason we we're leaving the property developers going to come in and build a land, it was all just done for pure financial greed. That was what it was done for.
1: Do you reckon um wasn't he? he was a determined player on the pitch very strong minded individual oh, do you reckon he was a victim of his own determination as regards to the team that he inherited he had a reputation to go on with and try and win trophies and take this four in a row team was, onto the next level do you think that he was a victim of his own ah, probably pig headedness yeah. more than anything say wait well it doesn't matter what's happening this team is this team and we can go mm. on no matter what the circumstances are and win
4: he felt a certain pressure of course he did and in fact, he's done brilliant that year. Some people think it was easy to go over to the McLaughlin team. It wasn't. And like, the signs he made were very good. I remember Dignam and Murphy and these very guys? Rough, yeah. they, they, they were pretty good. Like, yeah. And the B team that year were particularly good. And But the thing with Keeley is, he was, he was an excellent manager. And he proved it afterwards like he, he, with Shelburne. But more to me, especially with Dundalk they won the league in 95 which I think was the, the the poorest team I've ever seen win
2: the league of Ireland do you remember that year the, the I actually didn't get time to ask the, him about that the, the worst the league of Ireland champions ever like you know, the
3: Dundalk team in 88 wasn't much better either
4: no but the 95 team they, they led the league once that season the, the last day, the last yeah, day yeah, of the yeah,
1: season yeah, yeah. was there four teams that and could win it that day and and or yeah it I was three I think yeah. Derry messed up in Athlone at I could be Stuart wrong Stuart Gomes bit. the penalty
4: yeah. down Lone. but I remember that year because we beat them in the RDS it was a terrible game we beat them 2-1 and we got a late goal or something, and I remember that the dog fans built Keeley off, and they wanted his head, and, all. and whichever way the results worked out. But he got them over the line, they won the fucking league, didn't yeah. they?
3: Yeah. But
4: but he was a very good manager, he, he proved it afterwards. Yeah, but the, but um, yeah, know. there's no doubt
3: the circumstances stop Rovers on the f- five in a row, and I've said yeah. it many times Aye. five, six. They would have, he said it himself, they would have won at least six. I think he said, the other. We would have definitely, we are, as he said, the gap was getting bigger each year, not smaller you Know we thought our oh, four yeah. in a row was just gone there. We thought we were oh, four in a row that we, oh, the that we oh, thought like, where they were kind of close and the gap was probably a little bit, but famously, Brazza said oh, uh, towards the end of last season when we're about to clinch the foreigners, they all missed a chance this year. Hopefully, yeah. that turned out to be prophetic. That was a, yeah, a great yeah. and brave statement from Brazza. <laughs> we had on the ring at home, that was a great thing. But that team would have now we're all hopeful of five in a row. But that team that was just that was absolutely absolute no brand. Was, if we decided, town there's, yeah, there's no way. in God's name, anybody else is <laughs> that league. You know? but, but sorry, just just to sum
4: it up, the bottom line is fans and players. It's a different thing, isn't
3: it? W- to w- a manager, and, and,
4: a, and, like, and isn't a boss, it? yeah yeah it would be but, but yeah even say, now yeah it would but be, the yeah. fans are always there at we? You know, years and years and years, team could be shite, team could be brilliant. The fact we think differently we look at it different and that's what happened there like, like I'm sure even in the present team just there are players there connect with the fans and with the clubs traditions Absolutely, and all yeah. that but it's, we're, I'm sure we're like most clubs some players do some some players do some players don't yeah. you can make a song out of that yeah, yeah. Would, yeah. but you know what I mean some,
2: know, some to, are to, to it we, yeah. some are pure mercenaries yeah. some actually do identify with the fans a little bit
1: like some yeah. some would would do go out of way if you help you out do whatever you chat with them like a regular person for want of a better saying and some just just don't want that to do with it it's just the way people are different personalities just, yeah, All just,
3: to just, the p- just quickly go back you know, to the present day But Bradley's done that as well Bradley what Brad's done that he's going to instil that into the players yeah the you have to care team. he's come in and he just it's a shamrock over's okay, culture yeah. now yeah. it's not just about winning and thinking he's done that so yeah, I think it. the one that he did we, we had not got great relationship maybe with Crowley or with yeah. Fennin with the players or the manager kind of thing that wasn't when Bradley came in for us he mm. It's still that game when we were way behind the dark, way behind Cork. We had to start from scratch, but build from the bottom up. And that was one of the four things. That and, and there were us. there were a few
4: players four or five years ago, six years ago that he moved on. Yeah, that, that were that, they were, that were good players. Not for us. But, not but for they, didn't, us. they didn't. They, <laughs> they were not for us. They didn't fit in. <laughs> that it, it, mentality in, in itself,
1: itself which is, is a very very hard thing to achieve. And anyway. it's, and
4: it's, it's and probably oh, a greatest achievement, and it's translated into trophies. Oh, I absolutely agree. You know? Yeah. So
1: we move on, lads. We're going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the 70s format so um, we're going to talk we're going to have Rob, Robert Goggins read from the chronological history book and it's going to go from January 87 to 89 so three full years in total so the lads have already talked about a couple of games at the end of 86 87 we're going to go back to 266, 50s 266 in December if you want to hear their favourite memories of the four in a row. So um, we'll just recap from January 1st anyway and we'll walk our way into the sale of Glenmalure Park. Okay, So 1st of January, they were the undisputed kingpins when it came to winning league titles. But so far as the League Cup competition was concerned, it seemed that the Rovers were always bridesmaid and never the bride as they flopped again at the final hurdle. This time was a 1-0 to Dundalk in the final. Daily Mount Park before a crowd of 6,000 so
2: still only won two League Cups in our history two League Cups yeah that's
1: one that always sticks out to me actually Mm -hmm. so uh, the 4th of January having drawn 1-1 at Daily Mount Park the previous week Rovers and Bowles played the second of the back-to-back league fixtures at Milltown and two very late and rather superb free kicks from Pat Bourne and Mick Neville they edged out the Gypsies 3-2 in a game that ended dramatically so some uh, superb free kicks cover that
2: one in part one Yeah, Yeah. the last derby at Milltown
1: 25th of January before wins over four of the month of January their McKeeley side had opened a comfortable gap at the top of the Premier Division table and although they were still seven games off the programme um, to be played sorry there was still seven league games to be played it was almost certain that they would go and capture a record fourth league title so 15th of Feb the task of putting a halt to the gallop of Shamrock Rovers fell to Alfie Hale managed Waterford United who themselves were six points behind the hoops and the biggest league crowd of the season at Milltown witnessed a tight contest at the end of which mm-hmm. the, hoop two, the Hoops took another
2: two points this was the system where they took two points what was it? Oh, this was two points for a win yeah, yeah. That a that, 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 I still can't get my head around that that but was 81-82 yeah. okay. it says big crowd there now but how much would we be talking attendance I don't, two was, will win anyway it was always recorded by gate receipts but like an intense figure like so, yeah. A tenants figure, I would say, a big crowd two against, win against, four against four, Waterford. Four or five thousand, yeah. that
3: would wouldn't one of the Max Wooden more than that. Mm. It
4: was only two hundred against Waterford, was it? Yeah, that yeah. yeah. okay, was. They good. would have
3: brought a decent crowd at they, yeah, they, they, they did. They made the bad side of Waterford. Like, yeah, with yeah, a do that. But yeah. yeah, a good crowd, that would have been four or five thousand. Wouldn't I mean, yeah, yeah. Max, yeah. you might have yeah. got six yeah. or seven against Bowles. We think we got eight against Sligo the last day. But yeah, four or five would have been good. That's about right,
2: Because as Gareth read here, when we won the league, it was only 1,500.
1: 1,500. Yeah. But 8th of March. 8th of March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derek got his best ever birthday present when Rovers defeated Galway 3-1 at Middletown. Yeah, yeah, well to seal a power. history-making fourth successive league title, the fact that Rovers had been so dominant throughout the campaign contributed to the apathy shown by the soccer public who obviously felt uh, that the conclusion had been a foregone one for quite some time and the historic occasion was witnessed by a Sunday afternoon crowd like we said, 1,500. So... Everybody saw that
3: there were Keely, great birdie presents. Remember in the bar afterwards. Oh they gave us they a telegram came in and came, one of them girls. Stripper Graham and the hairy man. Right. I Keely had to take her. Just, just another sight of them. <laughs> I came Keenan cleaned and took her down. No, they were his teeth. That was in the, in the, a the a gram in the hoops <laughs> bar. Stripper Graham in the hoops <laughs> Just after they won the league again, big time. I
2: think that's the first mention. But Stripper Graham. I don't know if you've ever had Stripper Dawkins. It was just the exact stripper. All these hairy guys that came in, you know,
3: and they went, they they went fully clothed. Let's put it that way. 18th of
1: March, still smarting from the defeat, handed out to them in August. Man United returned to Dublin to demonstrate that the win enjoyed but the Milltown Club and the Shea Brennan testimonial game was a once off how wrong they were as now Larkin gave Rovers the lead although Brian Robson got an equaliser to make a 1-1 Mick Bourne got a deserved winner
2: for the hoop so were we at this game yeah. can, can we talk about this game just Keely actually didn't care about them like that was one of the questions yeah. got sent in to me See, that's
4: where the fans yeah. are a bit different than the what you're yeah, then but but that because no, we beat they them at the start teams. of the season, didn't we? Two mm. 0 and he, and I said I oh, would beat. I oh, know there'll be no they, mess, oh, mess this played the full teams, man. Yeah, it so was the full mm-hmm. teams. It
3: wasn't like nowadays. You bring the yeah. like youth, to reserve. Um, would they stay
1: up. over, and would there be? Would they have a piss up with the Rovers players or something like that? Or because back then the drink culture mm. was big in football, wasn't it? I say they probably would have. I think it some of the I knew some of the
4: players at that time, and when they were, I know for a fact when they were playing some of the English teams, they did. They used to go on a jolly, yeah. But this is a crucial stage of the season.
1: It's only like one or two left. Yeah. So, what did the footballers call the Wednesday Club or the Tuesday Club? Whatever it was, um, they always went out on their day. The off, Wednesday on the Tuesday night, because Wednesday was, Wednesday Wednesday was, was, Tuesday Tuesday
3: was, Tuesday was no train on.
1: and Tuesday yeah. was the night So, 10th of April, the League of Ireland was rocked to the core with the shoot with the news that Glentoran Park in Milltown was to be closed and turned into a residential development. So, although some soccer writers had been following up on leads to the effect that the ground was to be closed, it was Charlie Stewart who finally broke the shocking news in the Irish press. So um where we're gonna go, I'm gonna ask both the lads. I think we did it. ask them in part one can you remember yeah. we both asked them where they were individually when they heard the heard the news or read it first when it broke. I think we talked on that.
3: I think I might heard it on the radio. There was no social media I think we said the asked them those so you didn't hear about it and then you didn't there's no mobile phones to talk to your mate. So I we met the same people every Sunday. The great people I'd meet them and then it's calm, call walk well. up. It was only then we started to discuss it, but even then like you didn't believe it you know, Jimmy said he'd heard English before through a couple of different sources that, that he couldn't do what's happening but we just thought yeah it's not, that's not going to happen You know, we, we only started talking about it that day and then obviously as I said about the, the pitch protest before there was nothing organised it was sp- spontaneous yeah, yeah. spontaneous reaction yeah. when I have to miss we so went but it was just yeah it was it was shock alright but still it was incredulous and something that I didn't really believe but you Jimmy, just, yeah, yeah, if, it, if you were just yeah.
1: kind of flipping with it you are like nah yeah
3: not gonna
4: happen. Yeah, I, I, I knew I knew it was definite because yeah. I told Remember in, in the last in 166 we were talking the episodes because I heard there was it. Linklands the week before and it was and it, it all came together and I, I knew I knew it was definite. Yeah. And is it when
2: you say inklings by by who? Yeah, or I, where?
4: I, I did explain in in the last and yeah. was at the reserve match the week before right. and I knew a guy who worked for Healy Holmes. Remember I was saying that and he. Oh,
1: you right, he, yeah. he was the
4: greatest piss taker ever. And radio really, guys, I was winding up, and he he said it to us. We were full of gargle on, on the on the um, on, on on the Saturday night before, and and, and I was, during the week down. It was on my mind during the week. So there was no social media in them days, as Jason pointed out. But then as soon as I heard it came up on the radio, like Jason, I heard it on the radio. And then uh, I, the, so the for New you, Express, actually, I, I knew it was definitely yeah.
1: Yeah. So for you, that could have been. The final nail in the coffin when you heard on the radio where it wasn't for Jason. Do you know what I mean?
4: Because just as I said. so I was a little bit older, you know, I was hanging around with people, kind of, and the was, there, and I probably knew some of the older people that, that were around at that time. And it did, a kind of, the, the, the hints were there. Yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah,
3: the same things happen nowadays. We'd all hear there'd be things. Acid You know, you know. We got twelfth
1: of April anyway, right? Sligo Rovers world. inadvertently walked into a storm as they arrived to Milltown to take on the Hoops in the second leg of the FAI Cup semi-final. So the air was filled with anger, and the fans had literally no time to organise themselves, and many of them. We're still reeling in shock. A protest took place in the pitch at half time, like Jason said, spontaneous, but the game was able to
2: resume shortly afterwards as the peaceful protest. Yeah, Darn told him to, Divers, to get off the pitch, like he spoke about in the interview. Do you know, it's actually we're playing Sligo at home on, on the 12th of April this year.
4: Oh, no, no way. Well, it was
2: on the anniversary. Good spot, bro. That's getting sure. milled down but that day yeah. people brought word quarters. with them
4: and all didn't they chase? Yeah. During the work cutters as I yeah. remember, behind the be and the fellas went the down they actually went down and they cut the word did you, you cut from, from the shed the or other? from behind the goal no I came behind the goal so the it wasn't so, it was so spontaneous, so spontaneous so after all I know the fellas brought but these guys were was that just standard on people's pairs the apparel the apparel today the apparel remember Tommy that day my brother he went up and he wasn't going through any gap in the fence and he went up to you know when the players came out excuse me guard I'm going off to the pitch to make a protest. And the guy says, I think it was Gadolf. You Remember, it used to be another guard that yeah, did, yeah, yeah. nothing to do with the other one. And he says, I'll oh, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's peaceful. And he walked through the gate, but that was Sunday. Well, toward
1: the end of April, Jimmy Keane and Ed Kenny, senior patrons at the club and members of the development committee responsible for getting the floodlights installed at Milltown, met the Kilcoines and pleaded with them to postpone the move to allow alternative plans to be brought to the table in order to ensure Rovers could continue at Milltown. So later that evening, the Kilcoins met the general body patrons and these are supporters who paid a premium fee above season ticket holders and enjoy exclusive benefits members
2: nowadays i presume yeah.
1: and outlined their plans for a commercial development of the place at a football ground again as with the ordinary fans the previous day the patrons registered their disgust their plans mm. to uh, oppose any such development on the grounds of milltown
2: yeah i'm pretty much within days of the the shock announcement you had fans and former players rallied to form Cram, keep robbers at Milltown. So, the spokespersons for Cram were Brian Murphy, father of Con, uh, Jerry Mackey, Liam Toohey, and Paddy Code were uh, the the former players involved. Jimmy, Jimmy, Kane? Jimmy Sorry, Cain. Oh, just, Jimmy Cain. Oh, Jimmy had to be. Yeah, we just course. spoke to Jimmy, Jimmy Cain there yeah, as yeah, well.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: so, like, how soon did you guys become aware of Cram and get involved, I guess?
4: I would involved straight away. Yeah, we well, are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well,
3: I was on the support yeah, Slope committee at the time yes. and then they would have they would have go well, not go, they would have um, collaborated with the Support Slope at the time, you know, again then we would have fed they the <laughs> members and maintenance of Parcel called. So I was very, yeah, uh, very quick you know, yeah. In the I had yeah. the Supparson and Cram, the Crammer like yeah, maybe, uh, for want of a better word, a higher echelon of the of the Shamrock Rovers committee. Like the the committee were the ones we would have mobilised the events, the badges, the protests. West Graham were the public figures. They were the ones that were like, you know, they were gonna be, you know, the money keepers or the gatekeepers of, of the any finances race raised to try and you know, to try and, you know, buy the ground back as
1: it were, you know. Fifteenth of April. Noel Larkin scored with a late effort at Showgrounds to finally settle the issue between Shamrock Rovers and Slugger Rovers as the team met for a tour time in the FA I Cup semi final. Was this a case of something similar with you with these games close together where you got you went the four in a row, didn't you, the limerick? Was it the Limerick? Remember you were talking about that one before? Ah yeah. Jim,
4: you well we we played reserve game a few days before. how m- This was the Wednesday it. after this yeah. was the Wednesday, Wednesday after
3: the last game at Miltown.
1: Yeah.
5: Right.
3: This was a noise because we were down, yeah. I said last I was supposed to do my mock match exam leaving. Yeah. I didn't go, that was, the, that was the day they <laughs> were there. Yeah. I was seeing on the telly celebrating. It was one of oh, the best goals well, I've ever seen. Robert score, it was, it was,
4: it was a, a beautiful goal, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He went back, yeah, and, and We were and behind the goal, yeah, yeah. We were behind the goal. There was no shed or
3: there's no, we used to all be behind the
4: goal. So, where
1: we are now, you are directly to the left, yeah. To the left, there used to be a shed
3: there for the sligo farms. We were
4: at the post, weren't we? But he headed it in with a great hand, he had to go back for a little bit. 26th of April,
1: Rovers and Dundalk made the FAI Cup final the border side had already beaten the Hoops in the League Cup final on the 4th of January and were the only team to defeat the Milltown side throughout the league campaign the Hoops proved their superiority on the day and they outclassed Dundalk 3-0 to achieve a unique treble-double
2: and off-air Jim brought this up to me the FAI Cup programme for this day uh, something extraordinary was listed in this programme what was it Jim?
4: Ah, yeah, the the programme for the final. Now, you must remember, this is still April 1987. We're still playing at Milltown, like, 50 and all that, so, like... But in the programme, they, they listed... Donnie Butler, that nice man from the FAI, was the commercial manager, and he, he was responsible for, for the, the programme. And he had listed in the programme our home ground as Talca Park. Already? And that was in April 1987. And a lot of the Robbers fans tore up their programmes on the scene and they that threw them on the terraces. Sort of. And it was it? highly insensitive. It was. It, it, it was, was. That just shows, it, shows how was. much pull
3: Louis had with the FEI. You know, yeah, that's yeah, what they yeah. went. The FEI did not try and help us. Mm-hmm. Now they try and save us. They saved Daily Mount, They saved you know it Park over the years. They didn't do a job because Louis had them all influenced, and he knew they were going to make so much money. That's Louis. what I was going to
1: say. You reckon? Obviously, there was uh, a few people getting he, be, palms greased. We're don't speak
3: about it down the down the line. He became president of the FEI shortly after what, yeah. he Midtown, what he did to Milltown, What he did to Sir football club. That's
1: something that we touched on before, didn't we? With the whole loss of Milltown on the documentary specials that we did do is that this fella who pretty much sold the biggest club down the river became the FAO the president of the president association in that country yeah. think about it yeah. it's, it's crazy so 18th of May two weeks of being launched at a press conference held at the mansion house Cram met the Kilcoins and made a formal offer of 300,000 the purchased Glen Malore Park from them, and this was rejected. That is a serious amount um, of cash. The
3: phrase they used was yes. "not exciting enough."
1: Not exciting enough. That, There's that, a T-shirt, that
3: isn't they it? Was not not exciting, exciting, exciting enough. Was, was their retort that bid? That'd not,
2: be a great bit of merchandise, wouldn't it? That's a picture, of, a picture of Glen Malore Park Park. We're about it. to go old school here, Gareth. The the opening of the cans. Remember this on fifties and twenties? Yeah. Oh, it's been yeah. a while. Here we go. I haven't heard that sound in a while on the, on the it's, show. As Big Deck
4: used to say, the sound of the football season he always called that. <laughs> you know, that. You don't know say that in the first away trip on the bus. You know? uh, Podcasts without cans is
2: And Jim sent me earlier on today, he sent me a newspaper clipping from the actual last game of Miltdown. This was a B-team game. Uh, I think Jim might want to call it the lineup. You had Robbie Horgan playing and you had John Toll who actually wore a Pat Byrne's jersey and gave it to us. Yes, we have we have that jersey so this was May 19th 1987 uh, was that a 1-0 win over Shelburne one, 1-1-0 yeah never
4: yeah. stayed on penalty he was fouled for the penalty and then he sh- you have the line up there yeah. it's written there I was up to me to open is it okay. I got through that Lloyd up it's an historic line up there you have to don't
0: you
4: yeah. were you there that though yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I was back to yeah.
2: it was a, a lovely then. evening I oh, yeah so, so another honour for Roberts 1-0 over Shelburne Shamrock Roberts added further honour to an excellent season when they won the League of Ireland Combination subsidiary cup yes, by beating Shelburne one yes. nil in the decider at Milldown last uh, last evening. The decisive goal arrived in the forty second minute when Neville Steedman was taken down inside the area and he gave Shelburne goalkeeper Tom Cabinet no chance with a well directed kick from the penalty spot. So the team was Horgan Toll Nolan Matthews. That's Adam Matthews, yeah. The, the Alan Matthews, Langford yeah. manager. Alan Matthews. Yeah. yeah. Um, them, yeah. Dunning. Coleman, Murphy, Glenn. that's that uh, Johnny Glenn. he yeah, got the, the
4: winner of the cup for <laughs> it. Johnny player. Glenn Galway. Yeah, 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 Johnny Glenn was always
2: here. Yeah. Uh, Kearney, Steedman, uh, Owen Monaghan. And the subs were Brendan Murphy, B. Murphy. I so, said so just two. You mentioned yeah. the Murphy
4: earlier. Was B. That, B. Murphy, and, Murphy and uh, Paul Dolan came on this game,
2: didn't he? Did he come on? Did he? Yeah. Hey, you are. That's an interesting lineup.
4: That was our lineup. Murphy was then. A. Murphy, so. Oh, it was Anto Morpheus, that was his name, wasn't Albert, it? Albert was. was Albert. Oh, Albert. Albert, Albert yeah. Morpheus. So I used to go to all the B teams at that time. and uh, you know. But I remember that, and I was, I, it's funny, just a little aside. And I, I remember after that game, it was a beautiful evening, we were leaving the ground and a little tear me <laughs> just, I admit that now, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Because I
3: looked at I said, this could be the last one, you know. Mm. That might have been the mass game at Milltown involving the Shamrock Grover team. I was, yeah. The, I was actually at a game after that. Yes, yeah, so I was final. Yeah. St John's College is my school. They actually won a cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, we won yeah, one yeah. nil. And sure we won A player actually, this was a bit. Yeah. Rovers related, Bar, uh, Barry O'Connor. He used to play yeah. for play for Rovers in the RDS. It comes, afterwards. Up, it comes up
2: later, yeah. Yeah, he
3: yeah. scored. He played like he scored a in a, game. Really yeah, yeah. In in a, a school's goal. game after the last game yeah. Rovers played. It was a charity game as
4: well, wasn't it? Jamie Richardson was involved in that. I don't know what it was about that was on I have the programme thing at oh no, home and so there was a women's game but, but the, yeah there, there was and then it just that was the end of it but it, I always think it should have been Shamrock Rovers should have really been in the last game they, they shouldn't have really had anything after that should yeah. have, shouldn't, but yeah. these schools yeah. games would have been I thought probably
3: arrange Yeah,
4: it didn't percent. bother me too much but yeah. it was slightly disrespectful yeah. Wasn't yeah. It, you know,
1: to, Mick Bourne Mick Bourne won the Soccer Writers Personality of the Year Award and he also won the PFAI Player of the Year for for the Premier Division, so was it deserved, Mick Warren? Was he excellent that year? Um, Type of striker that he was. What did he say? He was a centre forward with a bit of flair. I think he I got, he he got, got lot of, a
3: very important goals. So I mean, don't think he was Robert's player the year that year. Was Jody, no, Jodie was their player the year.
4: Jody won it that year and the, and the year after. Jody, Jody won it t- two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. But Mick, he didn't get the Rovers one.
3: The uh,
1: He got the official one. Uh, but,
4: but with so many good players... <laughs> How'd you pick the best one? It was very it was a very difficult decision. Look, it's the same now, isn't it? With yeah. the team now. Like so, but mm-hmm. I don't know, Mick, Mick deserved everything he got out rovers. And by the way, one of the nicest people ever to play for the club, I think, you know. Still a gentleman uh, around well today, yeah. An absolute gentleman. Yeah. I love So
1: Mick. at the Player of the Year Awards function held at Milltown, Paddy Cole was presented with the Hall of Fame award. Paddy who has been brought along to the function by former goalkeeper Eamon Sheila Darcy yeah. was truly surprised at the award and he had no idea that he had won it so I think that's what we should probably bring back into um, fruition let it, let it blossom again Prof the yeah. Hall of Fame it's, cool. it's a cool concept see the,
2: I can see the list on Wikipedia the Hall of Fame I think it's on there anyway yeah well don't we have we awarded anything, anybody in a long time we'll have to find a, a dormant corridor now in the North Stand to actually become the <laughs> Hall of <laughs> that, Fame
4: that, that was the only time we ever met Paddy Cold oh yeah and, and I'm not one for getting photos I see how it's yeah, you know, there's only two times I, I, I regretted not getting me photo taken or something. You know, I'm not into all that. What was that? I didn't get a photo tape with time and I, I didn't get. Well, I, I ran into Pat Jennings one time at the airport. I didn't either. Another hero of mine. So, but I always regret that. So, 1987, ah, yeah. 88
1: league position fourth. Trophies won the LFA. President's Cup runners up in the League Cup, so toward the of June, the death accord of ex Shamrock Rovers player Tommy O'Connor in Dublin. O'Connor, along with his hoops teammate Tommy Godman, was on the Republic of Ireland team to pull off a famous 29. victory against England at Goodison in forty nine. And despite the adverse publicity associated with Rovers' new tenure at Tolka Park and the threat of an all out boycott of the venue, there were primary Premier Dairy Groups were unveiled as the new mm. club sponsor.
2: Did you like those jerseys of the Premier Dairies ones?
1: The, well, no, nah, no,
4: nah, I didn't that's particularly, what we don't, but, but i tell you, always a funny side Remember, we, we were all going to boycott Premier Darius. do you yeah, remember that? Yeah. But then so, some the of the... Richard were, was walking to so Yeah, Peter, were, Peter, 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 Peter <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and some of the wrong <laughs> sons who were for prepared Premier <laughs> Darius pointed out to us that that's where they earned their living. So, so mm-hmm. we didn't, but we didn't. No. Remember, did you remember <laughs> that? That was very funny, yeah, Peter, of course, yeah. We break, were right away, away the reading, day, back down on that one, yeah. Yeah, I remember
2: that, yeah. Notable signings this season were Vinnie McCarthy from Waterford, Damien Byrne, whose stay was a short one, and Joe uh, Hanrahan, formerly UCD in Manchester United. We interviewed him last year. Mm-hmm. Martin Nugent and Paul Carlyle also signed last season. 11th of August, I think this is the game Jason was talking about a moment ago. Rovers beat Baddy Farmer United 3 0 in the second round of the Lancashire Senior Cup. Goals for Mick 2 and McNeville. The occasion marked the launch of the boycott by the supporters protesting against the move from Milltown. Although the game was played at Richmond Park, it was still a robber's home tie and attracted the ire of the angry supporters. Oh, we've heard from Jason that he tossed about that game, Jim, the Body I wasn't
3: at that game, by the way. I was walking down to Limerick, so I, was,
4: <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in Dublin that uh, way.
3: Yeah, 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 I spoke of the game, I just you mentioned the silence there. Like, and then they were good Vinnie McCarty Joe Hanra particularly they were good silence. Yeah. Damien Bowen was late in his career but he's a great centre of half of Pat just before that yeah. Damien was a great centre he the as well Damien big guy huge presence winning a great leader in, in the Dermot Keely mould so like, if he'd still have Milton, them kind of signings would have kicked on and just Martin Nugent there by the way he's the father of uh, current player Darren Nugent oh, oh I didn't know that yeah, oh, yeah. good stuff
1: oh, yeah. there we go stats from The Maloney fella So we're going to hear um, RTE Archival footage This episode Was broadcast On the third day Of August 87 And the reporter Is Nick Coffey March last And
6: Shamrock Rovers Celebrate four league wins In a row But within weeks
5: A shock announcement Shamrock Rovers Are pleased to announce That they have decided To play football At Talca Park From next season Both Home Farm and Shamrock Rovers have set themselves the objective of developing Talke Park into a modern, all-seated stadium worthy of soccer in Dublin in the 1990s.
6: This was an announcement that came quite literally out of the blue. You see, for many people, Shamrock Rovers is Irish soccer. A Dublin Southside institution with roots that go back into the past century, the very idea of Rovers ever leaving Milltown was never even contemplated by hardline supporters. Fifteen years ago, the club was acquired by the Kilcoyne family, the principals in the Dublin building firm Healy Homes. During that time, the Kilcoynes poured no little time, effort, and money into making Rovers once again the leading club in the country. But unfortunately, during that period, success on the field just wasn't matched by sufficient customers coming through the Torrance Stowers, hence the decision to move across the Liffey to Tolker Park and share with Home Farm. But a decision greeted immediately by angry and hostile reaction by Hardline Rover supporters. The following Sunday, a pitch invasion and protest at halftime in the Cup semi-final. Much of the fans' anger directed personally against Club Secretary Louis Campoyne. A message simple, stark and direct. We don't want to move from Milton. And within days, a more formal harnessing of the opposition with the formation of the and committee I'm not in the business of negotiating Cram. publicly funds were collected Rogers, and a campaign commenced. A concrete right, offer of £300,000 for here Shamrock Rovers was put as as together to and made coin. to the That was more than three months ago. Well, since then, little or nothing has really altered. The Cram offer of £300,000 for Rovers is still on the table, but really no significant talks between Cram and Rovers have taken place. But all the time, rumour and counter-rumour regarding the reasons of Rovers' move across the Liffey have surfaced from week to week. The most popular rumour. This was a move that could help pump cash into the Kilcoyne family business, Healy Homes. The rover's ground, Glenmalure Park, is situated in an upmarket residential part of South Dublin. Straddling the River Dodder, the area is dotted with luxury apartment and housing developments. And more importantly, is one of the few areas in Dublin where building is ticking over nicely. And this week, after months of speculation, finally the record was put straight. Milltown is to be sold for property development.
5: Ultimately the ground will be developed. Now the nature of that development remains unknown as of yet. Uh, We still have to complete our purchase of all our interests in the freehold. We then have to decide how to develop it, what kind of planning permission we should go for, uh, what kind of reception that will receive, and ultimately uh, uh, we shall dispose of our interest. You're going to sell it, sir? I would say we would sell it, we will not develop it ourselves.
6: For more than 60 years, the Jesuit fathers, Rovers' next door neighbours, have also been their ground landlords. Rovers have always paid just a nominal rent for their ground. So the Jesuits, with high overheads themselves, were very amenable to an offer from the Kilcoins to purchase the freehold. The deal was that the Kilcoins paid over an initial £15,000 to the Jesuits in July of last year. A further £15,000 was paid over to them last month with a balance of 130000 to be paid by the end of July 1988, making a grand total of £160,000 for the Milltown freehold. But this week the Jesuit fathers made no secret of the fact of their dismay at the Kilcoyne decision to sell off the grounds at Milltown for development purposes. Our reaction to the news of rovers leaving when it broke this spring was one of shock, uh, surprise and sadness. If, if you knew their intentions, you wouldn't have sold it to them. No, we would not. We would, have, uh, we, would we would not be in the present agreement. The pitch at Talka Park has never looked better. The most tangible evidence that rovers are in residence. But still, the accusation remains, this was a move made not for the good of football, but a financial killing.
5: Well, I think after 15 years to say we're in the business of making a killing out of a football club is a bit naive. I mean, 15 years of commitment and hard work will never be replaced, no matter what we get from Milltown. And as far as our commitment here goes, it's still as strong as ever. We've signed new players. uh, We're back in Europe. uh, We're training. We're... The team is getting ready for the season. All our staff, all our management have have accepted the move and and we're getting ready to go from here. So to say that we're in for financial killing I don't think uh, is fair to us and it it certainly would not redress the imbalance that now exists in terms of how much we've put into Shamrock Rovers in terms of money over the years. It's somewhere in between three-quarters of a million and a million pounds. It represents our stake in in Shamrock Rovers as of now. But you have been very secretive.
6: I mean, you've had big gates against clubs like Manchester United and Celtic in the recent past. You've sold a lot of players, seven players to continental and British teams. What's happened to this money? How much money have you made in these deals?
5: Well, the money that we have made in the last few years is not very great. When you take into account all our financial costs, when you take into account that the seven players we sold had to be replaced, when you take into account the expenses of being in Europe, uh, people feel that last year we made an awful lot of money and that that money has disappeared, but that is not so all the monies that we got last year went through the shamrock rovers bank account like all the monies that have gone through it over the last 15 years and the fact of the matter is that notwithstanding our our successes in the last four years we are still out of pocket a considerable sum of money and that imbalance has got to be addressed and has got to be solved it is true that we tend to keep things to ourselves and that we made this decision on a very on a very private basis but Running a football club is not a democratic exercise. It's, it's a question of trying to meet your commitments and your responsibilities. And that when you make a fundamental decision like this, you have to make it uh, in a very, very sure and decisive fashion. You cannot throw it out to the public because if you do so, there'll be so many people saying so many things that the net result would be indecision rather than decision. We're never gonna leave town, no, no, no.
6: We're never gonna leave town. Just the in the wings the people who might ultimately decide the outcome of this whole issue. The men of the supporters club. One of the better known fans, Derrick Morgan, has even put their protest to music. They plan to boycott and picket all talking Park matches.
0: End. Well,
2: I would hope too <coughs> that the CoCoins would eventually see sense in as, much as that um, if they're deprived of the money that goes to the Tone stars, they cannot continue on. I mean, they've already stated that they couldn't... Uh, run the club for the last <coughs> number of years that they were losing heavily and I mean if we can bring about a situation where
1: enough people boycott the games of Talca, well they'd even be in a worse position going from the north side, north side of Dublin if I talk a Park's here it's ground to me but I've always
4: gone
6: across the river to see the hoops, and uh, I'll never go to I'll never go to talk Park not a lot of people think we're enjoying all this there's no enjoyment of this for me like i 45 years going to Milltown, and the clients have just turned the heart. I already shall look over it. And then there's Crab, like a government in exile. They plan to complement the supporters' boycott by closing off any attempts to sell the Milltown ground. We will oppose, with every legitimate
4: means at our disposal, any planning application for the development of Milltown.
6: And we will look to people, like for instance, the Jesuits to oppose that. We will certainly exercise whatever po- political muscle we,
5: we can in this regard, and we have already made contact in this regard. The, the harsh reality is that uh, the po- political people haven't had much input about it because they're simply not interested in shamrock rovers and never have been. Now, there are one or two people who, who have said they're going to oppose this, but I think in the light of sanity and when we discuss the full implications and all the facts, that a different view will be taken about this. This is a very contentious application. It will come to the attention of the planning committee. And I can assure you they're going to meet a
6: lot of opposition from political level and from official level. What our planners will try to do is find a non-compensatable reason. And if they can, that's the end of that. That will be a technical reason for refusing uh, permission. Uh, Basically what we want to see is to ensure that no JCB moves into that pitch. The local people want it, the supporters want it. We want to preserve it as, number one, a football pitch and also a very important local amenity. Meanwhile across the Liffey come further twists of the scenario. First the news of Home Farm's declaration that they're open to offers for Talkia Park. And within the past 48 hours today tonight has been made aware of a Home Farm document that on the face of it would appear to be far from accommodating to Shamrock Grovers. Firstly what's proposed in the document is not a two-year lease at Talkia Park but rather a license to expire on May 31st next for a maximum of 25 games. Rovers to vacate Tolkien Park on match days by 6.30 and on evening kickoffs to be out of the grounds by 11 o'clock at night. Rovers not to use the Talke Park pitch for training and any alterations that they wish to conduct at Talke Park would first of all have to have the permission of Home Farm and then would become the property of Home Farm. When we contacted Brendan Menton of Home Farm, he confirmed that such a document existed, but that it was an internal Home Farm one. As far as he was concerned, Rovers would be playing at Tonka Park for the next two seasons. But the very fact that such a restrictive document has even been drafted would indicate considerable disquiet within the home farm club regarding the Rovers' link-up. Just another of the many imponderables of this entire story. The other ones, of course, being, will the Kilcoins get the planning permission that they hope to get in the face of undoubted opposition and sell the property here off for building purposes? And indeed, how in the face of current property prices in the area do they hope to get the million pounds plus for the Milltown grounds that they've hinted at? But one thing is certain. The saga of Shamrock Rovers and the future of the grounds here at Milltown is far from resolved. The muscle that matters most with the Kilcoines is depriving them of money
3: and that's what we have we have the ability to deprive them of money through the gates
4: i believe if they did have a financial problem in Milton, they will have a horrendous one in talker park and the day will come when they will just not be able to carry on we will remain in existence until such time as we at that stage can take over the, the
5: running of the club and return it to its rightful home in Milton. then the park will go as far as i can see for development in the future as to the nature of that development i don't know yet because it's down the road and we haven't made our decisions about it but you will sell it we will sell it we're
1: never gonna leave milltown no 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 we're never gonna leave milltown it's going to just a place where
5: they play football it's a part of dublin town And yeah, the pull those leaves to peter oil they even pull the pillar down
2: so, some familiar faces in that one, Gary. You have Jim Conroy being interviewed saying, I'll never go to Talca Park. You have, I think, Jason, are you in the background there as well? Yeah, you, have, there, yeah. the you have, on the hop again. You have <laughs> Fred <failed> and <of> Warren.
3: I'd like you to beside Elbett. <laughs> damn thing there That's
2: yeah you and robert goggins are sitting no, guy, actually. yeah no, i think guy. i spot and war in the background as well and um, the jesuits were inter- interviewed um during this and oh. he said that they were shocked surprised and saddened at the news and do you remember what ray wilson's star jack said the jesuits knew all about it didn't they? he said that he said that jack knocked into them when all was said and done Said, I know you have something to do with this. Yeah, they knew all about yeah. it, they were getting a good deal out of it. I, I guarantee you, yeah, the got Jesuits
1: got sound like some sort of uh, ancient tribal mm, It's, it's, yeah. it's hard cult, cult, really. cult, I, don't I, they?
3: I, I, I would tend to lean towards that, but they, where they do, but you could see just before that, we signed a 100 year, 101 year lease with have had me we? Milltown. Yeah, so it was a long term lease then. And then they, what they think they, <clears the, <clears the coin said was was a lump sum, was 150 or 200 that they, they paid them just to buy off the lease, and that was done without anybody else Now that was done behind. Mm. That that was obviously done before, a fair bit before the news about Milltown leaving. So it was all, the, the plan was there, you know, the, the, the steps had been taken in the background. Nobody was aware of that deal had been done. Like, why did the Jesuits release at the time we saw Milltown? Were they told to keep it quiet? You know, why wasn't it? Yeah. Them steps were made long before the sale of Milltown was announced, you know? Absolutely. Um,
2: yeah, it's what?
4: funny about that, yeah. The, the, the whole Milltown side... That's the hardest question to answer. Would you agree with me there, Yeah, know, talking yeah. The it's the all I've talked about over
1: the Is the role the Jesuits, hadn't
4: it? I, I lean slightly towards the Jesuits, you know.
0: So was how much would the Jesuits have <sighs> stood
1: to have earned out of this sale? Uh, what, was the, what was the overall total? Was of, they
3: only got, I think was it was 150 or 200 grand they pay for. Us? That was, so was, in today's money, we're
1: talking a million.
3: Yeah, well, that's what was right. Like. They bought it for 100 and they I sold think. the ground for 225. I'm not sure the amount, but that's just that was huge money somewhere. then. They sold sold for 225. Yeah, 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 that's about right. So yeah. that's the profit they made, and that was we're going back. 30 years, 30 what, 37 what years It 130, was 130, wasn't it? 37 yeah. years ago, yeah. boys. So imagine that money was meant in them days.
1: money talks, Jay,
3: more than anything. A point, a point in the white horse was 142 at that time. So mm-hmm. go back point to that <laughs> you know I'd
4: love to know the answer to that question. I think you were the same. We, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing that's ranked a bit all yeah, the just years. just you
3: don't But well, now the type of people that got coins where well, you can easily think they were duped. Like he was a charmer, like wasn't yeah, he? Yeah,
4: were duped. Like he was a charmer. You were on yeah. the committee with the sports clubs and all. Like we, we like used to come in and and we we charmed the boards out of the trees. See, that's why he was—he he, was—he was—he was, he was very good with. The, that's why the other a club supporter when he went for the presidency afterwards and all that. He, he was like, see, we seen through him, and we did even long before the Milton thing happened. the lady, definitely we, he knew from him. We, we never, yeah, we we never had a good relationship. with That makes with him, sense. You know, and that's why he could have done. He, he maybe he done to the jays like he, he charmed them, like he did a, a lot of the other clubs. I, I, we don't know, but we. It's, it's a very hard one to answer, isn't yeah. it? And we both agree on that. 28th
1: yeah. of August, the first game, or the first home game in uh, brackets uh, against in Talca Park against Athlone in the League Cup competition. So a paltry crowd passed through the <laughs> soils As the boycott of, of Talca became reality, gate receipts came to £511. So talk about a very, very touchy subject about the boycott. Do you remember this first ever boycott of Talca? Do you remember... Yeah, oh, I would do it, yeah. Did you were it, there right? on the picket. People walking boy, going into the game. How yeah, was that? It was people that you would know and talk to and call I friends. I think as
3: it went over, uh was it what's the word you'd use? It was, it was bitterness, but did it was it totally, totally evident at the start? I think it kinda of grew a, as the games went on. Like we're gonna speak obviously not probably we're gonna bring up individual games I suppose. But probably best you you coming out of individual. Well. The way most of these games went, we'd be there before the games you know, we put it, and then we all go, and then there's some kind of camaraderie in the place. Like I actually met Sandra on that plane. On, on, on the picket, on the picket. Well, that's one of the very romantic stories of all time. Yeah, ah. yeah, not, not even only a football match with a picket line and <laughs> and things like that. And it was great built up, and that's what you kind of had to resolve. Then really? I would think back, and I'll go back to an hour in a second when I set my Malloy's, roaring, roaring, crying the night that we qualified for the Europa League against Partizan Belgrade. You think back. The days like that, like we had go going out, and you've been there and you've seen all that, you know. So, there was a huge resolve build up on that picket line from people that got to know. I got to know, like, like Jack Wilson. We, we, like, even that year, you know, we go we go to the old game. we always still football, man, We go to see Pats for Friday night or Shelburne yes. or something, yeah. And you see Jack and all that, us all just go for a football thing. You see the same people, the Rovers fans. We boycott and the Rovers were when away, we'll be at the game if they're away when they're at home. We boycott the match and then go to a game on the Sunday right. in Dublin, you know. But there was a huge thing, and then. Just a little thing. That we'd all go to Fagans and the match would yeah. kick off. We go to Fagans for a few points while the game was on. No, we <laughs> had interest in the game. And then we come back and then they'd be coming out and we'd all stand outside. And it got to a bit like an older country. They never get physical? They'd, they'd never got physical, except with one individual, uh journalist, which we will talk about later on. But um there were falling outs. Jimmy fell out. Jimmy fell out with people that were closer, because Jimmy Fallon was long term yeah. than I was. Other people felt that went in. But coming out like they were coming, it was like mocking them. they were coming out because sat first few of the we'd be going one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. You'd be counting them, you know. And it was just so that's, that's the stage where I went, and it was big fallings out, which which had been resolved over the years. But that's the kind of way it was. Yeah. We were the we knew some of them for their, oh, their own reason were going in. Some of the oh, real Robbers fans, I'm, I'm, not going to go. Even Jack at the time, Jack Wilder said at the time that he, like, he loved Robbers that much, he was going to go. But you know, even though we, we had a race through like the major. For 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 cram and name Chrissy was the chairman for us, so we had to name some of the horses, and he named the horses. Had to go, with Jack down on the farm. Just a minute <laughs> now, Jack never went. Of course he did the It was just because you know people like that. But other people did go in, you know, and people tried to do and they thought they were volunteer. They were well volunteers, someone for the years to the club, and just thought they just couldn't follow follow them But we knew what the, you know what it meant to stand there. So what, what the ultimate aim was? Yeah. the ultimate aim was to keep the show running and, and it was the start
1: the and it was successful. In the end, you know, I'm going to... The whole thing, ultimately, is a horrific experience for any Rovers fan because you have to pick... It really was a civil war. You have to pick your side and you have to stick with it. So you have these fans coming out. You're on the picket. Would it be... Was it a case of you, you were saying, and counting them, one, two, three, like, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. you like Would it, would it get to that point later?
3: Yeah, there's no... very little stick came back, did it? They, they couldn't yeah, have heads were right, down. We we're, were accused of being intimidated We don't feel that It wasn't intimidating It wasn't intimidating It wasn't it was just that we do that I was just coming back out From it But like I, from my point of view As I said Jimmy you would know better We was close to people The people that I travelled with every week The people I stood on the terrace with every week nobody, None of them went Yeah, yeah. None of them went Not, Nobody close to me Went in There were people that were close to the club Went and other people Nobody that we knew On a regular basis Going to Milton, Or Home and Away And support the buses went Not one person I would have fallen out if you didn't, but that's what happened. People did fall out, and that was... That was the way it was, like you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember about it. You know, you're, you're, you're leaving very important thing about it. Remember,
4: we used to have the 50 side football matches across, across the road? The, road, yeah, yeah. the most. Oh,
3: we'd I mean, have had,
4: believe then you could play and then we used to Remember, it was like you'd see in them ones in the 1800s. You see them. You know the way you see cartoons. You see. you ever see, you see, you see uh, in, uh, in Japan? Japan they have the
1: kids, they have 200 kids playing against the starting 11 of oh, like, them. Um, <laughs> Kashima Anthers And <laughs> there be 11 of them
4: running around, so it'd be like that, wouldn't it? I'd be, I'd be more of a real over the score, but who's yeah, win yeah. in that match that it would be over the junior break, hoops though, the know? junior hoops have
1: been doing it <laughs> and uh, Pigo, remember the, the quote from Pico he goes delighted to get a goal against that lot <laughs> ah, <laughs> the junior yeah.
4: but, hoops I mean, there was a funny thing I'm, I should have mentioned it. I Jace was saying that we used to go to all the games in them days so all the other yeah. games but the day we actually heard the news of Intel that, that Friday do you remember where I was that night I was in about Park I was watching Bowles and Dundalk in, in, the, in, the, in the other Cup semi final the dock bet them and then we went back to the White Horse and I, I think we left there about six o'clock to follow up. The White morning. Horse was that the it famous it
1: was, early house?
4: Ah it was brilliant. It was, it was a lay house. More of a lay house Actually Smithfield is that my right? Smithfield? No! no the keys just before was there, was there a White House in
1: Smithfield? A White Horse there. in Smithfield? I'm thinking of something else maybe. Yeah,
4: oh, there's a pub up there that George and, all, and Martin Moore drinking all right up there but no no the, the White Horse is legendary you should do a special um, it must be the one it must it be the one I'm do, thinking of you should now, do a yeah. special uh, a White, Horse, White special Horse special yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam, 6th
1: of September too. the League Cup quarter-final meeting of Rovers and Bowes at Talca Park attracted hundreds rather than thousands through the turnstiles. and although the Hoop players were having to play in rather surreal circumstances they cruised to a 3-0 win and the score could have been even higher so, so. Bows by far um, the bigger part of the support present didn't put up much of a challenge now at this stage you'd expect the rivalry was pretty tough no, it, was, it was a heated rivalry at that stage balls and rovers well, hadn't, hadn't well, grown well, we'll into what it is we'll now we'll speak
3: about it the year after when we shared yeah. that, that'll, that'll tell that'll the tale, tale, okay, tale.
1: Thirteenth of September the league campaign began with a comfortable win away to Limerick City at Rathban as the Hoops recorded a 4-1, 4-1 win all four yeah. goals coming in the second That's half still well, uh, ceiling slates coming flying at you this time. Well, well,
4: I don't, I don't, I don't know. Was that the day they ran on horseback I'd love, I'd love to say it. I, I'd love to. know Rabanne was great. Used to look out for Rabanne. Rabanne had a big huge great. public,
3: big huge bar yeah. in the ground. Yeah. It was great in the ground. I no hassle. what's the name rooms.
1: of the pub that we'd go to beside the ground? Little yellow one, right beside the big church.
4: Ah, oh, James.
1: Um, in Marketsfield, it's no, right beside Marketsfield. There's a pub right there. Yeah, anyway,
4: yeah, I yeah. can't really remember. With yeah. But, yeah. but I remember at right. rap band there just a quick one on rap band I remember one day we're going to, going to do a way match and, and big Dex. That's an awful place. and an awful kibin as well. But it's one thing to have in that ground. They have a lovely bar, haven't they? Yeah. And a great <laughs> point. A great and bar. That's true. And next thing we arrived there, we went through the tour side We looked up. <laughs> fucking thing was Portel. Portel, yeah. Portel. Oh, <laughs> Portel. It was
1: God. Dex says, "Fuck that." He says, "This place."
4: That's what. Well, he was there. looking forward to all day yeah, you'd yeah, imagine it's yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. a locker room to look
1: forward to this year for Galway so yeah, one, one upside that, yeah. Yeah. 16th of September Rovers were expected to overcome the challenge of Cypriot side Ammonia Nicosia in the fourth round of the European Cup at Talker Park but instead suffered a humiliating one nil defeat scoreless draw in the second leg of the 20th of September so the hoops limp out of European football's most Jim, prestigious competition Jim at the fourth like. hurdle were they any use Jim, or were we poor well, Jimmy Jim, would have met the way that like, you, you travelled
4: yeah, I was at the I was at the way, like, yeah. It was uh Is
1: there many of
4: them? No, like Sipio football's it's approved an awful lot since then. It definitely. Like, has, yeah. I think a not the same as we would have beaten them, like, you know, remember I mean, we beat Apa Well a few years before now, yeah. but I think they were a better side than Apa Well now, but but I'm, I'm really I'm sure we would we would we would have beaten. Them. But well, over there How many travelled over? Very, it was it was a small enough
2: at the numbers. What well, what like Twenty torches. Cyber's like nineteen eighty seven. It's like a holiday resort. Same. I
3: was, well, Did
2: a lot of army went go. Oh yeah, and that we, we were in Larnaca. There was a lot
3: of army men always based. Oh yeah, should together.
4: should the lads want to go along the border and give and give and give, and give the?
0: Uh, was and, it on the snake? You're the
4: Turkish crowd. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And lads, come on now, don't do that. I, was, I said I was reading the papers the other day. There was a bloke doing that last week, and he was fucking shot yeah. dead. Yeah. One <laughs> shot, a <of> marksman took him out. I was <laughs> remember that, but. Yeah, over there, but we made it hell. Louis was over at that one. Louis was over at the game, but, but we, we kind of, we were with the players, we were in the dressing room with them before the match and all, and we and were giving them cr- 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 cram badges. and Really? All that. i felt the photos at home, and, and, and all that, and, the, and all the journalists were giving them cram badges. Oh, and Louis was getting interviewed. I remember, and he uh, he, he, he got away from wow. the interview because we had them. Uh, we made his life have had with to do with that. With a slip Louis would
1: Louis wouldn't get fought with a crown badge or
4: anything. Like that? No, 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 with the people with them. Yeah, you know, with, the, with the journalists yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. It was very That's funny. It, yeah. But but I'll uh, say is the crowd there was a huge crowd at that match because Cypriot teams at that time were very raved and they got through around in Europe. So oh. I, I, I don't I don't think I'm exaggerating. There's probably fifteen thousand it. At the, the home game already? The, I'd have to check that out, but there was a very big crowd, big crowd at that yeah. game, and
1: and were they were very welcoming towards Roberts fans did You have a good
4: trip. Ah, they were fine. Yeah, ah, that was no problem at all. Of course, well, if we had to beat them. I don't think about it. Would yeah. the same. no, but it was a, it was a good trip. Twenty second of by, September. By the way, just just on that one, on. just Con Hooland in, in the Evening Herald was brilliant, or in the Evening Press was brilliant on that one. He was saying he, he wrote about the Robert fans that went over, and and he, I always remember he said he says some people won't understand why these people wouldn't go to the home match. And then they travelled all that distance to your match. He says, I understand. <laughs> it's, it's a passion for football. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's people who know where D- to go. Don't be twiddled with a ridicule. I always remember yeah. that. It was brilliant. That was, yeah. He was
1: taking the piss out of fans who would boycott the home. Tom Hulam
4: was brilliant, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 was brilliant, he was, yeah, yeah. A great bloke.
1: Tom f- frequented uh, one of our favourite pool bag Street. Mulligans, we, we drank think? in the white horse as
3: well, though. Wasn't it Wasn't like We well. drank in the white horse as well, And oh, he always yeah. come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like The way the players talk nowadays. He's <laughs> like, like that. That's, <laughs> right. that's right. I know we love Carl. Don't we? a yeah. great, Carl. Twenty
1: uh, second of September, the league game against Shelbourne. Our talk of Park saw Rovers suffered a forced defeat of the domestic season, all time low of two hundred spectators. So this is up there with. John Bourne counting the 62 people yeah, yeah. in the other home game. Not quite as low as that, but... Yeah.
4: Did Robbie Gaffney score that night, don't he? So, I try, to, to let <laughs> you? i He was playing
1: shells, I think. 23rd of White September. Of <laughs> although it was rumoured that the Kilcoins would struggle to find the finance necessary to complete the purchase of Glenmalore Park from the Jesuits, the third and final payment of £130,000 was paid over to the dismay of the Hoops fans who feared that this might be the end. So... um bad news incoming 7th of October Michael O'Connor played his final game for the Hoops against St. Pat's in the Nancy Senior Club he left Rovers to join Dundalk where his brother Turlough was the manager 11th of October the Tempers flared outside the Kilcoyne Park As Rovers team arrived at the venue several hours late On account of their bus breaking down en route Louis Kilcoyne bore the brunt of the anger And the Gardaí were forced to intervene To prevent the situation getting out of control A shaken Louis said afterwards That he didn't know any of those who confronted him And that they weren't genuine Rovers fans can we talk? Can we talk on this? No names, no no names, no, no names. scandal. But no no face, no <laughs> case. No face, no case.
3: Actually, well, yeah, the bus was delayed, and we were down there at Crown Park, and uh, let's say uh, one. We'll, we'll, Rovers fan from the past. A little bit. Has a nickname like Brendan Grace or uh, actually we were all about kind of chasing He got off Louis got off the bus definitely and we all wait at the players and it was just everybody was just roiled up. I was at the height of the, the you know, the boycott. I remember out. that day. we all go to the we all go to the away games. Look the away support actually went up because no one was going to the home game, so I think our away our support actually increased. And I remember that they just got off the bus and Louis we got off the bus and it was just there was no segregation and they just Probably he was really in really the jungle. Head. He, got, he got to be shook up. Let's put it that way. He was shook all up. i remember with that
4: game is. Uh, I had a lot of drink taken I don't remember that much. All I, all I remember is that, that some 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 Welsh are a bit bold that
0: day. But they weren't as
4: bad as the media the <laughs> No, no, no there was no, no
3: physical. Done there done no. physical.
4: I could understand. <laughs> it was a c-
1: very couldn't catch up. The emotions were extremely high at the time mm-hmm. when you think about it. Yeah.
2: So, prof you you're up Yeah. 20th of October The League Cup Proved once again To be elusive for the Hoops And they lost 2-0 To Cork City In the final turns Cross before A crowd of 4,000 On the same day Dermot Keely Announced that The knee injury That had caused him So much trouble During the 1986-87 yeah. season Was responsible For his decision To call a halt To his playing days So Normally A four in a row Win a manager Retiring Would have got a lot Of fanfare But Absolutely. I presume He didn't get any From you guys At the time but that knee was the knee that cost us the game against Celtic. Yeah, you know? I
3: remember
4: there. that game. I think it was one day, wasn't it? We were beaten in, in the league, final by Cork City, which just kind was of. Awesome. But I remember I was on the way to Limerick that day to work. And I remember being on the train and I said, God, if we could stay in the train and be down to Cork. And but now we were, we, we we went into it. Was, yeah. Did any Roberts fans go down that day? I can't. I, can't, I, can't I don't. I can't think I can't just on the
1: Keely, the Keely thing as well. We're talking yeah. about um, that. Uh, the game. I I found that part fascinating about. The decision to have certain players back from the corner, and people saying to him, Why didn't you just take out Mordo or whatever? Whatever way we boy, But I, yes, he, I found it fascinating that he could remember yeah, that, that passage of play. And his mindset was to win the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He could remember that passage
3: of play. Mindset actually that links yeah, in well where he, he used to right? phrase we battered him we, we, we absolutely battered him he did yeah. the, just Them Gary, that, was that links in is... with what
4: we were saying about his mindset earlier I think it is very yeah. well but that, that's a He's goal relentless in that's what that's a, he wanted to do he told Neville to go up but I'll never because I had such a good view of that goal I know we mentioned it in, in the previous one we did but I was standing in such a position where I could see the thing from a mile I was like, you knew oh, what was happening what are we doing we've only won if, 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 if Santa clear this we're gone here, you yeah. know, and that's what happened. I was a nightmare, ago, was mm-hmm. terrible. I just, you know, I
1: just think Healy was brilliant in that interview talking about like he was really descriptive. Yeah. It was, it's still fresh in his mind. Yeah. Remember, it like it was yeah. yesterday. It was a bad
4: decision, but for the right reasons, as yeah. he said, or yeah. something like that. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. The player. Same,
2: wasn't the player said that John Joyce was the exact same, like he they, they come off at half time and Joyce you were like, Oh, do you remember twenty minutes ago when you took a in, and then he tackled here and he did this, just remember every yeah. single oh, detail? Yeah, yeah man.
1: Everything. So twenty sixth yeah. of October, whenever and wherever they play, Derry City brought thousands of their fans with them and this was one fixture that the Cash Strap Kilcoins had hoped would boost our coffers considerably. They wanna talk about this actually in a few minutes. So however, the boycott proven effective amongst the general hoop support in the game listed for a day, which was a public holiday in the south mm. but not in the north. The attendance was restricted to just over 2,000 Rovers one two one. Debutant Joe Hanrahan getting the first goal of oh, 78 yeah. minutes. So tell me about the Derry City support back then. Was it as. Absolutely
3: huge. Mm. They'd bring like 8 8,000 to do Remember you played Shelburne when it was under 7 8,000. Every club was. long. For the, regular been, games. Regular games. Long, Longford for in the fourth division that year as well. They bought 8 or 9. Longford wasn't that far of a trek for them. And, but see, the other clubs started to rip them off. It was, a, it was a quid or 150 in. The other clubs started charging two quid. They started right, to get yeah. a, They oh. they'd, they'd have a programme for 50 pence, then they charge a pound for the programme. You know, the daily fans start getting pissed off for it. Yeah. But even that game, that, I don't think a coins printed many programmes that year. Right. Uh, because of the boycott. I think they put the programme that day, didn't oh, they, the their, dairy match, yeah. they? Because they knew a lot of oh, Derry fans yeah. would travel. So, how many Derry ones...
1: fans would travel now for a regular run of the mill, four in a row, let's say between 83 and 87, mm. Derry travel? Well, they were run, well, only in 87, weren't they? They, 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 went, tra- went in the, they went in the Premier League. So, was the, that's why yeah. they were the, it was but the Phoenix, the, really, rising up. Yeah, but they had
3: 8,000. Like, remember some games with Alice? Alice, Alice not remember on the I you did, Jason. Do you remember we sent a delegation up to Derry? We
4: to meet, to and meet the Daniel yeah. City fans. Yeah. Yeah. tick went and I remember and Jimmy, Jimmy King. Yeah, I forget the exact names of the people. They went up and they said, please don't. And <laughs> it was effective that because the, the coins lost heavily on that one. It was a yeah. good move by Cram, wasn't it? Yeah, me? yeah. I always remember that. It was a good yeah. decision. There.
2: This one, not in Robert's book, but a significant moment in Irish football. 11th of November, 1987. Ireland qualify for Euro 88. Courtesy of... Courtesy of Scotland surprise one nil win in Bulgaria. The first time we ever reached an international tournament, so this was this was a massive deal at the time that.
4: Yeah, I used to go to the internationals up to 1991. Same as me. Uh, yeah. I used to go underage, yeah. everything. I used to go in every single yeah. game. So I was pretty into the international uh, scene and all that. But I say that's for another podcast going into all that. Yeah. But, but yeah. I remember that day. Well, yeah, I took a half day to watch it. Because I think well, Ireland. RT play, show the RT show to Yeah, I think Ireland yeah. played Israel the night before or something. Israel. Was yeah. I, and
3: we won five, five, so and we were all going for. Yeah. Nah, but there's no way that we're going to play. boy here Nobody went behind the iron corner in those days. Nobody, no team went to Bulgaria or Hungary won away. It just didn't happen. But Ireland had a history with Bulgaria too. Had
4: we, we, some very dodgy decisions in games before yeah. that. I used to be well, in, I say, I used to be well, in but that day they won one hill. Oh, I remember Scotts
2: were out of the group, and yeah, McCoy yeah. scored well, for McCoy. And a, a three
3: minutes yeah. ago. we scored, wasn't And my mom said, was in
4: having a cup of tea with the knave, a couple of names, so, and I said, I'm off to Germany. <laughs> and I, I did, I went to Germany. <laughs> Who was year. McCoy yeah. playing for at the uh, time? Hearts,
3: Hertz, Hertz. Yes, a a Hearts legend. Yeah. I remember just watching that game. My brother was only well, I couldn't believe, but it was only two or three. Imagine the house, and I was and I was 27, I just grabbed them, jumped We qualified, we qualified. Like you know, I never taught me later. Yeah. You're ten years old, but I never taught me. life taught me to. Say, right. I'll never forget. Oh, sorry, you are not qualified for the.
2: Never you know, Jack Charlton was told by a journalist that we had qualified. Someone rang him and said, yeah. like, <laughs> "Why, why, why, yeah, why you were you a toss Because he was like he was behind. It was like um, like the COVID title when we were all in our
1: houses. <laughs> oh, Jerry! Yeah, and yeah, yeah. from a different <laughs> yeah. place yeah. Balls got beat, didn't it? That's what we wanted. The balls got beaten, that not Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, uh, a few a few hoops had, not, so, so, didn't, weren't supposed to turn up but uh, loads oh, yeah. of hoops ended up in my house during quarantine
2: all face masks of course 12th uh, 12, yeah, 12, 12 12 November. 12 November the President's Cup came to Rovers once again sounds familiar when this time the hoops denied them dock the honour in their own backyard took a penalty shootout though to settle the issue at Oriel Park so 18th of November Ireland made up exclusively of the League of Ireland players beat a much fancied French side 3-0 in the Olympic qualifiers at Daily Park. Seven of the starting eleven were provided by Shamrock Rovers, these being Mick Neville, Pat Byrne, Harry Kenny, Joe Hanrahan, Noel Larkin, Kevin Brady and Peter Eccles, the injured Paul Dillon washed from the stand. So that's that's an impressive win at the time. The Irish side beat France 3-0. That was a, that was a great campaign,
3: wasn't it? Uh, we we played, played Hungary at Miltown, we uh, played Spain at all. The games. A great, great, great
4: they were just brilliant games. Actually, the best... We lost 2-1 to Hungary. That, that was a... That was a mid-term. mid yeah. And then the 2-0. Two 2-0 two was Spain. 2-0 That was a tall game, and, and that yeah. night, the 3-0. They were great games,
3: weren't yeah. they? They really were. Of course, they primarily made it mm, with has mm, made it better for us, but mm, it still, it was just...
4: By the way, there's no harm here. So I remember mean, Barry Keough, I think, was in the team. That's right, Barry Keough. Totally Barry Keough. And Alan would have been keeper, wouldn't he? Yeah, but, would he but, but Barry was a player we would have loved to get. It was terrible sad
2: 29th November, if ever any evidence was needed that the fans were not backing the club at Tolka Park, the gate receipts for the game against Limerick City provided this. The total gate receipts came to £556. Four turnstiles were open, one took just £54. Apart from ongoing costs for rent for Tolka, players' wages and other day-to-day items, the match expenses for the game against Limerick came to £96.60 this was made up of stylesman 15 pounds stewards 20 supervisor 10 <laughs> referee and linesman 20 police 1160 sometimes the gate receives for more other times less couple of examples 1244 pounds against bray or against balls in december 87 595 pounds against bray 88 320 pounds against sligo 88 565 against Galway ADA. Perhaps not quite what the coins had expected when they hashed their plan to move the club to Talka Park, the stadium of the future. So give the fans marks.
1: and the listeners a little bit of context here. How much was it into the ground? I just can't remember at
4: that time. That would have been a teller. What yeah, much, I? Geez, I, ah, I can't remember But
1: even it was it was four pounds anyway. Up. It wasn't. But d- I'd go as far
4: as saying I think the I think the yeah. fellas on the pick along we spend more on the local pubs than yeah. than they were getting at the gate. You know. So you said it was one forty-two a pint in the white, horse.
1: the white Horse. Yeah. So I'd imagine if that was the case, it'd be about maybe five or ten to get into the ground. If you're going by today's comparisons with a yeah. point being seven and 20, Before, yeah, 15, yeah, 20 yeah, quid of three, to get in, three times the price for point yeah. to get to ground out yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, If you want to work it like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, when you look out. at it like that, it, it sums it up with 500 And they are very old. small crowds, aren't right,
3: they? Yeah. And I wonder, do you reckon a lot of fans went to the starts? Or the point they were going to go, and then just got fed up with the whole experience and didn't go. Yes, so it, up, it did off, fall off. So you had you had
1: boycott breakers. You could say um, going initially, and then re- thinking, um, Do you know what, we're we're on the wrong side there.
4: Yeah, but it's only about the people that went in, and I came to the conclusion fairly quickly after the whole. Thing. They were brave. A lot of them, weren't they? Like they're doing what they thought was right, and it's it's like. Well, we, I know we were with the 95%, the percent. but it did take a bit, didn't it? It did, and I, I respect when them you, for when that. When you say well, they did that what they
2: thought were right, where they're not just, they wanted to see a football match mm. and they weren't too caught up in what was happening. Yeah, a similar way to Keely talk. Maybe the were fans that the same way are thinking. I don't know if i call them brave, it's just they wanted to see We've a football match.
4: No, 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 moral bravery and stuff. So, no, it did, it took, it, no, come on, I wouldn't have fancy going into a football match with all... With me outside giving out, you know, are you giving, giving out? Yeah. Jason, you
0: know, yeah. Like, yeah. No, you have
4: to look at it from their point of view too. Just think how balance, isn't it? Sure, a lot, a lot of them people that went in, they, they've been very good friends of mine, <laughs> mm.
2: and but still well, we
4: never mentioned it. After well,
2: Jay was point, saying he's we weren't know. intimidating. So if he's were intimidating, then it was brave.
1: Yeah, but I
0: think
1: but the snag, it wasn't was, like, was
4: intimidating. No, was not,
3: not, 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 not physically intimidating. Like no, it's, you it was. You know, what what's that it was it even? Let's take a look. We've done
4: a kind of when well. he
3: shouted like scabs, scabs scab, scab. gone. Did that even? And it ah, was that. What's that? What's the
4: Pack was. But not that much. But but that the accountant. One, two, three. Yeah, that, that was, was that, that, that. was, was good, that was. Wasn't it? That was mocking
3: them more than yeah, you. And, and as you said,
4: yeah. they, like, they used to come out with their yeah the heads down, down walking out with like It was such a weird time, wasn't it?
2: The twenty eighth of December, prof we are finally reaching the end of 1987. Yeah. It's, only it's Christmas take, time. It's only taken us two years. <laughs> <laughs> 28th of December. The year ended on a dim note for robbers who were beaten 3-2 by Galway United at Terryland Park. The defeat at the Hoops in an unaccustomed fourth place behind the dock, bows and pats and that's where we ended up finishing fourth. So, New Year, 1988, 3rd of January. A big crowd watched robbers and the dock draw one all, Oriole Park. The result left the Hoops in 4th place, trailing 1st place Dundalk by 6 points. Now you can jump in, as if, in any comments lads. 8th of January. On the same night that dermot team crushed Bray Wanderers 7-1 at Target Park, the draw for the 4th round, that's the 1st round proper, of the FEI Cup, resulted in a home tie for the Hoops against UCD.
4: A nice easy draw.
2: Yeah, yeah no problems with this one. The cottage side were placed 2nd last in the 1st division table and given the manner in which the hoops trash wanderers they immediately became favourites to win the cup again Mick Burns scored a hat trick when, when Robbers hammered Bray 7-1 although the results were not as consistent as in the previous four seasons the hoops were still within a realistic chance of retaining the title for a fifth time so 21st of January the hopes held by the coins that the boycott at Talca would have lost momentum and that the team would be leading the race for a new record of five league titles are proven unfounded and the measure of just how much the boycott had hit the club's finances was seen in the release of midfielder Vinnie McCarthy back to Waterford just months after he had signed the hoops from the Southern club.
1: So, just let's paint the picture for the fans. This is we are in Talca Park. The boycott is going on. What is currently happening on Milltown? How quickly did they go in and tear the place down? Oh
3: see, it took a while oh, for a them to, to get planned permission. I had to go through a So the ground is deteriorating. So it's month just sitting idle. Sitting there, the, the weeds are grown, the stands are becoming, they're, obviously they're only coming, they not being tended, not being treated, yeah. they're not being cleaned. So I was just coming on there. So it took a bit later, than before, yeah. the, you know, there was yeah. pro- we we'll probably speak about that yeah, the, as we the line, but time was just lying idle at that time. There was no building, there was no, they were look, going look, through look, it, it didn't go for sale on October 88. It October actually, 88, okay. It, did, so it didn't actually go for sale.
4: They, they, Jason said, they, they just let the ground rot, you know, didn't they? And, yeah. and they, and they, we I mean, come to it later. Like they, they sawed out the barriers, and all. I remember that, and it was awful yeah. stuff, you know. But uh, Fifth of that's right. the so that's right. So the
1: Dublin Derby it. game against Rovers' traditional rings End rivals mm-hmm. Shelbourne attracted a miserable four hundred souls through the Tornstones at Tulka the Park. So amongst those in attendance was the Nottingham Forest boss Ronnie Fenton, who was rumoured to be interested in signing up Mick Neville. Louis Kilcoyne issued a statement from the media the next day, saying that Neville would go mm. only at the right price.
2: He was assistant to Brian Clough.
1: Brian Clough so 11th February UCD the 1st division so he scored a shock Ooh, scored a shock 2-0 win against Rovers in the 1st round of the FAI Cup there were more Rovers fans outside the ground than UCD fans inside and a cheer from outside the Richmond row and the final whistle was the biggest of the night so tell me you remember this? Yeah the, the UCD game was probably
3: the 1st game where we actually cheered the result where Rovers were beating Ah yeah, we, we were no out so we jumping around. We were delighted. I think they like they were second. It was supposed to be doing the three doubles the year before that. And the cakewings and the propagandists in the media, like um, Mr. Dunphy, were trying to say everything was status quo. It was still going mm. along. They were like Tolkien was kind of working out, and this team was. But, that, but so that was like, the night we had them. We knew we had yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. That was probably we the total points. We had them. Like they were yeah. second button. Of the fourth division, I think said And they beat us. They beat us 2 and really beat like and they were cheering outside and the I think with did the players staying for a while after I think they won't even think the players had their own thing. But that was the game where think was at the match, right? Now Dunphy you have to remember was the one Frantical Coyne's the biggest propagandist. He was the one that was saying all this you know it'll come down the line Jimmy had an article he wrote later in the year when we, when we had new owners coming in trying to try and buy the club right. to try to discredit them stuff like that but he was trying to make the status even when UCD beat us right, he wrote an article the Sunday independent was his, was his um, that was his go-to every week he had an article in the Sunday independent that this don't worry about that result. this UCD team is the team of the future they come and beat Shamrock <laughs> they got hammered in the next round by Longford at <laughs> home, the, <laughs> home in the next round Do you know what I mean but Duffy, see that guy, Duffy's the guy tonight. Like, you know, we talking about intimidation, but because of Duffy, was the hate figure, right? The real mm. hate figure. But well, like for Duffy, like,
4: AC Milan were the best team in Europe around yeah, that time, weren't
3: they? Like, but and for Town we got to challenge yeah, the challenge the world. But no, then he came, so out, he came out, he came out and got like, Duffy, and people's emotions were fucking holy. Like, Duffy came out and it was like... Yeah. He had to be a scot by Copper. And even he about three or four coppers. people were just going. and he was... So that
1: explains it. I used to always wonder why you hated it so much, so I think it kind of clears <laughs> it up now. But I want to ask you about... Um, don't forget that there's people you were you were talking about cheering that night they were always when they were cup after a long, illustrious history with it. There's people who well, we didn't go to the boycott, and there's people who said, Right, Rovers are more than a club. I'm going to walk past that boycott and follow my club no matter what. And this conversation broke out with Dunster and James Cook, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Two opposite sides of the boycott. So, uh, what would you say to someone who ultimately said, Well, you're a disgrace because you cheered when we lost. You should follow your team no matter what? It's about the head names, isn't it? Like,
3: like David, the
4: They just say, Just
3: be me, theirs. That's yeah. the way it was at the time, really, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Do, you want to, do, you want, do you want to support a team who are making absolutely multi multimedia or do you want to try and force them out of the club mm-hmm. and get the club back in their control against? See,
4: yeah, Basically, with that time, too. You know what, Dunphy? Dunphy was the leader of the press tribe. I, I think if it happened nowadays with the press set up, I know it's not ideal. I think there would be more diversity, or more, I hate that word by the way, but more a mixture of opinions and stuff. But the, the media were totally out of tune with us. Yeah. Like, for example, on, on the morning of the Sligo game, the boycott, remember the sorry, the day we went in the pitch. Protest, yes. Michael Carver had a thing in the in the in the Irish press. And he I don't even mean anything bad by it, but he was saying that uh Rose was all this was all this crap about looking back at the past and all that. So, but that they might have an end of season games a farewell to Milltown and they might bring over uh, one of the top English teams to to, 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 to yeah guy totally all ill, all wasn't he? Yeah. And, like, and a few hours later, we were, like the press were out in the pitch protesting. Yeah. They had no... They, they had no, no, no idea
3: of fan culture or see Nowadays, no. I think the media... Let's give them and the a jam. little bit better. In the media, I think it's because like, Dan yeah. McDonald is a good, great Jordan yeah. Dog fan. We've Paul O'Hare, Mark McCadden, yeah. Rovers Loyalties. We've got Neil O'Rean, Aidan Fitzmaurice, both awesome. fans. These are fan, football fans, they're journalists now, but they mm. couldn't understand the fan culture and fans' reasons and fans' emotions. Whereas the guys back there the the time they didn't. They weren't really football fans. That's, that's well, here we got there. Like, we, like yeah. I don't feel start later. But
4: Peter, they had
2: never seen anything like this before. Was this mm. how unique was this? But all
4: that was the stage. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Charlie Stewart, Peter Bourne, Noel Dung, All these people. Remember yeah, you Alan, like Alan Dalton that. claimed he was written in, in in the soccer magazine.
3: Remember the soccer yeah. magazine? But these people. But, we, but we, the, point, we, the point the, you know, the point I was to really make that they'd never seen Antler like, as a uh, fans. A fans movement as it was, which started at the protest, which continued to the boycott, which continued to a crowd. They'd they probably had never seen that like that in, in the
2: world. Well, they before. were
4: football fans themselves. They and should they have never, recognised what we and were they've doing. They've
2: never seen an institution like Milltown be solved before. Yeah, but they just went down with playing on stress, all this
4: nostalgia stuff, it was a pain, wasn't it? The Drove was mad and then after a few weeks there was, they, they said one of them actually said he says, Aren't they amazing that that, that the boycott's gone on for two months? We would have stayed there for ten years. Yeah. It didn't matter. They didn't understand what we were about should they didn't Jason, oh, you not, know, bro. and there's no doubt about that but but it, it was shameful the way the um, see there was a click there with all the journalists wasn't it you remember we used to go to away matches so we used to see them sometimes and, 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 and should sh- sh- they be in the bar drinking and I think one of them would quit and watch the game and they'd all write the
3: same thing the following day but but that, but that's, but that was the extent yeah, of it wasn't yeah, it, yeah, yeah, know, know, it, was, it was, yeah. the whole thing was a bit of a well, joke. but, but Dumfy was
4: far the worse and obviously his relationship but, with Glacoyans but, but relate he was related to coins and all that and we always wondered what, like, he was definitely was he was our mouthpiece, and some of the stuff he wrote was, was, was absolutely dreadful, really. Like he called us like we were but called um, thugs and all
3: like, he, he discredited the, the cramp campaign. Like, the start Even before the
4: campaign kind of started, he was calling
2: us Togs really. You know, like, you know, part of the course Uh, yeah. 29th of February, McBurn bade farewell to his hoobs colleagues as he headed off to join his new club Den Haag in Holland. Burn's goals scoring exploit of the hoobs had attracted interest from the UK and abroad, but he ended up coming back. Three times, is not he? But he actually, mm. actually played in the first game at uh, Talka, DailyMount, and RDS. Mm. So even though he left twice, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. played in all these first games I didn't, at I the stadium. you mentioned that recently. Yeah. You know, so this is something Jason, uh, the two years wanted to bring up. You, you said you got followers of this. This is when you found all the mementos and all sorts of uh, paperwork thrown in a skip. Outside Milltown, so tell and us about this day. We
3: weren't even thrown as a skip, they're just no, they're skewed peasy. everywhere, outside see. the ground, behind hedges, on the terraces, behind the golds, outside the dressing room, outside the hoops club. It was just just stuff discarded everywhere. Like we would have had a probably we would have several protests of vigils outside Milltown to, to highlight the case, you know, and try and get on, like a, a part of the cram the cram vehicle and the, and the cram machine. I mean we'd, we'd go into the ground, yeah, you know, and one that day it was probably the first time we actually went into the ground, did we? And we went in Yes yeah, you all once you climbed over the
4: wall, Because remember? remember the Christmas trees thing you had before and you had to you had the thing they were selling cars from it. they had no respect right. for the place and, uh, no, so we went too keen on that. So first of all we used to have to climb over the wall and i know i was only 27 years of age then but it wasn't the future th- but we used to have a turnstile that we could get in remember do you remember oh, that yeah. we had a turnstile we used to leave and we, we could just go in and, <laughs> and no one knew about it. we'd just go in any time we wanted secret turnstile yeah. yeah we had we used to go in <laughs> I mean, click we, we, we click at the, the wheel yeah we just go right in. In. we used to go to yeah. the
3: ground and but we used to we used to pick up stuff, like, that were, day we walked in, like you said, there's something we found with the trophy when we go to right the Z R the rails and it goes good. Oh, Switch, but you you found it And it? then. There's yeah. pennants down that you had And then I remember walking around I so, so the tickets with a dressing room were outside the hoops club and I was just big outf like remember the old days like, to printings things like wages and it was just a whole ream and ream of paper and I was going through it. And it was months and months of the players' wages. Yeah, all true. the players stuff was there what the players were oh, on every week like, oh. and, and I remember I was done half by God because you can see Johnny Bourne at the top there Johnny Bourne started out the first of the team and what they were on every one it was all just thrown there and that was stuff no. on the parents seems th- like that was purposely done there was parents probably for me, me playing I was sure we
4: done that day too which is very good We see in them days you hadn't got the phones you can take 100 photos
3: and couple of
4: minutes, yeah. It's probably it's actually had a camera with me that day. And I, 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 I think Carl has copies We took loads of photos that day, and I uh, remember, but, uh,
3: but imagine uh, those nowadays you put in your phone, you have it, yeah, yeah. In yeah. It'd be on Twitter, and you said, Look yeah. at what these bars just did. They threw the cup away, you know. I knew that and you we
4: just photos of the pennants on the ground, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, remember, we found them because they burned a lot of the stuff. So was there was there an east padded there, These, think, yeah. Gee, the OGC Nice pen it was yeah, beautiful I remember that one but that was behind me bed for, for 21 years that's how yeah. I say it for. <laughs> <laughs> I had it on the wall <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> we're all coming in <laughs> but it was behind and there was one mm-hmm. against Rhea Betis in 74 Academica in 78 <laughs> and then the, the lovely um, oh, the, the trophy which the club have all them back mm. the one against Real Zaragoza in 1964 do you know what it's yeah. things, yeah. it's it stinks though it was terrible obviously
1: these foils that you found we Jay all these things were in cabinets and they were in so it was a case of they literally just dumped everything on the ground I'm just yeah. probably just shook probably out all them the cabinets, all, cabinets got a couple of quid and the got cameras. a few quid yeah. Yeah. On, a, on a bulk on a bulk just, of just a yeah. a good,
3: the footage yeah. was sold to you know the a Gaelic ground in um, Kinnigat, yeah, Westmeath. the no footage right. was sold there yeah and they sold. Remember the, the PA system
4: and
1: all. If, if they, if they,
3: and the shed, the shed went right, to the, the shed as well. They sold the shed. You know the but, shed well. but we wanted the. <laughs> we were we were looking for
4: like the floodlights and all. They went to one of the rugby clubs or something. But the fans paid for all that and paid for the. Remember yeah, the, 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 the PA, PA system the, yeah. and all that. But uh, I know, no, that was all gone. But they destroyed the ground. They cut all the barriers. Remember, they, all the barriers were <laughs> on the ground. And I'm just glad we we took photos that
3: day because uh, and uh, you know the stuff on the ground that was terrible, wasn't it? You know. But we. I just showed that, that was the, that was the one I just showed you the disregard he had for Shamrock Rovers football club. They were not interested at all. They probably, I'll only put money in the club they said and they, they took the club over, probably hoping to make money out of it the long run. When they brought Joel, we were are looking at this back, when they brought Joel's in and Joel's wanted to go for, we'll be playing in the European Cup, we'll win games at that level and that. When you just think about it at the end, they realised that was a Morgan and they just, they sold the Milltown. That just showed you the whole disregard he had for the football club and the fans. Yeah, The way they treated You know, that was like, have any one, well, any one, you know, photographs, you could say, if you could, if you could reproduce that photograph now, what it look like. Because remember, there was a, there was a little barrel, there was a small barrel of used to come to set, somewhere at
4: the back of the stand. Yeah. And up there, the patrons used to use them. I was in there a few times, you know. They used to let us see it sometimes, you know. But these used <laughs> these have loads of photos of all the old teams and all and around. Just beautiful photographs. And they were all they were all born I believe Like we, born we, we were like, they, they, they got a skipping or something we never rescued any of that you know because it wasn't there for us to
1: rescue you know it was, yeah. we it all was it shameful was, wasn't right, it so 20th of March all... Prof. Yep. Pats under Brian Kerr they were enjoying their best season in decades and inflicted a mortal wound on the hoops a <laughs> 2-0 yeah. win Richmond Park 8th of April Rovers finished the season with a 2-0 win at Holt Cork City had they secured back to back wins against both Pats and Dundalk as the title race was coming to a close they would have guaranteed themselves a playoff against Boas for the Premier Division so as events turned out Dundalk and St Pats drew one all in what proved to be a title decider at Oriel Park, Park. Shut up. and the Lily Whites captured the title no. as a result there can't be any doubt having come so close the Hoops would have won an astonishing 5th yeah. title in a row had they played at Glamour Park that season instead the season finished with so many unanswered questions Glenmalore Park was a neglected sight and the very existence of the club looked to be in jeopardy so very very testing times to be a hoop
2: and the 8th of April Dermot Katie resigned as manager of Shamrock Growers immediately after the final home game against Cork City so I presume that they were pretty happy about that
4: we were tubeless
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah that's being honest yeah. it just shows you Just yeah. uh, that. Never, again that didn't resonate with me at the time the fact that he used read it out to me and that just yeah. that happened straight after the final game that couldn't, he knew he knew the game was up even you know remember in yeah, the White Horser so we,
4: we got the word the, the place was rocking about <laughs> God, it was a famous night that, yeah that was yeah he. that was it wasn't for them yeah that nah.
3: We had them. Yeah, we 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 forced them out. Yeah, we just we drove them out. There's no way they are going to. Seriously, mm-hmm. you know I mean, yeah. that. No, you know that. Another <laughs> level, the money, they probably didn't want to sue them. Then. But then what happened? Then they have a fire sale of the players. They try to get rid of all the players. Then they're on yeah, the books. Then try to sell all the players. So yeah, fire actually just to get they? as much money yeah. as possible before they actually relinquish yeah. control of the club. Mm so we were left when we did take over we were going to speak shortly again we played in, the, in uh, Daily Mail when McNamara took over we only had what we call a Jody Bourne and was a Hardy mm. Kenny and, and a set of footballs and a bag of chairs, chairs that's the, the, the football, football club. club consisted of they
1: genuinely didn't give a rat no, the no, second no. they saw the money yeah. the second they knew that the sale was on they sold the cabinets they emptied the files the yeah. pennants <sighs> out sold the cabinets sold the sold, sold the PA sold the the lights. The, the, the shed, the yeah. shed. They literally stripped it to
4: the bone. I believe pond. even the wire mesh around the pitch. And I think I think, oh, I think scrap metal and I think they got every little penny out of us didn't yeah, you? before the club. Like that's crazy. Uh, that's why the falls of the ground in
1: 88 are very important. So, amid the crisis at the awful. club, caused no. by the fallout over Milltown, a dedicated group proceeded as much as possible to make Harry Kenny's testimony season a success. Ah, yeah, Amongst the events was a luncheon at Stewart's Hospital on Friday, toward de June. Kenny may have lost out considerably due to the acrimony that existed at the time between the fans and the Kilcoins. But he got lucky on this occasion as the luncheon was attended by Jack Charlton and the entire Ireland squad just two days prior to the departure to take part in the European Championship Finals in Germany. So the first time for a Republic of Ireland uh, team to play in European Cup final. So that's... Uh, is, that to, is it right to say that that's a strange one for the whole nice. team to turn up? i have forgotten any? that actually. Yeah. yeah. What? What? You you remember? No, no, no. Uh, 88 and 89,
2: new season. We did it, we, we got one season then. <laughs> one season in 88 89. <laughs> it was two hours later. <laughs> uh, league position 7th, uh, so 12th
1: of June 1988. Ireland beat England 1 0 with a goal from Ray Houghton. Um, yeah. In
2: Stuttgart.
3: No, it was. I tell you, Ray really was. was talking about Ray I was in, actually in the White Horse. Ah, that day. Just, right, well, yeah. the White Horse, and we're all there. The national anthems come up, and obviously it was during <laughs> the holy hour in Ireland, you had to close the postion two and four, and two jobs where the coppers come in. We're upstairs in the White Horse, and the White Horse was packed, and they just closed the door. So I was on the car, flying the keys, when Ray Hearn's goal went know. in, <laughs> missed the goal. But that's just how <laughs> so bad it was, it was the holy hour, and the <laughs> <it> was just. <laughs> Historic match of all time, unless they played in England. Oh, for was, coppers right to the pub. Oh, I was <laughs> there. I was there. You were
4: there. That <laughs> was a great day with John Conroy, me and John. I not my brother, the other John, yeah. late, the other late John Conroy. So speculation. And a lot of them were scored. And The first thing John, like we behind the goal actually.
1: And, uh, John, come left I yeah, you know, yeah, was yeah. one of those famous
4: games. So, yeah.
1: speculation was rife throughout the early summer that the Kill Coynes were bailing out of Rovers and that a number of parties were interested in purchasing ports in the club. An attempt by the King family to bid for the Shermock Rovers collapsed after serious talks had taken place. Eventually, a group led by Rovers patron John McNamara emerged, but as new owners. There were some tense moments before Cram and Shamrock Rovers Supporters Club finally agreed to back McNamara. Glenmore Park was not part of the sell-off deal. 15th of July, representatives of the League of Ireland met Cram and SRSC at Marion Square in an effort to save the boycott of Tolka. Lifted, but meetings didn't go well as Cram and SRSC, highly suspicious of the continued involvement of the Kill Coins in the background. With 18th of July, so good timeline here, Prof. John McNamara and Joe Veselki. Am I saying that right? Veselki? Veselki. Yeah. Possible new owners of Shamrock Rovers met representatives of Cram and SRSC at the League of Ireland Offices in Meridian Square. They had an extremely difficult task in convincing Cram and SRSC that they were bona fide. July 20th, following long and drawn-out talks between possible new owners and Cram. SRSC a five-point plan was agreed upon Included in this was a commitment from the new owners that they would oppose the sale of glamour park for commercial development and the club would cease to use tolka park as a home venue handshakes all around between john mcnamara cram and SRSC was agreed mcnamara had bought out the coins and with a guarantee the boycott would be lifted he had no he had to urgently arrange a deal to lease dalyman park from bohemian fc Convince Premier Dirty's to remain on as club sponsor. Toy up player contracts, arrange public liability insurance, agree financial arrangements with a leading bank and put a whole new organisation in from day to day Affairs, look after the club. So just a few things to do, prof. A few things to do there. <laughs>
3: well obviously <laughs> the thing had to be ratified by the, the, the mainstay of the Supporters Club. And there was a there was a meeting, I'm not sure it's mentioned <coughs> towards there was a meeting of the Supporters Club and and you know, people who are sort of crammed at, at the Clarence Hotel. No, you're and all this was brought out about the, imposing that the you know the, the development of Milltown and what's been mentioned there, and not going to lift the boycott, not playing at Tulking, and obviously Dalyman Park So Derry Park was the obviously the the agreed ground where where, he could, where John McEwan could get us to play. So I think that went to a vote in, in in the Clarence Hotel that day, and it was it was carried significantly. But it was still about you know eight, I think eighteen or twenty people. Voted yeah, yeah. Him. I voted against. I yeah, voted I against. Ones, them. <laughs> I, did right, yeah. I voted against once we held the age one. you did as well. I voted against. Yeah, yeah, just because yeah. it was just yeah. it was um, it was Denny Park kind But think of back then. I I didn't go to the fourth. I think the first game was either Longford or Athlone in the League Cup game was all and I didn't go to that game. So, but, but I went I went to games after that, but um. Mm-hmm. yeah, but it was yeah, that was so it was cool. McNamara came in with, with the best wheels and attentions, but still there was significant. the back then we had to, you know, get out of the way. The mm-hmm. fact that it wasn't going to be talking We're still gonna try and save Milltown and you
4: know People must remember too, we didn't we didn't know John McNamara, so we didn't
3: know like John McNamara
4: like Nobody was aware of him. Look, we didn't. really. no. He's just a, he's just an Arnie fan, like I He He's ourselves. a patron, wasn't he? he was. Yeah, but we we didn't. He wasn't well known, right? And there was this thing about uh, someone out. We were afraid of anyone from the previous board coming in. Being a, yeah, uh, yeah. In fact, yeah, so, I don't
3: understand that was that was still going on. in the back now, we were Remember, Joe, a bit of about You
4: remember? He was a he was a he was a But but Joe Joe was it's, it's, all was right, yeah, he
3: wasn't he? Yeah, but he was he a coin stalwart. Yeah, he was.
4: He was. It's hard. He was UCD. We're back to UCD eventually, yeah. and we'll talk about Hungarians later or he. Yeah, there was. It wasn't no big deal with Charles, there wasn't. But I would say I voted against. If I was a bit older, mature, I might have voted for. Now, when I look back at it, you know, I could have been wrong on the decision. Yeah. But, see, see, my view at that time was, see, I didn't trust the FAI at all. No. I'd no time. I still don't. Never have had time for them. And my view was, let's go for it now. G- get them involved. Get save Milltown now. Go for the juggler. Gamble. But it wouldn't have been a good decision. Sure, it wouldn't. Oh, no, but, never, but you're a bit more half They never backed us, you
3: know. back us at all, the mm. FIU. No. no. The top. Mm. Or, or they
4: bought a couple of bottles of champagne, or didn't they? Down uh, yeah. in Little or something. Were they around <laughs> there or whatever down the road? And that was, that, was the, that was the extent, wasn't it, when the deal was signed, you know? See, the other clubs, they didn't want Rovers to go out of football,
2: because they know where, don't they? they? They know where their bread is
0: butter, Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm not sure what month this was in 1988, but I remember Ray Wilson telling us the story. Him and Mick Kearns had the cram banner at the Rugby World Cup in Australia. <laughs> yeah. 1988.
3: What oh, a I minute! Mean, I think it was November. Well, I remember I watched, watched a lot of it. it. was actually I <laughs> was at Rob Tom. We had to be out like of on Saturday, and then we used to have every Saturday night yeah. and, like the group called Full Circle. And Rob brought, brought back to me and he's driven up the road, end, off the road, and we fell asleep. And we just woke up to watch the match. I remember watching What the time round. was that match, Anna? It was about six in the morning. Yeah, I, I said, oh, Ruby
1: would have been like. Purely because they at the Royal Cup. I was having a bold peep. I was Yeah, the Cup. And Robbie's don't. on the
3: sofa, really, And I had to put the telly on and watch his match. And I looking at I just looked. <laughs> Keep rovers in Milton. <laughs> 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 on, Wait, like that uh, meme, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme yeah, where he's on the
1: bench. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so
3: Mick Cairns, Ray Wilton, you, you found out across the
1: pitch. Right, so we, 24th of July, now King. Two pre- your favourite, Prof. My favourite. Who had two previous spells playing for Sean Rovers was officially unveiled as the new player manager of the Hoops King. Only had a handful of players who were in contract with him and the season was due to begin. So within three weeks he had the unenviable task of attempting to put a team together and the signings included Ricky McAvoy, a terrorist legend, Brilliant. Prof. Skillful yeah. midfielder whose trademark, hairstyle Soil, made him stand out. From the crowd, 10th of August, the first game. The new era, Sean Rovers, was away to Bluebell in the Leinster Senior Cup, which the Hoops won in the aid of a penalty shootout. Was, were Bluebell still playing at Capco at the time? Or were they at the Red Cow? Then? Red Cow. Red was, 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 was that yeah. that long? It was it was Red, Red Cow. Um, 14th of August, the crowd of around <laughs> 600 K Rovers a standing ovation as they took to the pitch dailyman Park for the league game, the league cup game against Longford Town. The Longford team... Performed the guard of honour as the hoops ran onto the pitch there was a Mick McCarthy, are you listening? Mick McCarthy, Longford. Longford did us a solid honour. We <laughs> photos approve it. There's <laughs> an air of relief around the club as the fans look forward to rebuilding for the club. Although the attendance was small, it was roughly three times what Rovers would have got for the same fixture had the boycott still been a place at Telkett. So goals from King and Mick Bourne gave the hoops a two. A a Howard king, king,
3: wasn't it? Just in case he yeah. Howard King, who was a King's Howard was king scott. Yeah. Heavy king. king, yeah. yeah.
2: I'm not sure if McAvoy comes up again here, but um, he's a bit of a mercurial talent, wasn't he? Like, to talk about what he was like as a player. Give me an hour, would
3: you? <laughs> he,
4: was,
3: he was great. He was, Isn't he? Would it be like checkboard or I don't know. No, he's not going to, for ones on the ball, to pass a ball and yeah. see a pass. Don't was, be <laughs> And he was, yeah, he was, yeah, with his long, blonde, streaked hair. And he was, he was, and he was great. And he stood out on that team and stood out on that league. I, thought, yeah, I don't know, the League of Oil mm-hmm. back then was how would you tell him? was more ag- ag- agricultural football Yeah. <laughs> well except for the are with Miltown that pitch at yeah, yeah. but most of the clubs and he could have stood out and even we'd know King as manager we played agricultural football let's face it we yeah. did uh, but um he stood out Ricky was a great player great but do mate. you remember
4: playing up in the dock with, uh, first of the dark fans. were all blow kisses to him remember every time <laughs> yeah. he touched the ball yeah. that was, <laughs> with his long blood but every, every time
3: he, slagged him, he got better every time yeah. in fact they ended up signing him afterwards didn't they Yeah, didn't yeah. They? yeah about, there was but a great moment where he come up against you to play uh, Derry City he's pretty away a one all draw much if had that down there and, uh, I wasn't speaking about it now, the one all draw because it's a strange thing in Rovers times right? when you think about back in the history how Rovers fans would view an old king and how you would view Jim McLaughlin. It just shows you, at the time of the era, Jim McLaughlin had gone to Derry, No King was a manager, right? So we played away to Derry, who are, they were going to win the, the treble that year, they would not actually yeah. in the treble, big favourites, we had to, it was a bank holiday Monday, again, we, and it was in Derry, we brought, probably brought 100, you know, we passed day 84, remember? 4-0, Yeah, yeah. Four four, four, OG, four yeah. Best an OG, 4-0, best I ever didn't see yeah, and We ended up <laughs> in the Monday, bank holiday Monday, we brought a couple of hundred up, Again, yeah, Derry. You talked about Derry's away support there recently.
1: Well, okay. Off-air, we were talking about yep. Derry's demise after yeah. 1972 yeah. and then the way that they ended up bringing 1,000. So, Jay. So, we did 12,000
3: home games then. 12,000 ah, yeah. at every home game. And there was no segregation. Oh, where okay. we stand now, you know where the new main stand is yeah. in Derry?
1: The, one, the main stand
3: facing where we are. The yeah, main stand is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was just all completely terrorist. And we all, that was Derry fans. but We went in amongst them. So there's no segregation to think about. Was no, and we were there, about 200, 150, 200 votes. We were just coming down the front to the left hand side of that. And they were winning 1 0. And that's then Roddy, Roddy Collins was sent off. We were down to 10 men. Yeah. And then Ricky equalised three minutes to go. And it was right. like, like we're lucky we're out to win the world. We <laughs> have, have to remember, they had all their best players from Miltown. They had Mick Neville, they had John Coley, they had yeah. No Lark, and they had Paul Doolan. They had all their best what players. Was that like? But well, that was we called them all tra- team, We'd all call them traitors. and That's the way I, it was. Yeah, that's it was, banter, was off it? the time, you know. And then. But at the, end, at the end of the game, see the whole falling out between you've probably seen the documentary about Jim McLaughlin and Old King, about the Derry City You watch that thing, yeah. Derry. Yeah. So It was on RT, wasn't it? Yeah. So we, we've we're all back in Old King because he's a manager. When yeah. you look back at, at the time now, I mean I Jim McLaughlin. As we went in the car park that match, we got a one-all draw. I was like winning because of all these ex-players that left us and Danny were the money books team and we are just rag ball rovers again after just stringing a a team together. We're only two players and a bag of J's and a bag of balls and we got a one-all draw. We took Noel King and carried him shoulder Ahoy! onto the bus <laughs> this was the yeah. thing this is telling you remember I never, they were showing the, the best bus. away trips I know ever, but just to show you you look oh, back at the history of the and how do you vote the no cake and how do you vote Jim and we told you different the way it was the, the old king got a king's shirt onto the yeah. bus yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's
2: football it's I'm sure I've heard about that now um, so we're going to ask you about the genesis of the Glamour Gazette because it would have started mm. around this time uh, we actually did a podcast special on this before we had Jason and we had Jim's brother Mick, who was a cartoonist. So both of you were involved. Tell us what your your alias was and where you worked out of and, and all this. Well, used,
3: though, you used Parrot, you use John Parody on top. You wouldn't put your name towards He's John Parody. <laughs>
4: Yeah. he looked he looked like he looked
3: like your man the to ten, to, tennis not Imagine he played tennis, could you? No. <laughs> New, <laughs> New balls. <laughs> you would be, be better than him. Yeah. You? <laughs> but yeah, well yeah. The, the reason we started the fans and probably spoke to that was fans just wanted to go and in the time and mostly clubs to wanted their you know, had things against the board, you know, and wanted the fans' viewers recognised. We're always we're on we're on viewer aboard. Because of the McImar just taken over and all the fans on inside, I suppose. it was just purely at the start. Of that it was it was the Milltown campaign, wasn't it? That yeah, was the basis of, of, really of the highlight. The, the Milltown campaign, they got behind Cram again because Milltown was still, was still up for grabs, as it were, at that stage. So, what even around, I think, September, October 88 in Daily Mount, so, that we would have started. Yeah, the John,
4: in. John was in the chairman, right? John was
3: for chairman day. Yeah, and it was a bit mm-hmm. weird because I was. Actually on the support committee, And I, I was writing an editor of the fanzine, but I was actually I used to sell the programme. So I was a bit of a rip there. I was 'cause was the yeah it's yeah. a weird I was selling the programme whereas I was writing for the fanzine and like there was a lot of things at the because 'cause you're trying to make some money and people like were giving out the were buying the fanzine and thought it was the programme. We had to oh. say, no, it's not that and then you know, the program people are complaining that we are selling I'd like, be I'd be at a, a, a sports meeting on the Monday. We could just have any programmes. You're standing your fancies outside. Like fancies, you like, see, Some people do wear many hats at all, but fans are new then. Fancies were new then. Like, were new, they only had to like, get gold in England then. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's and that was the base. That was yeah. It was, and then having the sell have been like <laughs> yeah, Daily Mail as well. We used the Daily Mail as a home ground. They like, could speak about yeah. that maybe a minute ahead. That was so weird. Like Daily Mail being a home <laughs> ground, but then. Um, we wrote a few wrong things about Bows and then we had to I <laughs> found out I was that day <laughs> then he wouldn't serve me in the barn mail because we were slagging bows all the time in the panty. <laughs> and he found out that oh, I was one of the So was it Bows you didn't run the bar at the time so it was, it was staff. Bose It was
1: all Bows. It was all Bows. They ran everything So the funny
3: thing about it was it was Bows games and Bose members obviously got free into Daily mail Bose season coders and they, oh, used, yeah, they yeah. opened the gate for all their members to get free <laughs> and we played and we caught and we threw the block it and it was all kind of tension going on like you know it's But in them games even that, that year like you talked earlier about was how much t- there wasn't that much tension, there was obviously a bit of rivalry, a bit of yeah. a derby. Like we used to sit beside them, even mm-hmm. the games like I remember we sent them all I remember the standard. Remember when we beat them, probably a game but we might talk about that, we beat them 3 0, Peter Mumby scored a hat trick beating 3-0. I remember just being the stand there and just turning around and giving it all to the boss. I was like that. like, that wouldn't happen nowadays. So that you know? anyway, yeah, we're just
2: We're actually on do... a long, unbeaten run against them at this point. It'd be only... about 26 games, I think, I think it was 23. Was it, it 22, ends... was it? End of, the, end of the 26, night... or something, I Something Was it 23? That'd 23, 23,
3: 23 didn't
2: it? See, end of the 1990, See, yeah. see,
4: see, that really, done that, that, that was really when, there was always a big rivalry, but that's when it really took off. When we were there and, 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 it, and all the piss takes and the Glamour was actually Yeah, we'd, too, we'd have to cover 20-20 and and They couldn't beat
2: yeah. us But one of the funniest ones and, ever I'll we keep Billy Young must we'll stay Billy Young uh, must stay One of the funniest Bitty funnies
3: ever, I, remember. I think it was a late cup game when we were at Daily Mountain and it was in the middle of this one towards the end of it we were in the 20s and it was a one-all draw and we were playing them and they came through to I think it was your man Derek Tink played them he hit the ball i Joe. He come out yeah. And Jody creased him, he creased him, it was the ninety second minute. Jodie creased him on the edge of the box. Went over Jodie. The ball went into the, the the ref blew for the free kick. Didn't send Jody out, they were all jumping and celebrating. They beat us at last, all like that. Yeah. And the red blows for the free kick That was one of the best way to go for only a few hundred people coming to the ground. Yeah. One of the best moments ever at to always game And they're all celebrating. <laughs> and they we're all, <laughs> <celebrating. laughs> all jumped up. So, we the listening it should have been 10 hours
4: yeah. 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 I was like, I <laughs> the but I remember it on the 10. The Dark Ref, wasn't it, or something? Your man, what was his name? And, and, and then, well, you know what happened after. yeah the, who was there? They, they hit the bar. Really the, they hit the bar the free they kick. The the, they
3: hit the, well. the bar the free kick. to yeah, say What was that man's name? Derek Tinker was the one oh. goals. Yeah,
4: that was play for It was two it days after last meal town. Actually, that was. Was he here? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. We Jesus we were down man. that weekend. Delving we? deep
2: into a hair prop I remember there's a picture on your on your photos. I Think is is it you? Is it you or Mick? And you just the the little computer and all that and all your notes and all. So like describe your 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 space when you. Made the the fancy oh man. the editorial yes, that's, office.
1: That's, that's Trimian, the fancy
3: it? was, was a, Tommy had a shed. Did Jimmy talked about? Bunter. Well, I call him Bunter. We call him Bunter. Tommy. They moved to the new. The, 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 the new uh, Donnyman. Remember Jimmy talked about? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tommy had a shed. Tommy had a shed out the back. I had. So we the photocopier, <laughs> the printer, and that's what it was. There's no. They there's literally made. made, this, made this, you made. Mid- it bed.
1: You literally made by hand yeah every, there's no, there's no computers there's
3: no, we used to type the time we type it up more can we get other people to type it then we go out, photocopy all the things send the sheets in no emails mm-hmm. all, and then print it all you have a stapler and then put all the pages together staple to them together know. staple them and then put it all together process
1: wise how are we talking one, one, one copy how long to make
3: I don't Well, I used
4: yeah,
1: to. I've never seen start come out. I Robbie's going help he us.
3: He 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 us. He other people come out. James Coogan's going to Hel- help us. Other people come he's out and help he's, us do it, you know. Come yeah. out and my, just...
4: sister, my sister, she was in her teens. And I go down on a. Saturday morning, and you sit and she'd have all her mates, they were on their teens, and they'd be all sitting around <laughs> and bunch <with> of kids <laughs> the of all the kids. And they'd all sorting out all the kids. And there's a pair of 40
3: centers there, 11 to 15, I did them all in it, order. It, and you have to do them all in the order. who, and and who did the type of Tommy Delon, Tommy
4: Delon, he had the great big stapler thing he made up, and he'd be banging them at the end. And then they'd be ready for
3: it. And for the headlines, you had the bow, but you had the other stencils. Yeah. You had the stencils there for your headlines. There's a lot of armour
4: in I used to have to go into Eastern's and all this. Well, you got me sensible for certain letters and all, but the, the typing was the best. I can, can imagine, I've
3: no, no
1: beers left. Talk talk Do you know the old school typers and are the typists and they'd have the smoke, they have the voice, yeah. oh, yeah, and they would yeah. push it across. I can hear, imagine him with the
4: smoke hanging <laughs> out of his mouth. I would tear yeah. him out the back, you see, because like he had all the stuff in, in, in the shed, he had his bed in it, yeah, he had no, everything, everything. But i would hear this clunk, clunk, clunk. One, one finger type, and then, and, he, and he used to. You know them old typewriters. You know, yeah, that's Charles what I'm thinking Dickens, of.
1: Be clunk, they had the clunk, long
4: clunk, stems clunk, clunk, beneath boom, boom, boom. the... They yeah, one but finger type, isn't <laughs> but, but, but if you look at the if you look at the Glamour gazettes, you always know the ones he typed because when I used to go down, all the owls would be on the floor because he, he, he used to hit the things, and, and there are blobs the owls. Because he used to thump the thing to thump the <laughs> There'd be all these hundreds of holes on the floor. But I, but I used to get some of them typed up on work, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Antoinette used to get her as her name. She used to get <sighs> it a comp, remember, on the thing. But, but, but you know, it's not the one she typed up because she used piece. It's totally different. More I mean, finesse with, more her whole, with her More delicate. Yeah. Her yeah. holes. Yeah. Her yeah. holes weren't
2: thumped. But, but next yeah. time you
4: look at the early issues, especially, you, you see all the, all the blobs.
2: You know? Probably the most famous cover is the one that just says, Bastards.
3: Remember that one. Do you remember that? You were out there. I think Mick was even involved there. Remember we were out within your mass Ma's house? Yeah. House. We were out there and we just put the photo, cause the photograph, it was just after Milltown was sold, right? And it was the photograph of the board, right? And it's far, the four the them there, it's the Coins there, I think the stadium of the future was in the background. That, that photograph, we might yeah. have taken over that. But we're just sitting there and we, we're trying to think of a thing for ages. looked at them for years. We're trying to think of, of a, for a thing and just, bastard, someone said. <laughs> That's it. That's where I think I was upset. <laughs> <tell> Someone <laughs> said, what can, say, what, can say, what can you say about them basses or something? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Bastards.
4: It's like a lined up yeah. old basses. That'll um, do. Yeah, put that on yeah. uh, the that air. Was, that was a famous. Yeah. That was the most well read one, wasn't it? The, the one. You we done a supplement, remember? It's
2: in the display cabinet. That's the one on the scene. Yeah. Um, that was delightful. And what do McNamara and the club think of this fancy?
3: <laughs> well, they they couldn't as again most fans they would have been having to go to boards at the time and they still do, they're not too but we, we again as I said, because we're all on the, on the same page at the start we're all fighting with Milton. As yeah. they kind of transgress, obviously you there are issues with the board and issues thing. But this, they did they turn a blind eye, they didn't really turn a blind eye but they just didn't um, it I wasn't did, I it he, wasn't impacting on them really they didn't like it but like we were called in a few times. Were you ever in one of no, what's with
4: Tommy? Let Tommy take all that film. No, no, I know. Uh, I no, no but problem. what we used to do is, we used to say, if you're going to sue us or anything, like, <laughs> so look, we've no money, like, there's no point in suing <laughs> people who have Plus, that money. Plus, John Parrott was really hard. <laughs> but I know, but he used to, but uh, John didn't like it, like, but uh, he, uh, I always remember um, near the end when we knew we'd done our last, it was a little fall, a little one at the end, wasn't yeah. it? And I'm uh, glad it happened because we <laughs> went when we were still popular instead of hanging on too long. Yeah. But I always remember that, and I remember John saying, I kept telling him there's another issue out, and I knew it was gone. So I kept him on Ted house for about three or four months. But nah, the club didn't like it. But what club would like a fanzine, really?
3: When you yeah. think of it, I'd say it'd be the same for it. Well, but I do but the very de- definition of what fanzines are there for, you know. That was it, yeah. It was,
1: it was hard hitting I'd love of, to see it? the return of If I Should Falter anyway, as well.
4: But well, it was short lived, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was of its time, wasn't it, James? Yeah, but it looking back on some of them now, I, I haven't read them in a while, but well, I, te- I, te- I, te- I did about a year ago. I was 18 or
3: 19 writing mostly Yard, and some of the stuff I look at now. I don't know, it it's a bit bad of some of the stuff now. Like that, like that, now that, but
4: um, yeah, but we'd done straight writing in it too, didn't we? Kind of serious stuff, and we'd done, yeah. you know, we done <laughs> wind-ups. And my favourite one was the one, the Bowles one, you know, the one. John
0: Raylor?
4: No, that one. Remember the fiddling in the bar and daily. Oh bands? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's fiddles going <laughs> oh, on. Yeah, yeah. And and we all, knew there there's some fiddling going on. And they done the, t- and they done the cartoon with your man and a good image, wasn't it? The, the barman I mean, and the daily. Nick live. was, was, he he was playing, very good. And there he was playing guys. a violin at the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah. bar. Oh, really good, good, as I say? I've heard there's rumours about the takers <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But we were nearly thrown out of daily.
3: But I was, I was The club,
4: itself was in trouble. Only balls needed a few. Bob Rent. Fucking, I tell you ah they
2: were, they were funny times ain't they? the first lemonade issue prof uh, well September October yeah, two months old, mere two months, a mere two months uh, oh. but the sec- we didn't announce it, no. the <laughs> second <laughs> issue Christmas nineteen eighty-eight. this comes from Alan, Alan Kinsella does the ele- uh, election literature I know um, he goes uh, at this stage Milltown had been sold but the fight to keep our hours at Miltown was still very much on we got some news of the goings on around the campaign. This is Alan Review and your fanzian. Um, Details of how the developers would have to get planning permission, bids from later Rovers chairman and owner John McNamara. One of the highlights are the letter pages, where we get all sorts, including a letter of support from the band The House Martins, and one from Rovers legend yeah. Kitty Mellon complaining about her cartoon, suggesting her dog Cindy had got fat. <laughs> Lots of anti-ball stuff, reviews of other fanzines, match programs, rumours, 10 good reasons for supporting Robbers. The Five Pound Robbers Quiz, a spotlight on ball's player John Rayner and lots more this besides. This is brilliant, you know that. With
1: yellow was truck, with it. was it? I remember the
3: because <laughs> <was laughs> really He was <laughs> all the way,
1: John. So this is fans who travel home and away, who are lifeblood of the club, just writing everything. And yeah, and the fans <laughs> love the creative, loved it. creative the, minds the, just going what you want. And the, yeah. fan, the fans, loved love it
3: because you, you could again, you could say it's not going like writing the Prague, you can write what you want. You identifying and, with it as well, though, like, wouldn't like they? The house fans almost great. Like that was I wrote because ah, I was huge. I was like eighteen, nineteen then. The House Martins were huge for me. That was a really. Again, They were writing stuff that that resonated with me. And the guys was unemployed, and even though they were writing from a perspective of a different country, it was the same kind of thing the yeah. way the, the government treated you, the way you were. And I just out of blue, it was just sort of towards the end of the House marriage they were just became the thing. They had a place called the House of Strangeness was there like mailing address, it was for like boy merchandise etc. So I just wrote them a letter one day I we just said, to I it, yeah. uh, the mail town's sold, blah, 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 That the coins are selling, I just wrote it all to them and then he said, we used to have a P.O. box, I think it was P.O. box 42, Dublin 17, wasn't it? And we go, like, what mainly was used for, we used to send our fanzines to different clubs, it would be like Queen's Park, could Have been Charlton, and yeah. it could have been. I used to love getting them. We get a, a, the next issue of the next fanzine from oh, so swap the like fanzine, and that's usually be full of them. We got this letter that day, and I was from the house where I was like, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. it had, it had the paper. paper? handwritten. What handwritten? No, it was typed. I was, I was spelled wrong. Typed. I actually, <laughs> I know Paul Eaton. I met Paul Eaton a few times, I met him there a couple of years ago after a concert backstage. of concert, and I showed him the letter on the phone. And says, Do you remember writing this letter? And he looked at it, he says, I don't actually remember writing that. He said that's definitely my. My handwritten the signature. He said That's definitely my handwritten. Yeah, but he knew it was that. <laughs> and and was it was not it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the House of Strangers, the yeah. House yeah. of Martins. They said, yeah, we're appalled at the treatment
1: yeah. of the Shermer Crawford fans. And a fair play. Yeah, Yes, yeah, good. I'm sure he, had, I'm sure he, he did do it. Like, I, tell I did I do it. I'd say they you. said, listen, here's what's yeah. going on. And he'd go, right, well, i
3: don't Yeah, have but it was 35, 45, 40, he not remember actually doing that. I definitely did it. He because That was there. Eighteen to
1: September, prof. Yep. We have uh, lost to Athlone and at Dundalk in the opening two games. The Hoops recorded their first win of the league campaign. Ricky McAvoy goal against Waterford. We wow. have 30th September. Former Rose player Roddy Collins was amongst the goal scorers. Rovers beat the new landlords three one in a pulsating home yeah. league tie at Daily Mount Park. Was Roddy any
2: use? He you finished a top scorer this season. Probably mm. only ten goals. Nine nine goals. goals. Roddy, Roddy was okay.
3: Roddy was he would put himself about and he, he yeah. knew where the yeah. goal was. He yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, he was. But no means a donkey, but he's yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> was it around this time that he punched you out, was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's Is that what what? Him,
1: yeah. He's punched you. Oh, he can always think that. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. His father yeah.
3: was his, his father in law was a bricklayer, so he was waiting outside. Like, <laughs> him, but his so, at some point, he made the crowd. Some of them made more couch, <laughs> but at some point, with me out in the crowd to him. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. To <laughs> 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 so troll back to our radio episode there, folks, people who are listening a long
1: um, time. 30th of October, to kill
2: coins. Uh, through an estate agent, put
1: Glenmore Park up for sale by public yeah, tender. 30th. So, thirty fourth of so October.
2: October. Yeah.
1: Feelings ran high at the Brandywell. Noel King led Shemrock Rovers uh, to... Uh, is this what we were talking about earlier? Yeah, so, Noel King led Rovers, draw. took on Jim McLaughlin's Dairy City. So, once good friends, the pair had fallen out and lost in the previous date, St. Pat's 4-0 to the Hoops up against the odds and taking on Derry in their own backyard but they got a 1-1 draw and proved to be a great satisfaction for King more so than McLaughlin the result was a moral victory for the Hoops against the Derry side that contained no less than five who had assisted the four in a row and we spoke mm-hmm. about this about King's chairs so um, was there a row between Jim McLaughlin and King what what happened there?
3: I'll leave, I'll leave the answer to, to uh,
1: Chase there was some kind of
3: fall like, like Jim was the hero I get back and he had great he obviously had a great connection with, with Kinger. He signed up for Rovers in uh, 83 and we took the job over. Kinger was be a great coach. So he brought my board in with Daddy. Daddy were doing well anyway. But then I don't know, was he a technical director and he was the manager? There was some kind of co roles, you know, at the club. And then I don't know what King was trying to is Influent trying to make more, and James was getting a maybe force it, where it was. But there was a huge, there was a liable case between them. And there was a documentary on BBC Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. I think, about it. And King had come out crying after a journey, he started crying. And then I don't know where really the Daddy fans were about it, but King King had to leave and took their job. So that's how the animosity there between King and no, no. King and mm. King and uh, so it was litigious, like it was, him. yeah, yeah. But so King was out, uh, but as I said there a few minutes ago, King was their manager, the you signed you yeah. with your manager at the time, even though like. No, was a yeah.
1: 20th November the defeat away to Athlone Mel's Park left the Hoops in 8th place with 12 points from uh, 12 games so a terrible record and the gap between them and Derry City was just 8 points though uh, 29th of November the Kill Coins put the boot in on any hopes that the Hoops had of successfully buying back Milltown when they announced they had sold the ground to a developer so a sad and dark day in Hoops History, a planning application was subsequently lodged to the Dublin Corporation by a group known as Brent Homes to construct 78 residential units on the disputed site. John McNamara released a statement on behalf of Shamrock Rovers and he said, we will oppose any planning permission and application for it. The land was reportedly sold for £900,000 to Brent Homes. Cram had previously made a bid of £475,000. So, um yeah, it's uh, 30th of December after Christmas here and a decent crowd of around 2,500 watch rovers and shells in action at Dalymount Park in the final game of the year. It was encouraging for the new board to see so many old faces returning to support the club once again. On the 15th of January, although they lost 2-0 to Derry City at Daddy Mount Park, the crowd of 3,500 was a boost to the club bringing in some welcome cash. Through the Thornstiles on 29th of January Peter Mumby as Jason spoke about scoring a hat-trick mm-hmm. against Bows earlier on was signed on loan from Leeds United and scored in his debut mm-hmm. 200 feet away to Dundalk a couple of days after he arrived in Dublin so Peter Mumby a name that, uh, an unusual name and
2: also an sticks ang- in the names of Hoops does the minds of Hoops English, much- English Schroeger a bit of a cult hero at the time was he? He was
3: just a so he just came in as Kinger did great to get him in in fairness yeah, he was he played with, I think it was with Leeds, wasn't he? he was with Leeds yeah. reserves. Mm. His brother was actually a famous, rugby rugby League player. He played for Burnley um, as well. Keep won me. Played for Burnley afterwards. He went back to Burnley. Scored a few goals. I think he even might even be at the top level. But yeah, uh, came in for us, made an immediate impact. I think he scored one of the earlier Cup games as well. Could him against Hull. Farm, He scored one of them. But he's definitely the one where he could, was the hat trick against Bowles. I said we were sitting mm. amongst the Bowles fans, and then um, my neighbour, our next schoolmate, uh, Dave Campbell was actually American. He, he was <laughs> and I actually he used to do, do the pills on their own. I used to click the pills and try and make a few well with him. And the following well, that was on the Wednesday or the Tuesday, 3 0. And I think I might Mingy Dave a bit of stick from the stand but when we got a Cedric. And I knocked on the door on the Friday take the pills. So, no, they cancelled the subscription. <laughs> <laughs> <Good> <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting at that
4: time. Just going back to the thing with the, the Brent Holmes, they, like, they, they, they bought the ground. They,
3: Coquins. They're a northern crowd, North. they
4: really, from the north? Yeah, to from the, but the Coquins, they would have sold that ground to anyone except us. Yeah. I've no doubt about that. Like, jo- like, our Jimmy, like, like, John McNamara and Cram did make a bid, I forget which one, but they did make a bid for the ground and all that. But around that time, too, you must remember, Louis Kilcoin became vice president of the FAI. Uh, sorry, no, at that time, no, that was a little bit later. He became the Cork City League representative. Yeah. Which was disgraceful, and and McNamara see McNamara was totally out of favour with everyone, wasn't he? He was regarded as a renegade. And at his first night at the at, at the FAI, at their meeting, uh, they they all welcomed back Louis Kilcoyne. and he got a and and, and they all, and John McNamara was totally ignored. In fact, it's well known that Fran feels uh, uh, like and these people definitely Fran Fields from Finn Harps and all they actually they, and I, I quote here they welcome back Liverpool coin a man of calibre he, he was and McMahon was ignored mm. and he, he had mm. sold the game the ground around that time to, 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 to Brent Brent Holmes so that, li- again
3: where did they, where did the FAI stand with us you know unbelievable sure well, then we became a ticket out for the FEI, there's people there were. Well, I think Fran Field was involved there, he was around there as well. I'm not,
0: yeah, but they're all
3: good. Kind of the Joe indones. Delaney it wasn't there. Joe really Delaney, was yeah, was the 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 father of John, the the man the of great character, Joe, Joe and John, but You could draw
4: you could try a ticket there The fact that they were they
3: were good allies of Louis. you know just trying to do do that mat as they would say in the USA. Do the
2: match and just a random one, not Rovers related, but Pat's and a combined eleven played in a friendly in Libya. Which inspired the documentary In League with Gaddafi. So. Yeah, I remember
3: at the time I think you were slagging <laughs> the fans and <laughs> you know, we slagging them the fans I think we had a cartoon of the fans you know I do yeah, I Yeah, a
4: bit of crack with Barry Murphy over it. Remember Barry <sighs> they yeah. sent a half you yeah, good mate, yeah. mate, he couldn't make it. He had balls were always afterwards and I, I remember he tell me great stories about that you know. But, and, uh, and there was yeah, loads of stories It's a good documentary. I'd well, have to look it up
2: Yeah. So yeah, we're going from Robert's book today. No mention of the Glen Gazette and I couldn't believe this one. He didn't mention Kuldaaf Daff the Fei Cup game. So. What I'm going to do is. I'm going to read a bit of my article. Only, it's only a few lines. I wrote. In 2013 we played non-league sheriff. The first round of the FAI Cup. So I was saying that. The uh, Fei Cup history is littered with famous giant killing acts. Rowers have experienced both sides of the coin. Pats beat us in 1949. As a non-league club. Uh, but. Since 1997 We have a perfect record against non-league <sighs> clubs. So, in 1989, robbers were the last name out of the hat and were not overly delighted to discover that they had been paired with Kuldaf, the little team from the most northerly point of the Inish-owned peninsula in Donegal. Kuldaf's population of 200 was swollen by nearly 3,000. By the time the action started at Caratra Park and any hopes of a shock were swept away over the Atlantic Ocean when Larry Murray scored, Larry scored stepped up to crack a free kick from the edge of the area past MAP and set Robbers on the way into the next round. Ricky McAvoy and Andy Moore would suffer the wrath of the <laughs> Glamour Gazette, the <laughs> Robbers fanzine, as apparently the two players had been caught in a disco in the town Moville after midnight and were dropped to the bench by Noel King.
1: Who don't know, we, we were, were up, rally.
3: <laughs> no, we were up on the day trip so I don't know who it was, we only had a, how do we even hear about this? But that, that was, we talked talking about 3,000 crowd, we are talking about Derry's crowd earlier, Kuldaf wasn't too far away from Derry, right. <clears throat> and Derry were back in the league and there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Derry fans that came. Right, I like remember, you said, coming up yeah, for the football. Yeah, fix, just a yeah. football and, say, right? and I remember there was a guy you kind of build up. A, when he say a relationship, it was a bit of a we beat them, we didn't right, and I, bet, I fell up there. You recognise right from the games, <laughs> and he gave me ah oh, just there. I know we was giving a with The one or two times you beat them, right. I remember going in the ground, right. I was a big huge hill behind the ground, right, and I was lashing around as muck. And I slid down. I slipped. Slid down the blade. And a pair of slacks on, right. And I slid down the book, right. And the book would just right. And I just felt the bottom, right. And I just looked up, and there's your man standing there.
4: Jesus. What do Carla? The mobile, <laughs> mobile Trio, Ricky McAvoy is one of them, was not he? Andy Millar. Those three. Who's the total? Uh, Ricky. Ricky. Sure. Ricky the Andy mobile Biro. trio. it's now like come here. Netflix now, now, now you have dancing. Ricky was there. He had to be there. Yeah. but
3: Andy Millar. Who's the total fella? I thought it was going to be Derry. McDain. McDain. Fellow
2: called McDain, wasn't that?
6: He, 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 he passed he away
3: just recently. He only
4: passed
6: away the last week. But oh it was only
2: McVie and more in the Gazette mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, but I think he was. I know. John was from Derry.
3: Yeah, was but, from Omen, but was from
4: Oma. But he played he, for Derry. Was
1: he one of them? could have been.
3: And Ricky. Ah, but Ricky had to be there. Come
4: on. Ricky's Rick. there, Ricky.
1: And well, if you look out for the Netflix series, what? Mobile Trio. Adam. But It was a man of the League. And as I said,
3: the fanzine was orchestra at the time because. You know, I'm not using I oh, could write in the fanzine and write stuff I wanted, right? I write for the program now, yes. I can't. You used to, I in like going to professional capacities at the club, official capacities at the club, where on the podcast, you have to care for what you say. It's different than the fanzine, you could write what you want, but at the minute, as you're writing the fanzine and people <laughs> knew who you were, and then you're uh, Socialising with the players after the games, right? So I remember one game just after that we wrote. About it, when we went to town, Mick wrote it great. Yeah. We Mick had a thing. Mick Conroy, Jimmy. Everyone had an it. alias, am I right? But he had a thing called Ricky the Rovers. Everybody Mick eighty nine. Mick eighty nine. <laughs> the <laughs> Ricky the Rovers. He did a cartoon every week about Ricky's exploits. You know just and we were all about castigating the players obviously because they let the team down on the way trip let them down so I remember being in the bar and Andy Moore we called him Handy Moore because he had hand I the know, body Andy Moore sent the hat in England right
5: <laughs> so I remember instance. he come up to
3: me obviously a few points <laughs> he had a few points obviously got a bit in the bar now. he's a big oh, big fella way. 6 foot 3 he comes up to me in the bar in daily after <laughs> match he goes do you fancy yourself as a bit of a fucking jail this mate you? <laughs> so I just went to him and said mate do you find yourself as a bit of a footballer <laughs> <laughs> and that was I, just, I just <laughs> See so he, so he cut the ball at the end of a game against course, Cork Cork, Cork, yeah. Cork, Cork Cork We had one in we we we
4: weeks <laughs> He was the point of it we hadn't won <laughs> <laughs> had in about a year so He <laughs> hadn't the cut ball. the ball <laughs> he thought the game was over the penalty we, we, we drew too well yeah, so we, we all called him Handymoor So we all, all called call call him Handymoor <laughs> but, but that called off match with a little nice. anecdote about that the only way you're always wearing your non-league teams away, aren't you? Especially up, remember, Traral was going by the place now wasn't it? it? Was wasn't it? It? it was, was great, extreme, great. Great. Extreme, picturesque
3: rest place it was beautiful. Place. But me and me
4: and Mick when we were in the, we were in the we were in the bar before the match, and we were sitting. That's your deal. Oh, we're having, having a few points, points, you know. And, and I was do you know what, Mick? We're going to win easily today. He says, "What? That's not like you, Jim. You're normally much more cautious." I says, "Ah, no, no. We're going to hammer this No problem at all." And he says, "Why'd you say that? Just look over there. The, the Cardiff players were in the bar, in the it, over away, and they were having their toast and their and their cups of tea and all that before, them. <laughs> and, and, and their the, the, the hands <laughs> were shaking. They could hardly put the toast in <laughs> Mick says I agree. That's it's a that's. I also remember that it was very funny, but non-league team. But it was a great trip, wasn't it? Well, it was great. But the trawlers going, boy, all the fish it's a Beautiful the, place. It's great. But, oh God." prefer to play there in the summer mind you wouldn't you yeah. this, these are
2: the heavy Cup toys I want I know Instead
4: we, you get, we, yeah. get
3: a, we get away the ball. Castle <laughs> Bar we won't carry Castle Bar Castle, Mount Barber's Park. Barber's Castle, Castle yeah because I knew yeah.
4: Castle because I walked down there as a young full of that oh we getting some dark balls
2: drawn away in the you cup know. now yeah we haven't, we haven't, it has been coined to us I now give Tony us carry away Mount Hawk Park bring back Conair uh, uh,
4: yeah, 20 minute flights But Casabar Celtic
1: That will be alright again well, That was a great, one. That that was a great was so one So 12th of February The once mighty Waterford Came to Mount, In a dire need of a win As they found themselves In a dogfight Relegation battle They received no favours From a hoop side That recorded their biggest win Of the season With Barry Murphy, Jimmy Donnelly John Mannion And Roddy Collins scoring on a 4-0 win and Alfie yeah, Hale once bad. said to Jimmy only that he made Dermot Keely look like Boy George <laughs> no, I think Jimmy
2: was a great yeah. signer for us good player for us right great player yeah. he was, yeah. I agree I have, a, I have a few hat-trick stats here I was going to build up to the Peter Mumby one but you've you talked about him a few times now but i do anyway who do you think is the last Rovers player to score a hat-trick away from Tadda Stadium
3: Gary Twig Gary Twig against Galway
2: no Galway. no Biddy Denny here at UCD 6-1 6-1 like, Monday night 6-1 wasn't it? Yep. Yeah
3: geez,
2: um, the first one. Only Only the, Only two players have scored Hat-tricks for Robbers Or sorry More than one hat-trick In a season In the last 30 years or so Jesus So it's actually a little more than 30
3: Alan Campbell has to be one
2: No So it's 2007
3: and 92-93 Oh, oh, two, oh sorry, last twenty to years Sorry, 2007
2: So he scored More than one hat-trick In the same season These are two different players It's not
3: Geico, is it? One
2: no two,
4: 2007 must, season, must should, be Must be Toy
2: Porcel No, you should know 2007 That's a famous one
1: Two hat-tricks in a season though, that's what i was trying to It was actually in the space you of three Craig weeks He scored He scored two hat-tricks In, ha- he he some some two hat-trick in
2: space in About three weeks it wasn't a course, you know? a course With gb before? I don't
3: 2007. Uh, Andy Moir. It's
2: I'm not ringing bells for you. Not ringing bells now. I thought a light bulb would have went off there. Yeah, I thought he was, was going to against UCD. We beat UCD. A to Roberts be. fan as well. Galway, dad dad Galway and, and UCD. Scott scored against UCD. Galway and UCD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, brilliant. The 1993 one was Derek Swan. I like my He scored, scored two hat tricks that Derek year. Derek Swaney, Ball's yeah. legend. I really um, like Swan, he was, was
3: Go for us so Him and him and Vinnie together. Great yeah, Evans. was good. Yeah. I'm
2: liking this. i hat trick stats. Yeah, yeah hat trick stats. I uh, think the
4: time Derek Swan got his hundred goal for Ball's his league goal and all that, and you know me, I got onto them I says, makes sure, just point out. It says Swan, he was a good player for us too. He got twenty five goals for us. That's a quarter, of the you know? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, He yeah. was a good lad, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 I love Swaney. Yeah.
2: Uh, here's, nice a, here's a quirky one Hattrick has never been scored in a Robbers European game for or against Ooh. so not even Garnick not even Manchester United nobody mm. scored a Hattrick yes yeah, so you remember Garnick Oh, Johnny I,
3: Kenny July 2024 <laughs> so
4: remember the Garnick one because they, they, they had six different scores out of seven goals and they couldn't yeah. fit they're all big long names they could hardly fit them they, they, the biggest board <laughs> they, they couldn't fit the names <laughs> on the fucking thing you know? and that was our main our main topic of conversation in the last few minutes I oh, thought was so the
2: last hold on, on I the last player to score a hat trick of penalties for Robbers, Eddie Balem against Limerick at Milldown, nineteen sixty four. This one is
1: yeah. I'm loving
4: this. By, this by is the way, there's one. another one too. And, and I know something. I just think I read about that boy. I didn't know about it in, in nineteen sixty six or something. The Robbers played Dundalk and up up there in a some trophy. You know these trophies you never hear about again. And in them days, I think we drew and Damien Richardson scored two odds and and and. David Richardson scored a goal anyway or two goals but he ended up anyway he took the penalties and then the same player had to take all the penalties
2: oh you told me and Robert was one in penalties yeah. I
4: know it wasn't a league match but it ended up I think, I think David Richardson put the ball in the net about six or seven times or something <laughs> that day he was great on the penalties day, you know. it's worth checking out the game but it's a light hearted
2: there. You know. there right, I'll, I'll let you guess this one this is a, this is a cool one <laughs> the last player to score a hat-trick of headers no Larkley I suppose one. That's right mm-hmm. 1987. talk Tolka boycott season Away to balls Because we were
4: in Cyprus And uh, We yes. had to go over We weren't that the, you know, the other I way I remember, remember that Yeah, but yeah, yeah And okay. uh, I remember One of the lads had to rig up To get the score Because there was no more We were, we're all way we'll the goal. And we were
3: yeah. in the hat headers yeah. The
4: shopping centre And we would have been Yeah I remember yeah. And who scored for balls That day Jason? i tell you, Peter Rickles, OG, it was... Peter He got an OG you know? against him two years in a row. Oh, Peter, Peter will ha- hammer me when he sees me. <laughs> yeah. oh, Peter was great.
2: Yeah, and the last player to score in a row was Bowls Derby for or against. So Bowles haven't done it since, and it'll be the 35th anniversary next month, and it is, of course, Peter Mumby. Um, so that leads us into the 10th yeah, yeah. To to March. His hat-trick left Bowles fans wondering what they had to do to beat Shamar as the Gypsies' dismal run against the hoops continued all all three goals came in the second half.
1: Patrick's second half, actually game that's And
2: I Side note on that actually that also meant a clean sweep over Bowes that season. This is we're in 89-90 now. Mm. Three wins out of three. So last year we beat Bowes three times. The year before we beat Bowes three times. So when we did it in twenty twenty two we beat Bowes three times. It was the first time we had done that since 1989-90... But in terms of clean sweeps uh, the 2020 Carbo season, 2 out of 2. nine, ninety, three out of 3. And Balls did it to us in 2008. Before Talon, so in two other teams. words, 89-90 uh,
4: yeah. was a glorious season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As was right I'm rewriting it
3: now. now. they've beaten us four times in the year before Tallad. You think they finished 42 points behind us and we closed it down. Yeah. Under O'Neill, we closed that gap significantly, <laughs> obviously. But that's what I was so rage about last year. I wanted the 4-4. We were two up against them two yeah. up against him a daily last year oh, to make a 4-0-4 I was absolutely fuming I oh, wanted that record that night
2: <laughs> yes so 30th of the March girl.
1: yes thirty of the March Brent Holmes Limited lodged a planning application to construct 78 homes at Glamour Park the battle to oppose commercial development at the site was just beginning the hoops had already been given a major boost by the planning committee of Dublin Corporation who voted 18 zip in favour of opposing any development at Glamalore. in the meantime Rovers began with secret discussions with the Royal Dublin Society with a view to having Ballsbridge venue become the new home for the hoops in the event of the battle to save Milltown being lost where Harold's Cross and Ringsend Greyhound Stadiums are also considered a possible option with the Prof is currently in his own battle against corporate monsters trying to take his sunlight at the back of the lair at the minute so Prof you know how they feel what's that got
2: to do with Harold's Cross and Ringsend <laughs> Uh, the planning application.
1: Can
4: I so want to, just, just, say, you know, on that team, we went, it went, it went to the corporation, you know, the councils and all that, and they were from all different parties, you know, Philip Sinn Féin, everyone, know, the whole lot, and it was eighteen nil in favour of. In, in fa- like favour of no planning permission. Now, Brent Holmes, we were
3: in it all. Brent Holmes... We'd be, we'd be protesting outside all the,
4: all the, the hearings
3: on the committee We'd be outside where our cram banners and stuff and, like and that Brent was.
4: Holmes came out and they let me know that, 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 that they were going to leave the site derelict. It was going be, And actually, they, were, they actually said to us it was going to become a monument to tox, toxic industry, whatever that means. So that was the whole idea. They were going to leave Glamour Park to rot. They'd they, they, they no choice but to... to to, to, yeah, to, to accept, give, their, accept
3: their... Yeah, their being. So
4: their, the next stage was on, below, on board Clannola and... We were unelected, but we we were never competent. But
3: that's that's oh, but going ahead a little a bit, 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 you know. Well, look, yeah, look at yeah. the, the yeah. documentaries come out on RT Pride Time the last couple of years. You know, Bob ah, yeah, and held up, all, that all and how these bodies are We knew yeah, yeah. yeah. that in 1989, yeah,
1: yeah, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. We did. 2nd of April, a Dax Keeley goal stunned thousands of Derry fans at the Brandywell. Jason Maloney's rubbing his hands as Rovers beat Derry City and denied the Candy Stripes opportunity of capturing the league title for the home fans. Champagne had to be put On ice for a while, tell us about this one, Jay. Ah, that was great. Uh, now there's only I think there's about 30 or 40, and we a there, very small crowd because we'd, yeah. we'd a few the playing the the week. were playing week.
3: the cup yeah. semi the following week. Now they were going to win the league anyway, and we went there. I and, and, and thought we even played a full league. that's Kiri wasn't a starter for us, like one of the, it was in, in the D team, yeah. yeah so so nice. we, we went there didn't play a full team because we knew we, we were kind of maybe resting players with the, with the cup semi final the week after, and we went out. And was it a header or was it was a loop of oh, it? was a diamond header. Yeah, it was a loop of looped over um, the keeper. I remember it's looped over. It was a beaut Yeah. I remember and well. And remember the girl that came out and I went up with went up in the Treves, I'm the carry with Sandra and Treves, and the funeral spaced around. It was very, very few. Of them. I remember going out of the ground with a kid. They were singing Championio to the game and going, Come on, sing Championio. Yeah. Yeah. Come, <laughs> Come on, sing it now. They're always right. going to win it. Like they're, 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 they're but the all the dignities
4: and are now so called
3: dignities. Everyone there was there. All
4: the European, yeah. because there was a big international. Four years, actually. It's hard to explain. Because then you're going up the lake for the first year. And then the Houseweek the one there. but... But that day... There it was, was 13,000 of that much. I oh, don't 14,000, 14,000. 14,000. But you know, I had the worst hangover I had that day. I had a party the night before I don't know how I made the post. we ended up in the mini bus and I wasn't feeling well on the way up and not like me a lot I had to get off the bloody bus so I wasn't feeling well you're the usual but then oh but James did I drink that no oh, I mean, it was some so trip. Ne- I I'll never forget that day it was, it was just wasn't it, wasn't yeah, it? it was, I was British and me yeah. and and, uh, I he was for the cup I, sent me the fucking
2: week I, I think King was carrying So. yeah it <laughs> wasn't yeah. he but, uh, how many King's chairs does he need like? <laughs> <laughs> but see when that's his name now isn't it <laughs> no but at that time you ever hear a McLaughlin chair <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> I know, but at that time,
4: any win it's was all great. Time for Jay. <laughs> but any win was great at that time, wasn't it? Really? Ah, yeah.
1: But we knew we were fecting them for the cups every final We knew what Yeah. Sixteenth <laughs> right. of April, a ten-man hoop side put up a good fight against Derry in yeah. the second leg of the FAI Cup semi-final draw. One all, but losing four-one over aggregate over two legs. And the, ah, yeah. I I can't stand aggregate toys. There was a sun, Yeah. this yeah.
2: was the last one ever, wasn't it? Last. Hopefully. Last mm-hmm. FAI Cup. Oh, year
1: Was that? Um, 80, um, 89. 89, and it reminded yeah. me of I think Chelsea and Millsborough played recently in, yeah, I, I think it was a Carabao Cup. Millsborough beat them 1 0, and then so they went back and they got Tom Forrest yeah, at Stamford. Like two yeah, legs semis
3: 90 are stupid. Yeah, I agree with you there. I I don't 90, don't like 90, 90, 90, yeah, because Bose. No, yeah, balls played, f- yeah, f- yeah. Bo's played Francis in Toker Park. Yeah, Bose played Francis in Toker Park in the semi-final. That was the two legged. But as we just said, we got beaten 3-0 the weekend. But Francis got to the
1: final that year. That's Pete Man was Pete the guffer,
4: oh, yeah. By the way, that Daily match I hate saying it but remember Liam Coyle got a goal against us. Remember they beat us three and the even the Roberts fans of Florida, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. It was after
3: the, the week after they brought a good few, the week after was, was a <laughs> Sunday afternoon and what was last year? It was the day after Hillsborough, by the way. Oh. That game, there was a, I was a, was a, was a minute, I remember the minute Sunday throughout yeah. the match was the day after Hillsborough. Yeah. But Derry brought a great crowd down. We went one up scarred, we we're we never gonna come back a trail. Go finish off one I think he said he's able. He but Mumby we gave us one 0 lead We did all it. But we did that. We got some Cup semi final that year. Like mm. from what we expect from that season, you know, it was we did all right that season. Yeah. The, like, we, we don't like we, no king yeah. no more than you mm. do, Carl. Really don't like the man. But um, you have to say when well, he, he he got us back on track that year, and he put he put a competitive team on the pitch. I, I, I will yeah. I have to say. I tell you, wanted that year. He done he done really. Yeah.
4: I'm not a king of his. But he did great that year. Seventh in
2: the table. Yeah,
3: Four and seven. Like, when he when he took over a team of obviously the go few contacts got, got some of them yeah, players don't like Moby and Ricky McAvoy, players like that came in mm. and did a job for us. Who was Joe? was still, still keeping it here, wasn't he? I was. Yes. He played yeah, here yeah. then again when he played
4: uh, here. I don't think he won the of the year that year, but he. he, he who would have got it that year? I think he did, yeah. And, and, and then Connor won of the year, year after. He won it. Yeah. I can't remember
2: who we won. won Johnny won it twice, yeah. yeah. Was it
4: 87 and 88? Was it was, was there, was 88 oh, and 88? Oh, was 88 and A8. We got We got two, anyway. Yeah, we see. Last season of Milton. Oh, we, we, we didn't, didn't have one, in There it. wasn't one. Oh,
3: that's what I'm saying. There the was talking one of the talking. didn't. Hold there wasn't one of them. No, there wasn't oh, one. Oh, yeah. You
1: know what? He got it in A6,
4: and that's easier yeah. Right? Yeah. because we didn't have one he got two in a row so we didn't have one yeah. in 88 so because of the King are getting
1: some slight praise here for cobbling a team together we spoke about yeah. the Hillsborough disaster and Derry, the um, final two-legged yeah Jason uh, mentioned
2: a yeah. moment ago that uh, treble uh, Derry won the treble the only time the treble of League FIO Cup and League Cup has ever been done Roberts did three trebles with the old League of Ireland Shield Bowles did it once so, no treble since 1989, Derry. So, 23rd of April.
1: Yep, the season ended with a 2-0 loss away to Galway United, but it had all been a success for Shamrock Growers. 12 months beforehand, the club was on the verge of toll collapse, and Mac- McNamara mm. and Co. had put
2: the hoops back into a sound footing. So, And Hillsborough was mentioned a moment ago. Um, <coughs> this 26th of <coughs> May, 1989, the final game of the Old First Division. This was an interesting one. Probably the most exciting finish to a... Uh, an English Thomas, an English Thomas top flight season Until the Man City won the famous one In 2012 i so talk about that one <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, It was played between the first and second place Teams Liverpool and Arsenal The clubs were close enough in points For the match to act Arsenal as match, a decider yeah. For the championship so a Friday night, yeah, yeah. Arsenal had to win by at least two goals To overtake Liverpool on the table Anything else Liverpool would be champions Arsenal won 2-0 Michael Thomas scored the second goal in the final seconds Ending Arsenal's 18-year wait to become champions, oh. and they were supposed to meet a month earlier, but uh, the disaster. And do you know what? That
4: was that, that was the day we moved into our new house. remember I was hard earlier there with Keely We didn't move yeah, in so beside there. That was actually the day we moved in. That was in. probably one of the most. I remember we it, we I football at all it, levels and
3: all different leagues. That was probably one of the most dramatic moments ever. It was, it was brilliant, wasn't it? it? Tell you good man talking about it. James Cook was at that match. Oh, I don't. Well, yeah. do
1: you to, you're talking about dramatic moments. Ja- I think uh, if you had yeah. to pick the house beside Keely it would
3: have been more dramatic. James Cook the trip over Scottish. Cup final the week before, and he was let down for tickets the last minute by the travel agency. Mm-hmm. So as a thing, they gave him a, like a consolation prize. They gave him tickets for that. Was oh, that that Scott no final, by the way? <laughs> the the John, John, John just, it, was,
4: it was the Shake and Stevens final. Remember, Shake and Stevens, Barry Stevens, Stevens, yeah, Stevens. Remember, yeah, yeah, John scored. John Willett. John Willett yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah, over? at yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that? Yeah, was yeah. It, that yeah. Was yeah. Robbie Murphy's. Yeah. Robbie was the, yeah. the, the long yeah. ranger he's the, the only Rangers fan on the fucking trip, you know. For the eighty-nine
1: ninety. Um, league position fourth, 9th of June. The first round in the battle to save Middletown was won, and the planning and development yeah. committee of Dublin Corporation, now DCC, now Dublin City Council, the same ones who are overseeing the redevelopment of uh Daily Mount Park. Prof., which, um, what's the prediction, lads, for Daily Mount Park revamp up and running? First game kicking off, what are you going to say? What year is it going to be up and running?
3: You'll have to tell me Jordan the sounds.
2: <laughs> me, I'll be, I'll be I'll well. tell you what I tell you what so it was supposed to be a 2020 I a, legacy a... and now they are saying 2028 I oh, said 2048 <laughs> 8 years I said 2048 didn't I <laughs> I tell you oh, what you
3: I, doing I, doing I, the yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I,
4: I, all I'll say is I think I could be dead by then but, but, but we're summoning Maloney <laughs> 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 I
3: can hear that the table's <laughs> moving <laughs> and, and I was being board. serious about
4: it I think Damon Park uh, has a very it's The second most like after we have Tala, we have Milltown, and I think the third most important ground in our history is Daily Mount.
2: So, we've won the most trophies in we our, won, our history. Look at all
4: the cups we won there. Look at all <laughs> the United <laughs> I, <mean, laughs> I know, seriously, I, I'd love to see um, Daily Mount redevelop properly. And I, I'd love to see it. Michelle, look, I'd, love to see, I'd, <laughs> don't, no, I'd love to see it like Tala Stadium in the future. And that. I think it'd be good for the league, it'd be good for us too. Because let's face it, good for no, a
3: ball. If, if, if Pat's get a, do something with Richard, yeah, yeah. I get somewhere else. If Corks yeah, to leave, up, the league need the absolutely. Your dog need a ground like slid, yeah, it, it looked like the draw. Know, down, know, getting get the ground built by the county council. Maybe draw and the dog. They probably hate it. Might, might make yeah. financial sense to share a ground, even yeah. though you've asked us to do. But Jay, months,
1: you your match going experience has changed now because you're bringing a young family member with you. Mine, My my daughter's obsessed now so we, whereas usually we go on buses and you be with the lads mm. now we're bringing kids you see what it's like going to Daily Mail oh right. especially yeah. with a little girl Mom, yeah. yeah, you know, like to know what yeah, I mean yeah. we, we need it to get better for for the day, whole league for, for that, everything nothing
3: we are talking about weight allocations there earlier off air we were talking about Pat selling 450 tickets out in a couple of mm. minutes last night we're going to face the same problem we play Galway mm. It's 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 stu- it's stopping stu- the league now. The mm-hmm. league is at a situation mm-hmm. now, and and like you heard even there, Mckeeley talking about it on, on his interview there a few weeks of, um about the way you know he can see that the league is grown A lot of people yeah. can see it, and mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, the ground development and the people throw things at us. We got lucky. We were handing We went hand in the ground. We, we did. We did the the the, the, the bulk work there. We ran out money, mm-hmm. but, but besides that. County councils have to get involved. The Dublin City Council involved with balls. Mm. Slowly go doing it after all, my Cork, on the ground, the It's a thing it's I, pointed out. A thing I yeah.
4: pointed out to people before. Remember, Rob, the best thing ever happened to week was this, this thing with the South Dublin County Council, the arrangement, and all. It's great. It worked out in their favour in the end. But the Italian clubs ran on that model for years. Well, oh my, a you classic you example yeah. for you. And and them clubs are doing all right, but. Some of the clubs here, that they're not really looking at the bigger picture, and like, and some of some of the jealousy around is ridiculous. Look. Like- we had a bit of luck looked, didn't we, at the, at the end of the whole campaign thing? But it's worked out very well. I think well, well, we just suffered
3: right? the in the twenty two years you fought. I think we deserved to be looked. We did, <laughs> we, yeah, oh, we did because it's disgraceful the way. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. So it's like the thing in the paper you know, the other night like, with the aid for article It was very good about about talent, but, like the, the Thomas Davis thing and all that. that he, it was only mentioned. Yeah, Thomas was, mentioned so it was of, yeah, the, yeah. like why wasn't Why was it derelict for that long? It was because of the GAA and Thomas Davis? But he yeah. wasn't going to say that. But the last thing I say on the grounds is that. The first priority is to get Daily Mount sorted because it's it's it's, it's historical in in Irish football terms and it's it, and for us as well. Well the
3: brandywell Brandywell's getting yeah. revamped now. You look if you look at, at yeah, strategically geographically, if you've got the Brandywell, you've got Sligo doing, you've got Cork down south, you've got Galway in the west as well, they're gonna do the ground up. Nice one. Then if you're Richmond if you get Daily Well you need you need every ground like we can't be boasting about having the which we don't have ten thousand setting but we need everybody yeah. to be up yeah, at that yeah. level. They're yeah. gonna say again, that's oh, it's alright for because the county council building. <laughs> Blah, blah. But at the same time, that that both boss have their own. I seen some fella writing on a league of Ireland banter page day, Oh, it's easy to buy players when your ground is pay for you And the same with a us Holman <laughs> to the owner own ground. Like oh, that's no. will you?
2: But now, listen, it's- Ger, when we started the show in twenty seventeen, I did not think this was going to happen. That we would be turning fans away from grounds mm. that. It exceeds yeah, the Has demand. to stop. It has to stop. The we
1: number one priority for the FAO and the clubs now is infrastructure and to be able to make more bank and coin, by having more seats to fill. Because ultimately, that is how you progress. It's simple. Your infrastructure needs to improve everywhere, all across the board, and that should be the FAO's number one priority for the domestic game in my opinion I think that's how it is because you would be able to give more allocation get more people in make more money and make more improvements
2: then you are
3: a person out. away four or five times or all we go somewhere else just think I'm done
2: now I'm yeah. fed that's up okay, now I, yeah. 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 I know but how long, how long will 10,000 10, seaters I know take I know Listen, it's a problem it's that gonna we're going to take a unfortunately, long
1: unfortunately I think we've said it before yeah. in our lifetime we might not see well, not properly developed 10, 000,
3: we need to go from a situation where only big clubs can only get 400 tickets for an away game you know, yeah. we need to even stop that, that needs that needs to, you know, and even the grounds, even, you know, incrementally growing by even, like, 20% to get to six, 7,000s, you know, which perhaps mm-hmm. may well be. What well, I think Dalyman have up there, and from 6,000, the 6,000 of Dalyman was ridiculous, I think that's been changed up to 8,000 as far as I know, the original plans were 6,000s. Yeah. Look at the crowds they're getting now, and the potential crowd six thousand is ridiculous. I think it's up to eight now. Fair play, and I don't know if, it's got, if the grounds to make it any bigger, but as you said, a million—that's going to probably take a while for it to happen because of you know different. The like Talla wasn't the wasn't built in the day mm-hmm. but we managed to get three thousand three hundred in the first game at Talla two thousand nine, and that was it. We built it and built the grounds. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. People it's said, been like... people said we wouldn't fill the east stand. Then he said we wouldn't fill the south stand, and now we're in a position where and I think at some stage this year we'll fill the north side as well we'll have
1: 10,000 it's mm-hmm. JC, the greatest great
3: day in our history was our first game in Taric wow. oh, it was very, very emotional brilliant, brilliant day Yeah.
1: right, so we are now on the 30th of June it came as no surprise when um, Brent Holmes had appealed the decision by the okay. corporation to onboard Planala. so um, July SRFC announced that Jack Wilson, Jimmy Keane and Bill Tormey had been added to the board of directors <laughs> and we Noel King strengthening his squad with the signing of John Devine the former Arsenal and Republic of Ireland midfielder Liam Buckley also signed and his returned from Switzerland Devine and Buckley lined out for the pre-season friendly against Luton Town with 19th of August two draws and a defeat away to St. Pats so the Hoops fail to qualify for the quarterfinal of the League Cup considering that the club was still recovering from the trauma of recent times the fans although disappointed with the poor start were fully understanding of the change mm. Shamrock Rovers was
2: going through. Then we had twenty fourth of August. Stephen Yates is uh, the father of God Mark. The, father late Stephen, the late yeah, Stephen yeah, Yates. Yeah. Uh, remember Mark Yates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the comp. Nice school
3: Stephen was a Roberts fan. Went to Roberts' yeah.
2: games. The character too. <laughs> nice he scored. Nice scored score his, score his first goal. Richard McGuire was in the two 0 defeat of Bowes in the quarter final on the Lancashire Senior Cup. Ricky McAvoy was the other scorer for the Hoops. And third of September, we are closing in on the end of the nineteen eighties, Gar. 3rd of September, the Hoops were handed a tough assignment for their first league game of the new campaign but in a way fixture against the reigning champions Dundalk former rovers player Peter Echos lined out for Dundalk but would soon be on his way back to the Hoops Barry Murphy was sent off by referee John Purcell of Dublin and what's the of Dublin relevance there? and then uh, Dundalk edged the 1-0 they, that's win
1: really, sometimes when they spoke about refs <laughs> they said of where they were from they yeah. always did
3: yeah. so of Cork yeah. it of well. Cork or whatever you yeah. know. and the
1: referees
4: had yeah. to be from you see from the guy that's on the 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 Box now was that what, Sullivan there's a ref on goggle Box now I didn't see it no <laughs> there is yeah there's a goff <laughs> I didn't see it no but 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 ref- the refer- next ref yeah. the, re- the referees of them days had to be they had to be from a, 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 a county with a club in the League of Ireland yeah. that, you can check that out as far as I know that was the way up to, up to so the, yeah that, yeah, <clears> that was some yeah
2: so Dundalk edged a 1-0 win on that day. 1st of October, with five games played, Noel King's new-look team gained their first win in the league campaign when they defeated UCD 2-1 Damien Park. Ricky McAvoy and 17-year-old Barry O'Connor, who was signed from Cherry Archer, got right. the goals. So and I'm a start here about Barry O'Connor. Um, until a certain time, he had been the last 17-year-old to score a league goal for Robbers. So... Who became the first 17-year-old to score a league goal for robbers since Barry in 1989
4: do you think? <sighs> <sighs> well, I, wasn't was that well, was a Wasn't I wouldn't have got it.
2: was it? I wouldn't have got this at all. It's a famous derby goal. Was it the nice night we be beat him with Shaw? He scored as well. Oh, Sean Boyd? Sean yeah, Boyd. I wouldn't have thought
1: he was 17 at that time.
2: Yep. He only signed a contract that week or something. Just built it contract. three or four
0: contracts
3: that
2: week, remember?
4: Yeah. That's what I say, Carl. Like my memory now ends in 1990,
2: kind of. <laughs> Thank God we're sticking to the 80s. Thank God you're not going to be on our 90s specials. <laughs> no
1: way. So, the 15th of October, the unsettled Vinnie Arkins returns to Dublin after a spell at Dundee and makes his debut against Bowes in a 3 1 win. Only five weeks earlier, Noel King handed a debut to Barry O'Connor and the former Cherry Orchard Ballyar He stuck out. Um, a youth player made such a quick impact. He uh, very quickly established himself in the squad, and Derek Tracy and Gino Brazil, two other young players who were come to the fore this season with the return of Peter Eccles, summer signing of former Balls fullback Dave Connell. And King had now established a squad that a good e- blend of youth and experience. Yeah, some big
2: players there. You got Derek Tracy, this is the first of his 17 seasons. Gino Brazil stays with us until the early noughties. You got Dave O'Connell or sorry Dave Connell oh, becomes guy. a player of the year on back to back seasons
1: yeah. is he the only one that won it three times
2: no not d- Barry Murphy there was a Barry quiz the that one was one back.
1: Back. quiz question wasn't it
2: back to back yeah Dave won it back to back Barry Murphy won it back to back Think bookies Buckley's? Yeah.
1: Uh, do you have a, a
4: little anecdote? I just I think, yeah, but Peter Records came back, and I remember I seen Peter playing. He went to Australia or something, didn't he? Brilliant. And all that, and he came back, and he's with them dark. And I went up to see. I was up there. I think I was walking up there. And I went to see them playing water show or some some crowd from Switzerland. I forget the name of the club. And ah, oh, he was awful, you know. They demanded the no interest in the game. And I was, I was looking at him. He's a little bit overweight. And I said, "Oh my God, Peter's gone, isn't he? You know, like he's <laughs> yeah. he's finished." But it ended up. The doc got rid of him and he signed for Robbers and it was only a few weeks later he played against Pats and Pats won the league that year but Robbers, we have beaten 3-0 in Harrow's Cross oh, and yeah. and Peter turns out you want to see him a totally different man altogether and he had a magnificent game do
3: you well, remember that game? hill scored scored a cracker for some
4: but but Peter, prove the point to me, there's only one jersey Peter could wear, and that was Robbers. What does he put on a Robbers jersey? No sin it was like that many years ago. He's a ago, tough man as well. As well. He, you know, ah, a, he was from the Cabra.
3: He was from the Bowes Heartland. Yep. He, he
4: was. Album, but he's I'll never forget that. He's
3: playing for Robbers now, mm-hmm.
1: I heard he's a player he's very as well. Good, yeah.
4: Kieron, he's very good, mm-hmm. player, yeah. But the players you mentioned there, they're all very good players,
1: aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like, they're very good players for Rovers, yeah. So 25th of October, Prof, the appeal by Brent Holmes Limited was yeah. heard at the headquarters of On Board Planola and Sharmack (laughs) Rovers presented a very strong case. Hopes were high that the planning appeal would rule in their favour. Earlier that week the Jesuit order poured cold water on an ambitious plan by the SRFC directors to purchase land adjacent to the Gonzaga College. With the aim of engaging with a land swap with Brent Holmes the religious order made it clear that they were not willing to offer further land belonging to them for sale literally went through jumping through hoops and went through every possible scenario they tried to buy land beside it for a swap yeah. this is exactly it's really impressive there. from yeah. Rovers trying to get doing everything yeah. possible but mm-hmm. the 30th of October the bank holiday weekend got off to a bad start for the hoops as they lost 1-0 at home to Limerick City but they were in action again the following day when they travelled to atlon to book both points in a 3-0 win in action the following day yeah
3: Ah, I I thought that was it
1: only happened the bank bank holiday October weekend Jim so Vinnie Argos ran right anyway scoring a hat-trick there on that one and the tour of November Pat Bourne was now managing Shelbourne and he led his Reds team into battle against Rovers for the first time since leaving his former club Shells won 4-1 but the following week Rovers travelled to Talca Park and torn the tables with a 3-1 win that result left Rovers in 17th place with 11 points. 7th place. Oh, 7th place with 11 points, but they had already lost considerable <coughs> ground on Dirty City at the top. On the 10th of December, Rovers and Dirty drew one all at Daily Mill in a very entertaining game. The RTE sco- Sports Department made one of their rare visits to a Rovers home game, as did Republic of Ireland manager Jack Charlton. Um, Was not a big fan of the League of Ireland. He admitted he enjoyed the action in front of him So... Um, any games or incidents from the three years that we didn't cover today, lads? Anything sticking out before we end this superb part two of our ah, Yeah, we have a little bit to go, yeah, but the, the, the um, other things, for the, mm-hmm. the games that I think we covered
2: quite well there, yeah. is there any other ones? You'd... I suppose since you guys won't be, we'll, we'll continue on the series and we'll do a 90s special, I suppose give us your thoughts on the day you knew the battle was lost and then, oh, we that, the and then nailing, you and move you know, into the. RDS, can we leave that just for a minute? And
4: yeah. I just going into eighty nine, ninety. You know, we had we quite a good team that year. We'd quite a good team, yeah. and King King done a good job up to that point. But remember, we we won in Dundalk in early nineteen ninety. We won two one up there. Dave Connor got a great goal. Remember, we won two one. We'd actually a very we quite a good side at the end of 90, the, that season. But you know what happened with King. He, he went to the World Cup at Ireland and he was with Setters and he was with Charlton and all these and the following season then we started playing the long ball all the yeah. time he was totally brainwashed by them and that was the end of him we sacked him eventually <laughs> we were playing long balls up to fucking Derek, Derek Swan on his own at certain <laughs> times not yeah. come on he's only a little guy but, you know, but it's worth just touching into the early yeah. 90s you know yeah.
0: but,
4: but with Noel Keane I, I was never a fan of the guy but he um was, I I always thought that and then he became a lick so ass and he, he was years the FEI and he broke was pro cocaine and all that but, but just he did a good job, I think Jason, would you agree?
3: 80, I did definitely take over after after the season. But the
4: people. World Cup ruined him I don't think he ever reco- he, he ever really recovered from that, you know. But uh it's worth pointing out too with the, the with the football in the nineteen eighties. Who would he be playing the first of January nineteen eighty? The first day of the decade. And on the last day of the decade, the 31st of December 1989
2: well Jim told me so I won't say it's who do you think it is lads the 31st no.
1: of December 1989 we actually funny enough we actually mentioned where we, up, where we were going to ask them where they are and what age they so we'll save that
2: question for the end um, who but, we uh, played on the thirty fourth of and
1: December beat. 1989 I don't
2: so know. the start of the decade and the end of the decade
4: we beat balls a daily amount on the first day of the decade and the last day of the decade Really?
1: Yeah. and I bet you
4: Jason knows he played in both games for hours. Harry Kenny Harry Kenny <laughs> yeah, I down there. Ah, he's reading me
0: notes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, that's a
1: terrible as I can say. Isn't it? That's crazy. <laughs> <it?
2: That's>
4: <laughs> but over, the, over the, it's no. The eighties, There's a few little <laughs> things. You don't mind it. Is that your stuff? No, I, I knew that. Yeah, not, but I, I, had stuff. Stuff. I had it. I had it in Gazette because we done a. Remember, we done it. We, we were taken at that time. Remember, at the end of the eighties, yeah, we, we deliberately job. done that. It Was a serious. Diary yeah. of the 80s because we wanted it on for people to use in, in years to come. Yeah, yeah. but that was the, the, all the joking aside. Remember, we done that deliberately, didn't we? <laughs> you pointed out an error we, one day. I said we'd one cent off, and you, you pointed out we'd two, and I was, I was going to strangle you over <laughs> so no, 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 you don't know, want just a couple of things about yeah, the 80s. No, We mentioned the, the Christmas trees and the um. That the car park and all, that like, that was just yeah. like, yeah. Total disregard for the game and all, that and the League of Ireland crisis. being did we mention that one about the about the room full of budgies and that? Like, and that sums up the FAI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't Dunf, Dunphy's letter to the um, Dunphy had an open letter to, to John McDeMara when he took over in 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 eighties. Yeah, I, actually, I think he was in the end,
3: though but he, he
4: just. But he, do you know what he said? he said? He said, I'll give you six weeks at Rome yeah. so you won't last six weeks. Yeah, money weeks. won't last six weeks.
3: And you won't like, last six like, weeks. The coins were heroes. They're real football men in Ireland. Yeah, you come yeah. in from your contract cleaning company, who are you? You don't know nothing about football in this yeah. country. You know. They yeah. were heroes. They were forced out by the big bad boys of crap and the supporters, Sam McGrath was a part of You're coming in now, you're fresh, you're naive, you're having a clear, I'll give you six yeah. weeks.
4: Yeah, but with yeah. John McNamara you no know, I had my problems with my times, but I'll give the man huge credit. He, he don't know, He kept the cup going, didn't he? And he had his faults. We all have our faults. But ended, we won the league then in ninety four. Was John? Was John know.
1: one of the individuals that probably should have delegated a lot more to other yes. people? Didn't he try to do it ah, himself? Yeah.
4: I agree with you fully there. Yeah, that was one of them, But we're not going to told But you're totally right there, Gary. Yeah, yeah. but you must remember we did
1: and we that's know. not a criticism that's you,
3: know, you
1: look we, back we, he, he paid
3: us he to a give because he took us over mm. after that spell with the coins went and you know maybe nobody else would have at that yeah. stage mm. yeah.
4: but like that's the thing just to give uh, John John has to get credit doesn't he
3: yeah,
4: for the thing is with the, the FAI when they said that uh, we're no constituent body that should be always pointed out to them play it back to them that um, we did the fans took over Rovers eventually and, and we ended up winning the league cups everything you know so.
2: Yeah, well, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So the moment you knew the the battle was lost, to save me. No, we
4: lost the ground. Fifteenth of um, fifteenth of March. So it wasn't nineteen. I don't check. Nineteen ninety. When
3: was busy, but I think once the debate
4: ah, we knew We knew Blair we and were yeah, going to. Yeah, we are just. We have to. You, you must remember Bloor and
3: Arley.
4: Who were they? Who made the decision? Faceless, they were faceless. Faceless. You? Yeah. We don't know who they were. So, it was, yeah. So, yeah. It, like, what's the point? People go out and vote in elections, council elections and all that. Yeah. And we get an 18-0 decision. I've pointed this out before. And then it goes to people, you don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, fair enough. Right.
1: And, the and they overturn that. The letters will be titled The Board. Or so yeah. we had no idea.
3: Yeah, the day we lost it was when they when they Brent Holmes bought that land for nine hundred twenty five yeah. thousand. That was it. Done. They knew the plan procedures. They knew their how to get around it. That was done and Very possibly advised yeah, by yeah. people involved in
4: the exactly, process yeah. as well,
1: you know. So
3: But after
4: that, you see that that weekend, that was on the Friday, but we um, I remember, I was. I remember we done the fanzine and that. I remember, then we beat Bowls on Sunday, which the famous game. That was a great, correct it and all that. But, but after that, Cacoyan's big team was the the, the vice president you know, yeah. And we really campaigned against that and all that. But uh, as I say, but that was really an absolute disgrace. Louis became vice president of the FEI, <laughs> and in '94, then he became um, president of the FEI. So um, it Hard was brave,
5: it? it
4: was kind of. It was ha- very hard to accept that, wasn't it? So some of our cynicism towards towards football and towards the, football, <laughs> towards the FBI and all, well, we sure. said we, it can, the can be thing. understood by some of the younger fans, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's the way it ended. It was sad, but that's it. But we've had the last laugh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so we'll ask our last question of the day. We'll ask the lads where they were on New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty nine. Where they were working, what jobs they had, and if they remember what they were doing as the end of the next decade, 1990.
4: Jesus. You, dead, Jim. That's pretty hard to remember that day because you're always on the pace of the year. No, no, you know where you were in your life, basically. In 1989, I was famous. Yeah, the turn of the century. You all weren't the same job anyway. I was in, in know, the, I was in the civil service, very hard work and all that. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, very tough old guy. You know, I was in the civil service, yeah, in 1989. Yeah, we just moved to Don Yeah, trying to look back it, yeah.
1: Surprise question Did you hear about the, the civil service rockets that were developed? You can't be fired and they won't work.
4: Oh, They'll go with you, <laughs> and they wouldn't for me because I always liked a bit of crack in the office, you know. They always kept people who liked a bit of it wind up and a bit of crack. That's it. I don't
2: know what it's like now.
5: Gary. See, 50s has become yeah. dad puns. Yeah, <laughs> bad jo- um, bad jokes.
4: yeah, bad Yeah, we beat, we beat balls out and we beat Rod in the cup the following week. Did me? We? I think that was the first game in the 90s was isn't it? As, far as I
3: remember, Jay, yes, you don't remember? The, the, oh, that that little bit's gone from me, yeah, but slash. come on, Jay, where are you? Where was I then? Yeah, that town does. Where was I working? <laughs> I think I might be still unemployed after school. Maybe I worked. I worked in, a, in a, I think a, a dog factory down, down there called Merops. I think one of four <laughs> jobs. A dog? dog food factory. Not dog oh, factory. right. Jesus. Dog, <laughs> dog food factory, yeah. And at the end of the oh, day, God, God knows where I was. I was in a town at that age of 19 and 20. I think you probably could you're able to get a haul, a taxi home from town on New Year's Eve in nineteen eighty nine. Not like now, I think you might have been able to but yeah. where yeah. exactly was
1: yeah. I don't know. In those days we were walking but back to the barn 90, from, to 20, 20, from town,
3: yeah. Jesus, I was born in nineteen seventy, so it was 90, 20, from nineteen to twenty that year. But,
1: but well these two fogies you know, farts, and all farts trying to remember where they were a couple of years ago, I think that's been it, lads. <laughs> that's it. It's uh it's been fantastic, a really, really good insight and a very, very important part of history. For all the, the kids and the newbies and the south stand and the north stand. It's very, very important to learn what happens so that you can ultimately go forward, I think.
2: And just on the deal, lads. I could listen to them talk all day. Yeah, it's been it's great. Been, you're an absolute pleasure to listen to so, this And the two, the two parts, part one two, were, were brilliant. So and It's been a
1: pleasure, lads, yeah? It really yeah. has. The two of them Thanks, are on their way to the, to the mm. local ale house now. I know, i am happy. to we did our best, didn't we, you know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> hard, it's
4: hard out on the top of the no, day. it stuff, it you know, it was so it, very it, good, job. It's very complicated,
1: eh? you, yeah. sister, you know. D- d- right. And right, that's right, it, and uh, uh, thanks, lads. lads, see us in the Southland. So, Prof, a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack. Um, I was just happy listening to the lads. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Um, between the two of them, their memories, uh, their thoughts, everything on that, that period alone in... Which was a turbulent time for Rovers fans and everyone in general was, was brilliant. The two lads knocked it out of the park for me. I thought they were excellent.
2: Yeah, I just I love their whole perspective. I love, you know, you can, you can hear like when the FEI comes up, Jim Jim will have the odd grudge against something that will happen back then, rightfully so. Um, at other times he'll look at things with his usual sense of humour. Uh, he'll call things down the middle. Like he said, coming into Dermot Keely interview, he said, I actually like the guy. Yeah. That was, that was, that was an unpopular opinion going into that interview, let's just say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even the fact that you started the process
1: to get him interviewed in the first Mm. place was, was criticised as well. So,
2: Um, Jason spoke about how, you know, the fans and Keely clashed. Uh, Was it the, the Bluebell game, was it? Like, one of the first games of 87, 88 and there was like back and forth between Ki like Keeley slagging the fans and they're like what was it he, he was treachered off with an injury and he got sheared you know that's how that's how that that's, a a, that's how what the ill feeling was between Keeley and his supporters it was bad Um, but we've heard his perspective uh, we've heard from two fans who were right there in the thick of it uh, on the picket line protesting involved a cram cheering when we got knocked out by first vision UCD in the fei cup jason said that's the first time that was
1: that was crazy
2: you could understand you could see in his face
1: on the day and the emotion that was there how they really felt at the time i mean that's that's
2: just how it was it was it was surreal really yeah i said at the end i could listen to two lads talk all day and apparently i was told I could have kept recording for another two hours in the four probs because they just went over to the four probs and they just kept going. Yeah. A fine point of Guinness, Prof. We were splitting the G's earlier on. um. So, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, at the, the top of the show, a complicated, significant part of the club's history. Not easy to navigate, but I think the two lads did it brilliantly and yeah. we brought back in our documentary style where we read from Robert's book and they came in with their their own memories. And we probably will continue. Like we're, We'll have a ninety special now next month. Yep, it is the 24th of March, Prof. We um, are
1: inviting people down. If you want to have a pint and listen to some stories from some really good hoops regarding the 90s, you're definitely welcome down.
2: One o'clock mm-hmm. onwards in the Provs, in the Top Rovers room upstairs. There will be a league win in... The 90s Special Part 1, the only league win from milltown to Tala, and that was in 1994. So we're going to cover the first five years of the 90s. And we've actually deliberately timed this one because the 30th anniversary of the 1994 title win, the RDS, is at the end of March. Absolutely. So give or take a day, that show will be released around the 30th anniversary. So
1: we are flying, prob. we also have a South Stand Collective DJ night in the Provs. It is on the 12th of April to coincide with 125 years of Rovers, 15 years of Tala. And we are going to have a bus running from, uh, also playing Sligo that night as well. So after, we are having a bus going from Sligo to the Provs for a DJ night. And we're going to have celebrate Rovers being 125 years old and 15 years in Tala. So get in touch if you need to get on a bus.
2: We will be running one from the stadium. Can you please stop hyping up this game? Because I won't be there. It's going to be nil all.
1: <laughs> You're going to be sitting there chilling Deloitte on LOA TV. So that is it. We are uh, done for today. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you in Block X Prof in the posh seats, in the reserve seats, in the main stand. And that is it for this week. So keep on hooping.
2: See ya.